everyone. Welcome to the 198th episode of the Coronavirus Fake Nerds podcast. We're all here sheltered in our homes while the world is on fire and our country is falling apart. But we're going to talk about some nerd stuff and not think about that today. I'm Sparks Witty and I'm joined with Ryan Eliopoulos. It's me. I'm definitely not thinking about that all the time. And Brandon McClure. <laughs> I 100% don't have crippling anxiety that causes me to do nothing on end because of this. And uh, Ben Magnet. It hurts when I laugh and I'm scared. There you go. Nice positive start to this podcast. There you go. <laughs> Everything's super dark. It's the apocalypse war. Let's talk about some nerdy shit. That that's what ties in apocalyptic stuff. All right. I'll allow yeah. it. All right. All right. Y'all. That's the topic. I'll let you have that one. How's it going? Um, how are you guys doing? It's, it's another week. We're it's doing another some week. more stuff. Yeah, I'll go first because it's again another week of me mostly just watching YouTube videos. Uh, everything I do, I do with Sparks. So I'll just talk about it with him. Uh, the one thing I did do, I played a couple hours of this video game called Manhunter, which is a shark. Man eater. Damn it, I do that every time. <laughs> it's called Man Eater, uh, the Hollow Note song. Um, it's a shark RPG, uh, and it's it's pretty fun. I think the the presentation, everything surrounding it, is much better than the actual gameplay, which is kind of unfortunate because um, it gets. There's not a there's there's stuff to it, but there's not a lot to it. So you quickly realize how repetitive it can get. Um, the upgrades and stuff are cool. And I what's up, Pinky? Pinky's I was podcast. I wish I could have done a movie thing with you today, but we couldn't. Um, yeah, uh, Man Eater is it is fun. It is a budget game. It wasn't sixty dollars, so that makes me uh, a little easier on it. Um, I can see where the more I play, the more fun stuff will unlock. But the I will say the the first couple hours are almost kind of a slog but again the presentation is so fun it's like a discovery channel like swamp bayou men like that kind of presentation with like these gator boys and you're just trying to kill all these people um as a shark so you know it's fair um so like the I think you can unlock moby dick the the giant sperm whale the giant sperm whale yeah i i don't know about that one i don't know how he fit in those shallow waters but um but but uh that that's cool um so that's i'll probably play a little bit more of that see if it grabs me a little bit more um Besides that, um, so when I say I don't do anything in the week, that doesn't literally mean I'm just like staring into the void. It means I'm usually watching lots of YouTube because that's my that's my TV. Like I don't think any of us have traditional cable anymore, right? We all we're all streaming he's, stuff like he's that. He's right. What you can play Moby Dick. That's so <laughs> what? That's weird. <laughs> I guess I gotta beat that game now. Um, but yeah, I don't watch traditional cable, but I watch a lot of YouTube. And I will say, uh, as we are, you know, as the world's on fire and we're discussing real uh, political topics every week. Some of them are political. They're just, you know, be a good person. Um, Twitch.tv is, is where you stream. There's a lot of really, really great um, debaters and Twitch people who have been on that platform for many years. And it's their thing. It's just they go into, they, they debate assholes to tell them why they're wrong and why they need to be better people. Um, that's very a, a very simplified version of what these guys do. But they are basically, they are there for the community and they're there to teach them and, and to be cool people and to debate jerks who are in the community. So there's two people I wanna I wanna shout out. They're very famous in Twitch. You guys don't know them, but they have literally millions and millions of followers. So if you're if you're interested in learning about stuff and being educated on stuff, because as a straight white male, I don't know a lot of I don't have a lot of insight into other things. That's why some things in this podcast allow us to uh, dive into other cultures and other identities and allows me to explore more things I don't know. And these guys, their names are Destiny and Vouch. They are they are they are both also white dudes, um, but uh, they 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 have a way of countering racism and white supremacy in such a interesting way that it just I've watched hours of debates this week hours and hours of debates and just how they they really go into into these debates with these people wanting to find why they believe the things that they do 
right? And they're always like, listen, I'm not here to attack you. At the a lot of these discussions end up being just attacking you because you end up being a racist. But I want to hear why you believe the things you do. And then they spout their bullshit. And then he's like, oh, you're just an asshole. I tried. I really tried. Um, so Vouch and Destiny, if you guys want to watch some really great debate stuff about everything happening, they go over every type of topic. They, they stream for hours every single day. Um, it's insane. Like, you think we have content. Holy shit. They're streaming 10 hours a day every single day. Um, that's a great resource for, uh, for, some, for some good uh, liberal stuff if you want to be educated. So that's what I spend most of my week doing. Um, and then hanging out with this dude. He'll say it. He'll say it. He'll say I'll, it. I'll say it. Uh, oh, I didn't mean now. I just meant when he goes. No, I'll just go. <laughs> uh, we finished Harley Quinn. We sure did. Which yeah. we'd been wanting to do. So that's that's done. Yeah. Uh, I hope they get a season three announcement. Me I too. I gotta. You can't yeah. just you can't uh, you can't just do that. But that was a great ending. It would. It was. The thing is, it would be a satisfying ending. Um, but it, give us more. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not, right. Not, yeah. Give us more of the best version of Harley Quinn, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, with Megan, watched uh, the first three episodes of the Jedi Temple Challenge. Mm -hmm. You were right. That's that's a solid, solidly built, entertaining show. Yeah. Um, Sam Witwer is the voice of the dark side speaking to them. Oh, that makes sense And Frank now. Oz is yeah. the voice of, uh, reprises the voice of Yoda for it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really good. Uh, you guys should take your time when you can to, to watch some of those episodes. That's coming out weekly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, in a similar vein, Megan and I also finished The Floor is Lava. Brandon, I saw you finish The Floor is Lava as well. I did. Um, really, like, every every episode of that I watch, I'm just like, I want to do it. <laughs> I just want to be able to spend money to go somewhere and do that for three hours. You think a place like that would exist? Yeah. I'm sure it does. And, like, it's so elaborate yeah. and expensive. Uh, running it day to day, I'm sure, is, is such a feat. And all that lava is so expensive. Exactly. Um, I saw, I saw, I saw the thing. Uh, I was looking it up because I also finished it, and I was looking up what that uh, was made of. Because Zara thought it was uh, just dyed water, and so we looked it up, and I was like, no, it seems really thick and slippery, and it's got to be something else. And they won't tell us what it's made of, but someone's, but the producer was like, you know, it's probably more like Panda Express's orange sauce. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I was like, things like that. A little more sticky. <laughs> yeah, it's it's slimy and yeah. Uh, what did you, you, you could talk about that here, Brandon, what you felt about it. I know you felt I, it was fine. Yeah, that, I, I kind of wish I'd liked it more, because it is a fun premise. I just don't think, I just don't think it's well made, it's a well made reality show, if that makes sense. I mean, I hate the narrator. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, I, mean I, I, I reached a point where I started just tuning him out, yeah. uh, but I like the rooms. I like, I, I like the design of the rooms, I like the competition of it. Uh, I agree with you. Like, there's way too much recapping. Yeah. And the narrator is annoying. But outside of that, I think the design of the show, the rooms, are great. Yeah, and I think that's where it shines. I just wish the show did more to... Did, just did more with it, honestly. Sure. <laughs> I, I hope it gets a second season, because I would like to see... Uh, I would like to see it kind of improved upon. Right. Uh, let's see. Bearded Comics... Comic Bro. What's up, Comic Fam? Hello, hey, sir. Hey, hey, hey. On a, on a the, the modern the modern comics man with them with him. Nice. So bud. Um, Ryan, our internet went down for uh, almost twenty four hours. Yeah. Um, I forget. You forget sometimes how much you need the internet. Unfortunately, in our in our day, uh, we have a lot of entertainment, but you quickly realize like, oh, 
there's a lot we can't do now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you showed Megan and I a movie called Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stop. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to watch something because, again, most of this week I've been watching uh, very uh, heated political debates and just dealing with the world itself. So I was like, I want to watch just a fun movie. Uh, and then um, uh, before that, the internet went out. So I was like, I have my own list of movies that I have. I was like, I want to watch Pop Star. Um, and I went downstairs and you guys weren't doing anything or, or something. I was like, would you guys like to watch this movie with me? You don't have to say yes, but you know, it's an SNL movie. If you guys don't know, The Lonely Island, Andy Samberg, all those guys. Um, they've made a couple movies before. I was like, would you like to watch it? And they're like, sure. Um, and I think you guys laughed enough to, for me to think you guys like that movie. Oh, I definitely did. Yeah, good. Uh, my, my highlight will remain, I think that is the best parody uh, oh, TMZ? roast of TMZ I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And uh, that, that, that broke me. Like, it goes... It goes past parody and it goes. Life. So the first gag with them is long and it goes for a while and it goes to the point where like, I'm laughing really hard and then the joke is still going and I stopped and then the joke is still going and it made me laugh harder because mm -hmm. it was still going. And it's super absurd. Like what they're doing. Today. Yeah. Uh, and I hate TMZ. So I loved it. I um, remember, I remember the TMZ bits were my favorite bits. Uh, could be at a comic bro says pop star is great. If you guys do like, Wait, if you guys do like, you will lose a subscriber. I think it means if you don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. We'd lose them. Um, I just, I, like, I just, because I, I, I saw a movie a couple years ago. Um, I watched I it in theaters. I haven't seen it since. Yeah, I saw it in theaters, and I saw it. I've seen it a couple times since. But I just, I forget how many famous people are in that movie, and it's how much like just a lot of like these SNL movies. They just get all their friends to come in for a couple minutes, and it's like seals there for no reason he's like I, how do you think i got these scars wolves and then he gets attacked by a wolf just like really really funny stuff um the b gag when the when the screen just blacks out yeah oh yeah yeah it's, it's just so good um yeah. yeah i i like the movie quite a lot yeah that was that was really enjoyable i appreciated you sharing that um also during that time when we had no internet uh megan picked a blu-ray from our big shelf back there for us to watch and uh she picked spider-man sam raimi spider-man which I had not revisited in a long time because yeah. it's one of those where you watched it a bunch. So like, it's really in your head and you, you it takes a while before you go back to it. It's still good. Oh yeah. Still, <laughs> still great. Very much a product of its time, but I think such a good encapsulation of where Spider-Man was at in the comics right around, right before that was made. Uh, that is like a pure, like 80, late eighties, nineties, uh, feeling of what Spider-Man was. Sure. Uh, and, I can really crystallize how long it had been since I saw it because I watched it and I went, oh shit, Octavia Spencer's in a small role in this. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Because the last time I watched it, I didn't know who she was. So that's how long it's been. Um, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching that again. Um, we watched two more episodes of Doom Patrol, which introduced Professor Time. Yo, <laughs> uh, man, the, the two villains that we met for these two episodes are... Just it, it just makes you want to go back to those Doom Patrol comics so much because all of these are the show is so comic accurate while also being stupid funny. Yeah, and I'm like Professor Time is literally a disco time traveler where his head is a clock and it's and he has a mustache built into the clock and he disco dances and he just like doesn't give a shit about anything and he's just like yeah baby disco. Uh, and then there's Red Jack who is the who is uh, Jack the Ripper but he's a he's, he's also like tons of other serial killers yes, throughout time. Uh, but he's basically it he's a like dimensional parasite and who just like in the 1800s he was Jack the Ripper and his design is no joke one of my favorite villain designs I've ever seen in a television show it's he's so victorian and like gothic spooky <sighs> while being like half phantom of the opera like um just such such good stuff man so doom patrol remains fantastic yeah it's good. um 
and and a highlight of everything. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Megan and I have been playing through the first Last of Us. Uh, the first of us. It's a lot of fun to go back through that story and that she's enjoying it. Um, that was how I spent a decent amount of time when did, I wasn't. Did she cry at the beginning? No, she okay. didn't cry, but she it did. Get it get did her. upset her. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, when I wasn't playing that, I was playing through Spider Man's The Heist on PS4. Uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you were right. That's very much just like a. And here's this other side content, and I'm like, I went from like nine percent through it to seventy percent through it in only like three hours. No, um, yeah, they're it's it's it moves it moves brisk if you want i will to. say again if that miles game wasn't coming out this year i'd be way more concerned about that dlc but they, they obviously put that out so they can start working on miles immediately i'm like that's fine that's fine sure whatever yeah yeah I, i'm hoping that the miles game really pops when it comes out yeah for sure. it kind of feels like now that miles was announced it kind of feels like they were working on the three dlc for spider-man and then they were just kind of like what if we did a miles thing see Are we Brad- being done with that yeah okay yeah uh, I got even. I got more insidious news for you. Um, most DLCs that are like this are being made during development, and when they realize when they have to cut development, that's when it becomes DLC. Yeah, I know. That's why this. That's. I mean, I'm not saying that's what this is, but the it does not feel like uh, a lot of work went into it. Just, I'm just being honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's it feels very lazy. I mean, I like like the narrative that's yeah. happening, but it, it definitely feels. Like, it's not doing a, a ton of work. It feels like it not, could have been in the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> outside of the fact that, like, it, it needed everything else to kind of calm down for the story to work. But other than that, yeah, I yeah. agree with you. Um, last Sunday, we didn't record because I was at a wedding. Uh, so two of my closest friends got married. That was that was an awesome thing Yay! to be able to be at. Uh, Congratulations even, to them. Even though I had to be wearing a mask and, you know, staying apart and all that, uh, it was still very nice to be there. Boy, um, wedding photos are funny these days when they're sit all six feet apart and they're staggering <laughs> right? across the if field. You, the, you saw the one where it's them in the center and it's all of us all in mass and we're all very just, we were yep. like a really bad <laughs> album cover. Um, I also saw your pose, Sparks. Uh, which one? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, they, they said do something silly and nobody was being silly enough. Um, uh, I read a, a little comic called Batman Hush, which mm. may or may not come up later and be related to our topic. Um, and I watched another episode of Tower of God with the anime guys. Um, that's uh, it, it really was just kind of a follow up on the last trial thing that we were at, but it, it's. It's got me interested enough. Um, I definitely, like, this is the episode where I hit the point where I'm like, okay, so the main character is useless. Aww. And just an audience standard, but everybody else is interesting. All right, whatever. I accept it. Um, sometimes that's just how it goes. You're the anime. hero. Um, last night, I kind of watched, because Megan was watching it, the entire season of the Babysitters Club. That was on the <laughs> All day long. All night. Uh, she rarely like gets it into her skin that she wants to do something like that. And yeah. I'm like, look, I do this kind of thing all the time. I'm just gonna stay out of her way, let her do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to its credit, like I enjoyed what I watched of it. I uh, which was most honestly, I saw most of it. Um, it's it's very very progressive. Um, it is very early. First off, uh, kudos to the cast. They cast age appropriate, so these are middle schoolers, and they're actually played by kids who should be middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. And the the they're talented enough i will say that like you know they're young there's a moments where it's hard for me to buy what they're trying to sell in emotions but at the same time there's other scenes where they're fantastic mm-hmm. um it's a solid cast there's clearly a lot of love put into it there's clearly a uh 
Megan is part of whatever base that is that really loves that those books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that movie. She was like, uh, she was like, this is so nostalgic to experience this show. She's like, this is the show I always wanted it to be. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm really glad you have that. It's that is um, nice, yeah. Uh, some of the things I know it brings up is it it brings up like uh, um, one of the girls is uh, nervous about her friends finding out she has type one diabetes and looking at her differently and treating her differently. Um, another part of it is, uh, discussing, um, like growing feelings and relationships. There's one, uh, relationship that's kind of brushed, uh, up. I think they want to expand on it later, but that like one of the girls is queer. Um, there's uh, a whole thing about like one of the girls learning that her grandmother was in the Japanese internment camps and dealing with that because she just never knew it and she never asked her grandmother about it. Um, and uh, it, it's it's just a well-formatted show that's really, like, pushing a lot of things. Oh, and then her, that same girl, her older sister, is, has autism. And uh, they're just... Th- these things are all handled very, very well. Um, and I, I found myself very impressed with it. So, it, Brandon, I think this is the kind of thing you would watch and enjoy, too. Okay. Um, so the Babysitter's Club is on Netflix that just came out is actually pretty good. Uh, I saw all of it yesterday. Uh, <clears throat> I missed bringing this up last week, so I'm just going to mention it real quick. Um, last week, uh, Winona Earp season four had a trailer. Uh, I don't need you guys to watch it because none of you are watching the show. Um, the only thing I'll touch on is that uh, they they have made it clear now that they are releasing their season in two parts because the season has stalled and hasn't picked the production back up for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. So there's like a part one of, I think, eight episodes coming out. Then there will be a part two of the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and they released the trailer. That show still looks great. That's a great comic book adaptation. Um, so everyone should really enjoy that. Or it's a bad comic book adaptation because I've seen those comics and they don't look like that show. Uh, that's true. I mean, like, one for one from the comic book, no. But, like, as a show that is very good, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say that. Um, uh, uh, what do I want to... So, then we all kind of did this, so this will be my last thing that I bring up. We all, uh, watched a thing called Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was your yeah. first time seeing it. Your, Brandon, your first time seeing it. Ben, your first time seeing it. Yeah, I've never... I've never... I refuse to listen to the music. So this is my first time experiencing anything right. except for a, a John Krasinski forced zoom call that I watched. That was a Hamilton song. So I've, that's the, that's the most I've seen, but Hey guys, Hey, I, guess what? It's good. Spoilers. That's good. Yeah. I was going to, I, I was going to bring it up that I, yeah, I did. I did watch it also. I liked it. Uh, obviously it's great. There's really not much more I can say that hasn't been said in the past six years. Uh, also, but I will want to point out, thank you to Disney for letting the whole world see it. Because that's important right now. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Also, know that um, uh, every person in that in that show could be a could be a bad person, and you could still have a musical that separates from that. Everyone needs to remember that. Um, there's a really <laughs> great article discussing how Hamilton, because there's historical inaccuracies in some places too. Yeah. Um, Hamilton is better observed as fan fiction rather than historical biopic. Yes. Um, it's clearly not a one-to-one of which, real history which was it's the, a musical which was the intent like uh that it's not just a gimmick of only casting people of color it is meant to be an idealized fan fiction yeah uh based in some realism of what what happened uh ben you watched hamilton as well oh yeah i i loved it i thought it was amazing um i'm i was as i was watching i was trying to remember back to high school of the of the my history classes from the american revolution 
And just just the whole time I'm watching the show, I'm just glad I saw it without listening to any music. Like anytime I was like, hey, let's listen to the Hamilton soundtrack. I'm like, can we not? And they're like, well, what is like, because I actually would like to see the show someday. I don't know when, but I would like to, but I don't want the music to be spoiled for me. I, I knew I would never see it probably ever. And I was going to like just res- reserve it for going to the theater. Mm-hmm. I figured if there, was, if there was a slight chance for me to see it, either in Los Angeles or off Broadway or just like, Kind of like how Lion King, like years after its initial release in New York City, it's be, you could find Lion King almost anywhere. I figured, okay, then I'll go see Hamilton. Yeah, but um, my mom had my mom had tickets to go see Hamilton, and she told me, "Hey, we're we're all gonna go see Hamilton." And I go, "Really?" It's like, "Yeah, your dad and I." I'm like, "Why would you do that to me?" She also did the same thing to me for the to the boy from Oz with Hugh Jackman when that was playing on Broadway. I've never forgiven her. <laughs> oh wow! Also, hi down right nerdy. He, hey, oh my God. he messaged us. Yeah. Let's check your phone screens. I'm like, oh, thanks, guys. We're talking. We can't check our phones. <laughs> I just did. All right, every. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I did uh, yeah. out earlier that we're all, we're doing this right now, but yeah, Hamilton's amazing. I freaking love George Washington and King George. Those yeah. actors were amazing. I I'll. I watched, I'll say it real quickly, I watched Into the Unknown, which is about the making of Frozen 2. So watching Jonathan Groff and that and remembering his role as Kristoff in that movie, especially that song, uh, and then watching this, I was like, man, he's awesome. Yeah. I did not realize, like, Fanny looked it up, and she's like, that's Jonathan Groff. I'm like, who's Jonathan Groff? I was like, that's Kristoff. From Frozen? She's like, yeah. I'm like, no. Dallas, Texas, 2009, I saw Spring Awakening, which is a German rock opera that group that he was that what's his name Christopher Groff. he was a part of as a young man and i'm like wow because my friend who i went to posted that on facebook and i'm like holy shit i can't believe i saw that thing 11 years ago where's the time gone wow yeah um i'm really glad that uh that people have gotten to enjoy it as much as they have that's really awesome um, also uh I, I wasn't worried because again like my my theater love was between when i was in high school and college right so like that's when i did all my theater stuff so i saw in the heights in new york when mm-hmm. with lynn and like that was an awesome experience right um and then i then uh oh i lost it oh no you know what i just like theater a Your lot theater life I, and, and just like oh i got it. it hamilton reminds me of like how much i really love theater and how it's it, it sometimes goes away from me but like i see something this i'm like holy shit like theater like there's nothing like it there's really nothing like it right, uh yeah. it's it's three hours of just bars of just hot beats and like that's so much memorizing i can never do that if you gave me a thousand years never it's so impressive i love theater yeah um and one last thing i just realized that i'll i'll add on is another big thing that happened this week is brandon and ryan and a bunch of other friends uh and i played a game called dead by daylight yeah a lot yeah uh i'm going to need a break because i had many nightmares and night terrors uh, because of Dead by Daylight, Did the past really? couple of days, yes. Oh no! Damn. I the other day I had such a such a bad night terror uh, that I woke up screaming. Zara was very mad. Um, at, then she was concerned. I woke up screaming, and then apparently I asked her close the door, make sure the door is closed. And she said, "What door?" I got the door next to the bed. I because I had imagined there was a door. I'm gonna tell you about my nightmare, my ter- night terror. I'm gonna, you guys are gonna share this. Okay, so there was this door next to where where I sleep, and so I was babysitting this this little girl. This like this like I don't know four year old girl. No, she was older than that. I can't tell ages. And she was having this. She was. We were doing this thing, and I think we were playing a game. And she goes, um, "Can I say goodnight to daddy?" 
I go, you're, I, I don't think your dad's home. It's like, yeah, he is. He's in the other room. And I'm like, what, a, what do you mean? There's nothing in there. And then the, the, then, I, then it's fuzzy because, you know, nightmares. You can't really remember the whole thing. Sure. Then, then it's fuzzy and we're in bed. And I said, okay, say goodnight to your dad. And she, and, and she goes, goodnight, daddy. And then I hear just this growling yell coming from right next to me. As, as like, I imagine this thing, like, you know, when, when I, when uh, the Iron Man suit like grabs Peggy um, yeah. in the uh, pepper. pepper in the, uh, in Iron Man three, like yeah. that, but like growling in this shadowy figure. And I woke up terrified, screaming in a cold sweat. I was, it was a horrible experience. Damn. I mean, that doesn't sound like that's actually from Dead by Daylight. That's the next just- night I had a nightmare that was just me in Dead by Daylight. <laughs> Wasn't uh, quite as terrifying though. That's that's a bummer because you've been having such a good time with it. Yeah, it's been fun. I I've enjoyed it. Uh, that game, yeah. Uh, for those of you who do not know, Dead by Daylight is a asymmetrical video game where it's four survivors versus a killer. Um, they have lots of DLCs. So you can be like Ghostface from Scream and Michael Myers and stuff. It's it's a lot of fun with a lot of people or with a lot of friends. Um, and yeah, um, being a killer is just it's just so fun and there's like so many different kinds and like i found mine where i he's a dude with a chainsaw and he can like run with a chainsaw and that's just a great old time chasing your friends and they're all screaming yeah. um, there was one time matt, 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 yeah it was yeah matt had a gunslinger guy and he was learning how to play it and he had killed me and i'm like on the ground like crawling away and he can't figure out how to pick me up because in the game you got to pick up the survivors and put them on a hook and sacrifice them and so he can't figure out how to pick me up in that character and he's like Hang on, Brandon. We're gonna figure this out together. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. Thinking uh, this this horrifying monster, just trying to be yeah. like, how do I pick you up? And we were playing on on Haddonfield, which is the Halloween map from yeah. from John Carpenter's Halloween. So it's you know the Laurie Shores neighborhood. So you see this dude like shooting in the neighborhood. He's like, all right, Brandon, let's just see how this is gonna work. And I was like, well, what is this? This is insane. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. I I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, my favorite highlight, I think, is Brandon at one point very early and when we started playing, saying, "Oh, just take me now." No, wait, I changed my mind. <laughs> Because Travis was the invisible thing, and I could see it. Oh, I could see the yeah. shimmer of the like invisible of, of the invisible thing. And, I was, and he's been following me, and I'm like, "Screw it, just take me. I don't care anymore." And then he unshimmers, and I'm like, "Well, wait, I changed my mind." Man. Yeah, yeah, that's a that game's a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, Ben, Ben, I hope you can join us and play it. Yeah, you're. I, you I, I gotta look that up. Yeah. What was that, Ryan? You're the horror guy here. You love you. You love horror more than anyone here. Yeah, Michael Myers is a playable character. He is. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, if you have no, if you have no more sparks, nope. That's that's my week. Ben, why don't you go next? I got quite a bit. Okay, uh, I I find, actually did some stuff for once in my life. I did some things. Uh, besides, for once in my life. Yeah, I know, right? Da, 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 so uh, on the video, so on the video game front, I started playing. I think I started finally playing Charles and Lana last weekend. Because with all the stuff that's going on in the world, I need something with bright colors. I need something that looks happy. You need, I need some. Something, I need something that won't put me into a depressive episode, near Automata, or feel or like fill my dreams with death, doom, and despair, and Satanism, doom. So I'm like, I'm I'm gonna start Trials of Mana so I can, uh, you know, it's, it's a happy defense, little colorful RPG. In defense of those games, in near Automata. Uh, you're fighting for the survival of people who just want to be identified as people, and in yeah. Doom, you're killing evil. So you're actually a good yeah. person being a savior. Yeah. So, but oh, I understand what you mean. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh did, did you I just sheath? 
Pink finger guns. I just wanted to do a magical girl transformation. That's all. <laughs> I appreciate you for that, Ryan. Thank yeah. you. But yeah, so I just needed to play something that was light, that was fun, something that I really want to play because Manny's still playing Animal Crossing. I really didn't want to play Animal Crossing. So I'm like, I'm going to just, just put me into a RPG fantasy world. And I'm having fun. I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm um, almost done with my first playthrough. I'm on the final eight bosses right now. How and many I, hours? What's up? How many hours have you put in? Um, I think like 20. Okay. Give or take. But of course, there's like three different playthroughs. Well, there, there's like six playable characters. You pick three, and then two of those main characters have like uh, story stuff between the two of them. So I have like more playthroughs down the line. So it's like, yeah, because I haven't touched uh, two other characters. So it's like, cool, I'll play through those characters as well. And I get to. Sounds like a Fire up. Emblem situation, Ben. <laughs> kind of. But it's not as long as a Fire Emblem situation. Yeah. Because 20 hours, I'm not even close to the, um, to the time skip at that point. Mm hmm. And I'm I'm pretty much in the end game now. All my char my characters are like at the last uh, uh, class they could upgrade to, and now it's just the grinding and the all that jazz. So yeah, Trials of Mana, it's fun. Would recommend if you like a fun RPG. Uh, I showed Ban uh, Fanny um, Batman: The Mask of the Phantasm. Totally thought you were gonna say Bambi. No. <laughs> I showed so Bambi. Yeah, we watched uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. She really liked it. I was just glad I was on Netflix again. So I was like, cool, I could, even though I own the DVD. But I'm like, hey, it's on Netflix. I'll give it a watch. Can I ask a question about that Warner Brothers property? Is that Warner Brothers movie on HBO Max? Mask of the Phantasm? No. No. It's also not on DC Universe, if you... What's going on? <laughs> wait, what, wait, uh, what's, oh, what's going on is that Warner Brothers had a shit ton of deals with other streaming services that weren't expiring until later this year. I love. I was. It's just so funny to me. <clears throat> uh, okay, I, I I'm lost. What, what what movie are we talking about now? Mask of the Phantasm. Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Phantasm is not on HBO Max or DC Universe. It is on Netflix. That's what I mean. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> All your DC content in one place, except for this, 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 this. Yeah. Sorry, Ben. Go ahead. Yeah, I have a gripe about that. Once we get into the our review and stuff. Uh, so yeah, I was playing a bunch of that and. Uh, yeah, and a few other things I'd rather not get into because of uh, health reasons and personal reasons. But besides yeah. that, I was actually playing. I was playing some video games. I saw some movies. I freaking loved Hamilton. I mean, just the whole. Say, if you're not going to say more about Batman: Mask of the Phantasm, can I just add Batman: Mask of the Phantasm? I think is the best Batman movie. Period. No, it is not I just agree. live action, not just animated. Period. It, I agree. It is totally is. I can get behind that. I can... <laughs> I, I probably have to sit on that for a for a little I mean, while I, and think about it. I just, be, yeah, this is not the topic for it because obviously Batman Returns is my favorite. But um, if we're include, if we're maybe, I like I risque Catwoman. No, it yeah. was just it was just glad to rewatch uh, one of my favorite films from my childhood and Fanny because I showed it to Fanny years ago, but she forgot about it. And now what she's watching, she's, like she's trying to. I mean, full spoilers. I'm supposed, the movie's been out for like twenty, almost thirty years now. She's like, oh, I bet it's her dad who's the phantasm. Oh, wait, is this person the phantasm? Who's the phantasm? And I'm just sitting there going, hmm. And then when you see uh, the Joker before, he's the Joker with the long, she's like, I don't, he looks really familiar. His long nose is just, I just don't <laughs> like it. I'm just like, oh, just wait. Just wait. Yeah, yeah man. That movie rules. Uh, that movie's so, so good. So waiting for that uh, Batman Catwoman comic next, uh, later this year. Yeah. Got phantasm in it. Mm -hmm. Andrea Beaumont's coming, coming to comics finally. Back. Can Batman be happy? That's the real question. The answer Can is I'm yes. 
can Andrea Beaumont successfully make the crossover from animation to live action to uh, to comics? I hope so. Harley Quinn did it. It's a lot easier, I, I think, going to comics than going somewhere anywhere else. Yeah, I, I I've always found it very strange because you know Harley Quinn, Mercy Graves, uh, and others yeah. were introduced in the animated series and then made the jump to comics, but Phantasm never did. There are some comics that tie into the animated universe, but never mainstream comics, and it's really upsetting because yeah. she's such a great character. Well, with the um, that Batman uh, animated comic that's out now, who knows who knows what we can do with it, you know? Well, I mean, I mean to say like as far outside of comics that that's are set within the realm of the animated series oh yeah no yeah like she, she never made the jump to mainstream yeah, mm. yeah. and she also yeah and also one other big thing that i did yesterday today sunday yesterday yeah i did yesterday i was on my friend inga draper's podcast adults talking anime plus you did so that this week? Was, this week yeah i did that uh yesterday oh send me the link send me the link to that so i can put oh, it in the description it's below it's, it's not up yet Okay, never mind that. Screw yeah, her the episode's gonna come out sometimes this week. So if you want to listen to me talk to her and her brother Thor for I want to say like a good hour and a half or so about just talking about anime, video games, Final Fantasy VII remake, uh, check out um, Adults Talking Anime Plus. It's on like Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much all the same places that uh, we talk about. I have the same question. Yeah, Thor. <laughs> Thor. Yeah, his name is Thor. I want to listen to Thor. I think I need to listen to Thor now. Oh, you don't. You're not listening because your co-host is on there. Hmm, I see how it is. Then change your name to Thor, and I will. No, I know my name is Thor in some of my friends' phone number. Uh, some of my friends' phones. I know that. Thor, Thor magnet doesn't really work. Mm. Thor magnet. <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing. Well, it hurts. <laughs> That's not even a good joke, Ben. You shouldn't be bad about it, Thor. No. <laughs> and then it sparks with the Aladdin 3 King of Thieves reference. Uh, okay, Ben, you, 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 you done? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I could really remember or more or all I, I want to talk about right now. Awesome. Okay, uh, so, you know, obviously you mentioned Hamilton and I watched Flores Lava, Lava and Dead by Daylight, um, but I actually did quite a bit more. Um, I did end up watching what I call the extra credit, uh, Constantine and the City of Demons. Oh, I watched that too. I wasn't going to talk about it till later. Um, I, it, I'll wait. I'll, I'll wait to talk about it with you uh, with you a little later in the in the episode. But I did watch. I was going to talk about it right before we talk about the other three. Right. Um, uh, <laughs> and then I also did the other extra credit, which was Nightwing and Robin, which is which is a one minute piece of shit short film uh, that is actually a deleted scene from Justice League War, not Justice <laughs> League War, Justice League Throne of Atlantis. Wow. Because um, in Throne of Atlantis, if you guys remember our reviews, um, in Throne of Atlantis. Uh, Batman is interrupted by Green Lantern because he's going after Scarecrow. They put on that a deleted scene, which is now a short film of Robin and Nightwing picking up that case and going after Scarecrow. And it's one minute long and it's a short it's film? One minute long, yeah. That's that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, don't recommend that. Can that's it. not even a short film. That's a clip. That, it's, yeah. a, it's literally a deleted scene. Um, that can be a short film, just, just to be clear. Um, as Ryan said, uh, a couple of Twitch players, I want to point out that Patrick Williams did a really cool video this week of the original of the 90s Dark Universe. We were just Sony talking about how we like Frankenstein. He doesn't. Yeah, I really like that movie. He's, he's talking about it. And I'm like, I get it. But I really like the melodrama of that movie. I like that everything is turned I, up to 11. It's super ridiculous. That's also you why can, I like it. You can appreciate his criticism and yeah. also disagree. Yeah. Because yeah. like I, I was seeing, I haven't watched the video, but I saw his whole Twitter thing going on. He's like, the amount of times that I wrote, and then there's Van Helsing. 
and then went no and backspace. Yeah. I like Van Helsing too. That's I know. I, I love Van Helsing and I don't care. I know it's schlocky. Yeah. Yeah. It's stupid fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that video is really cool and it, and it reminded me of the the Jack the Jack Nicholson Wolfman movie they did uh, and then the Jekyll and Hyde movie with, with John Malkovich, which I'd never heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a really cool video. I think people should check it out, especially if they're interested in the failed The Mummy Dark Universe. Um, let's see. I watched Eurovision Song Contest. Shit. Yeah, we haven't done that yet. Yeah, um, we got I think you guys are going to really like it. For me, Will Ferrell doesn't always do it for me. So yeah. I found myself far more engaged in what Rachel McAdams was doing. Also, Dan Stevens is awesome. I'm not surprised. Yeah. When, um, is, he, when is he ever on right. Austin? Uh, I think the main takeaway, though, is the songs are really good. That's awesome. That's what I That's what that's I heard. Great. Like, I heard people saying, like, yeah, man, I'm still bopping to that one song, like, days later. I'm like, that's that's a good sign of a good music movie. There was a there was a review by Patrick Willems, which is why I bring it up after, um, where he said, I like it when they sang Ya Ya Ding Dong. And I was like, I also really liked it when they said, when they sang Ya Ya Ding Dong. Um, I definitely, uh, real quick, uh, talking about like uh, lyrics you get stuck in your head. Uh, Popstar has some really great songs that I don't think are are <laughs> allowed to be set on air, but they're <laughs> real funny. Um, you and I had a, a certain chorus stuck in our head for a couple of days. Uh, uh, here's one I could say. It's like, Mona Lisa, you're an overrated piece of shit. And I'm like, <laughs> That's a bop. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the Eurovision Song Contest, the main takeaway is the songs are really good. And that's why I really like that. Um, speaking of songs, I watched the new docuseries on Disney Plus, Into the Unknown, The Making of Frozen 2. Um, our review is, is up right now. Frozen 2, you can still find it on our feed. And I think, if I remember correctly, all four of us were more positive on Frozen 2 than what we were for Frozen 1. 100%? Oh, for sure. Um, that documentary is really insightful not just for the making of frozen 2 but also for the making of just that style of animation which i my, my blind spot is this type of cg computer animation i really don't know how it's made um i know 2d animation i know like anime like but like this type of animation lost on me so it was really insightful for that reason like you get to really learn kind of the animation process and what goes into making an animated film uh to the scale of frozen 2 the songs are interesting one little anecdote i will say that i found really interesting is that they were two months away from cutting Show Yourself. Is that the... Uh... It's the final song that Elsa sings. Oh, okay. Uh, and it, it wasn't working. The song just wasn't working in the movie. The animator kept animating new storyboards to it, new animations to it. Wasn't working. The songwriters kept trying to change it. Songwriters said we should cut it. And then the director was like, no, we can't cut it. And then the director was like, maybe we should cut it. But it was like the point, like, the they... They had three different ideas of what the voice was. The singing, the voice, the, the uh... Uh-huh. They couldn't figure out what that was. Uh, the directors were like, it's gotta be Elsa when she's older. The the uh, the other director was like, no, it's gotta be uh, this, the spirits. And nobody figured it, nobody could quite figure out what it's gonna be or agree on what the voice was gonna be. So the songwriters came up with the idea, what if it's the mother? Yeah, right. Which also which works great, great. Yeah. yeah, and then the song clicked, and you kind of get this like relief of like this is five episodes. They're trying to figure out how to make the song work. Yeah, and, and it was really fun. Rachel Wood, Westworld, Mama, I love her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that I thought that little docu series is only six episodes. Uh, was really insightful and a lot of fun. And maybe really want to go back and watch Frozen Two because those songs are awesome. Mm-hmm. I yeah. agree. Jonathan Groff, by the way, did all of the all of the reindeer in his song. That he also sang oh, really? all the reindeer. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, wow. That's incredible. That's really good. He's yeah. fully capable of doing it, so that, that's logical. Um, 
then I finished. Maybe before I say that, I framed my Pacific Rim poster. It's on my it's on my Instagram right now. I've had this Pacific Rim poster for seven years. I won in a contest, and it's twenty eight in one eighths by sixty five and thirty fifths, uh, which is not a standard poster size in America. That's not real. That's not a real thing. So I couldn't. I could never frame it. So it's just been rolled up in my closet for for years. And finally, thanks to unemployment, I was able to. Uh, get it framed, custom frame at Michael's, and it turned out beautifully. It's up on my on my Instagram right now. If you guys want to check it out, um, I think it's a gorgeous poster designed by uh, Yuri Shinkawa. Yuji Shinkawa. Yuji Shinkawa of Metal Gear. Uh, it's beautiful. I love He's it. He's a concept designer for Metal Gear and many other uh, Hideo Kojima properties. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm so happy I got it, I got it framed. Uh, lifelong dream. Uh, and then I, I finished. I started and finished Lego Star Wars: The Force Awakens which was the latest Lego Star Wars games. It's just The Force Awakens. And uh, they never, they didn't do a Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker. They're no. just doing all of it. That's great. Yeah. What, what, wow, cowards. Right. Well, the weird thing, what the weird thing was that the ones before had always been like the trilogies. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then for some reason they decided we're going to make The Force Awakens and yeah. just The Force Awakens. Yeah. And I remember both Brandon and I going, why? why? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I ended up owning it. So I was like, well, I'll go through it because it's a Lego game I haven't played. It's very short. Um, the problem is with the Lego games, they're they're a lot of fun in their formula, but the big deal is the replay value. You go back to try and complete 100% to try and get the characters, try to get the fun characters. I remember playing Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga, quote unquote, because uh, it was just one through six at the time. Um, you could play as Ghost Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Right. And you could like phase through people and you were invincible. It was awesome. Oh, that's rad. Um, so Even- like I'm thinking... I would even say like the like the, I've been played a lot of Lego games. Like I when I was younger, like the 360 era, like I played a lot of those. But like mm-hmm. once they jumped to the modern ones, the only ones that I played were a lot of the Marvel ones and, the, and like a couple DC ones. But specifically the not the Marvel Avengers one, it's the Marvel superheroes one. Yes, that one's incredible. That is a full open world. There are hundreds of characters, a full story, fully voice acted. I'm like, they have the ability to do this. It just I think sometimes they're forced to make these cash grab ones. The, the DC Universe ones are really great. The third DC, the third Lego Batman DC like Universe is the space one. You get yeah. to play as Daffy Duck as a Green Lantern. Yeah, it's it's those games are so much yeah, fun. There's there's so much like the Lego games really go very far out of their way to include like you can play so many things that you would never play in any other video game. Yeah, they really pull deep. That's, deep dives that's on one of the all best of the things like because you, you're using legos and you have hundreds of characters like the te- the the tt games like those lego games are some of the the best like lore and like best like uh easter egg stuff in any marvel game because they just have so much stuff it's so easy to throw that stuff in there when they have the license and, and not, everything and not only that it's never just like oh here's a character in a skin like yeah. they really build those characters to be those characters who have personality traits that relate yeah. to those characters mr little, fantastic little nods and gags mr fantastic turns into a teapot like all of them are individuals yeah and that's really impressive wolverine is invincible because of his adamantium skeleton and then you can grow he can heal like yeah. always a lot of fun and like like we're talking about the replay value of the twin characters, the problem with just doing the Force Awakens, even though they add the last the last twenty minutes of the Return of the Jedi, uh, in the game in the beginning of the game to kind of get you reacquainted. Uh, okay. So they do the end of the of the Return of the Jedi when it's um, Luke and Vader and the battle in Endor leading yeah. up to the explosion of the Death Star, and then it's thirty years later. And then does the title card three years later, and we're going to the Force Awakens. But what if we literally just played those Star Wars games? And you're like, oh, I'm going to play the new one, right? So, so then you're doing the whole game. So 
even though so because of that you're able to unlock darth vader and and luke skywalker um the character the problem is the force awakens doesn't have that many new characters or old characters to unlock so you end up getting uh, like a hundred different characters and three of them it's, like, i'll take like sets of three and it's like uncar soldier uncar this uncar that fn2653 this uh this blah 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 this blah 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 and it's yeah. all these characters of like susan catastrophe or yaya ding dong and like characters like you don't give a crap about especially carbon copies i will also i will argue it's not necessarily that you don't care about them it's that it's that uh 30 of them are all just due to shoot guns whereas marvel superheroes all of them have superpowers and they're all different whereas yeah. like you have seven yeah. different stormtroopers they're still all the same stormtrooper with different costumes so i think just the 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 world itself lends to less replayability because yeah. it's like i don't want to i don't this, these characters especially are all especially of just that one movie exactly. um you can't unlock old luke skywalker uh because that wasn't he's a playable in. he's not really in the movie um yeah. you have the different han solos the different layers short finn one of those finn's finn characters has the has the lightsaber ray doesn't get the lightsaber until the very end of the game um so it's, it's just no none of them can use the force it's like it it takes away the replayability if they're just like i can unlock 60 characters and five of them are useful yeah. yeah, it kind of takes it takes it sounds like it, it takes away the fun the fun aspect because I remember Brandon right. when you loaned me Lego Batman three and said hey just play just play a Superman you're gonna love it one of my college this is back when we were in college one of my college roommates came in and Real I quick, was, the Superman I, gameplay on those Lego games is awesome it is and then like I remember I was just like flying I was just like floating a Superman my roommate is just like what are you doing I'm like wait for it I turned the volume of the TV because right when the crescendo hit on the John Williams theme song that's when I started flying he's like okay I have to admit that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Um, so you don't really get that kind of desire to go back and replay the game to unlock with all these characters because all the other characters I want to play are from the other movies. Yeah. Um, so that, that was a bummer. However, you can unlock J.J. Abrams, Kathleen Kennedy, and I'm sure that was really cool before The Rise of Skywalker came out, but right now I don't want to play as J.J. Abrams. Oh. That's really funny. That's, that's oh. a very cool move. Yeah. Um, no so I've been a... No. Huh? No, 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 Kalani. No, no George Lucas. No George Lucas. Okay, now if you're able to play up to play George Lucas, that would be cool. But I think nah. so in the Lego games that we were mentioning, you can play as Stan Lee, and Stan Lee can turn to the Hulk, swing like Spider-Man, and has an animated skeleton. Like oh, yeah. um, and that is he's an awesome, uh, unlockable, playable character. If they wanted to like really try and get George Lucas to be a playable character in a Star Wars game. Oh yeah. Could you yeah. also unlock Conan O'Brien in the in the DC ones? Yes. Probably. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was about to say you could you both him and Andy, right? Both of them, or just Conan? I wouldn't be surprised if both. I think just Conan, but I don't remember specifically. Um, And then I started playing Shadows of Mordor, um, which is the the Middle Earth game. Yeah, the the Middle Earth game came out six years ago. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure. Okay. Yeah. So this is the first one. The second one is Shadows of War. Yeah. Um, These are the Middle Earth games uh, based on the books and the the movies of Lord of the Rings. Um, That game's really hard. I'm finding it very difficult to get engaged in that game. Because uh, I, I die I, a whole lot. I love that game. Uh, I think that second game is uh, ha- like half twice as good and half twice as bad for uh, a shitty business reasons. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for you to get to that one because I think the story is much better. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like the story. I like the story of what I've been told, but it's hard for me. And again, the whole thing is like I'm having a hard time being engaged in the game. Yeah. Um, it's not that it's not fun because the gameplay is very is very fun. It's, um, Arkham. it's Arkham Combat. Yeah. yeah, it's Arkham Combat. It's also Arkham Map. Arkham Detective Comics, it rips off Arkham a lot. Um, and I 
I, I, it's kind of it's kind of fun to like ride around, and the powers are cool, and the lore that this building is is interesting. But it's so hard to get engaged because I can go after a captain, and if I die, I got new captains to deal with because of the nemesis system that they that they that they had in that. Um, so I, I don't know. I want to keep keep going with it, but I'm finding it very pretty fun. Is it not a difficulty setting? Nope. Okay. Um, man, again, it's been a long time since I played that. Um, are there are there weaker captains that you can kill instead of like the main ones, or are they all kind of just above you now? So they each so they each get more power uh, as they die. As you die, you, they they get stronger. Yeah. The problem is the weaker captains are often surrounded by either more guys or other captains. Yeah. So I end up fighting either three guy or either three three different captains, and they're all different super strikes, or I end up fighting a ton of Uruk of Uruks. Yeah, I feel you. Which will be uh, in the game. I definitely like. It's been a long time for me, but I remember the opening like couple hours of that game were a real grind. Yeah. To like get capable enough where you felt like you could just handle things. Um, yeah. I remember like having to be really really careful with how I decided to approach scenarios until like a couple hours in when I got enough abilities to feel more confident with each encounter. Yeah, and so that's kind of why I want to try and keep going with it, but it's 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 tough. I might I might switch to my Xbox One and play play the Tomb Raider or something. Um, I will say, um, I don't know if there's like a difficulty thing for the second one, but I do think the second one is worth playing because it basically turns into fan fiction where you like you like rise up against Sauron and like you try to become like the leader and shit. Like it's it's su- it's super dope. It's super yeah. dope. Um, it's uh it's the um, dang Malthusaur uh, Star Killer. Those oh. games. It's oh, that version. Force, Force Awakens. Force, no, Force, oh, Force Unleashed. Force Unleashed Lord of the Rings games. Basically, yeah. Like the, all the DLC literally has you playing a Sauron in that second game. Like it's that second game. Um, uh, it had some shitty business stuff aside because during that era, there was a lot of shitty microtransaction stuff going on. But the, the core game itself is super dope. So I hope you either get through this one or just skip to the second one because, like, I, I the story's fine, I think. Yeah. But like that second one, you should get to it, no matter how you get there. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll do my best. Um, okay, that's all I got to go, go on. Should we get into our bread and butter? And here's your bread. And your butter. Here's your bread and butter. Hey, okay, not in my ear, thank you. Beep, 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 beep. Time to start uh, the podcast. <laughs> okay, so we got a couple, we got some sad news this week. Um, Sparks, you just, told, you just pointed me to this one. Um, Broadway actor Nick Cordero has passed away this week uh, from COVID-19. Yeah, this was uh, this was just today. Uh, yeah. Nick Cordero, uh, he got his start off Broadway with uh, the Toxic Avenger musical. And then he was, uh, he was the second to take over uh, in Rock of Ages for the national tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's well known for like doing Bullets Over Broadway, uh, and he's the originator of the role for Earl in uh, Waitress, which has been a huge Broadway musical standout. No, yeah. oh, gotcha. uh, it's a it's yes. an original production by Sarah Wait, Wait, Waitress based off the movie. Yes. Oh, is the it based movie. off the movie? Yeah, yeah. The, the Carrie Russell movie. Yeah, oh, okay. that movie's really cute. Yeah, I I know I know nothing about the story. I only know the the music. The the um, movie's good. With Ke- it's Carrie Russell and Nathan Fillion. I like the movie. Yeah, the Phils. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So he passed away at 41 today. Um, yeah. I know a whole lot of actors who are really, really hurt by it. And it sucks because he's one of the younger losses due to the yeah. coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, he leaves behind a one-year-old son and his wife. It's too bad. It's too young to go. 
Um, this week, Danny Hicks. Um, if that name doesn't sound immediately familiar, he was uh, Jake from Evil Dead Two. He uh, he attacks. He's the guy who shows up with the with the professor's daughter. Um, yeah. A ton of Sam Raimi movies. He's been in all like most of the Sam Raimi films. He was in Spider Man. We know we just talked about that. Uh, he passed away this week at the age of sixty eight because uh, of cancer. Oh. And then the biggest, probably the, the the kind of the heavy hitter of the of this week. I shouldn't say it. It's, just, it's not a competition. Who how, who died better? Um, it was just the the one that like everybody everybody was talking about. Yeah. this. Uh, Carl Reiner passed away. Legendary screen actor Carl Reiner passed away this week at the age of ninety eight. Longtime friend of Mel Brooks. Um, if you watch the Ocean's films, he's in those. Uh, director Steve Martin. Uh, he directed Steve Martin. Um, I forgot the movie now, but his legacy, his whole there's fireworks going on. I hate it. Um, yeah. his whole legacy is is incredible. He leaves behind an incredible legacy. I think he was in Hollywood for like over seventy years. Like that's insane. Yeah. Uh, he has a he has a son who's also done incredible work. Uh, who's said mm-hmm. so many nice things on Twitter. Um, yeah, and he man, was always such a nice guy. Yeah. Um, it's it's this is going to be like a weird thing to say, like you don't often get to see people who live up to be a hundred and they're like, and they're like, there's, there's nothing bad to say about them. And I don't mean that in like a negative way to anyone who's passed away, but like this dude was a, was a real one and he made it so far in life, just being a real good guy and just putting out great work and just trying to be happy and having a great family. And he he was wearing a black lives matter shirt at 98 years old. Like Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't just, there's nothing bad to say about the dude. Like it's, I'm glad he got to live the life he did and the legacy that he did. And, and his son, Rob has made, such good stuff and left a good legacy behind him and like he he's he he will be remembered forever man it's crazy yeah 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 i, I love his work um he's always so funny i mean his character in the, the oceans films is just so good yeah that's true yeah it's uh that, that was that was a blow uh yeah. but also a long life which is really you know yeah his legacy um, was invented so long ago before any of us were born yeah, yeah exactly yeah. um okay so uh another big loss this week um, happened not in the form of a person, but in comics. Dark Horse has lost the rights to Alien and Predator. Yeah, who got them? So, Marvel. Uh, Marvel has acquired the rights to both the Alien and Predator franchises. No details were announced about what the stories are going to be, what the creative teams are going to be, what anything is going to be. Twenty-one. Um, the, uh, they just released the two, two by uh, David Finch. Dark Horse has had these licenses from since 1988, and 1989, respectively. Damn. Yep. Uh, they've been publishing Alien comics. I've got the original Alien comics, um, the first three that were set after Aliens before Alien Three, um, which are incredible. They put out so many great comics with the Aliens film, the Aliens Predators film uh, franchises. I probably think this might be a, not a terrible idea because they were kind of floundering for a while. I will also say a lot of those books are not all of them have been good because there are some of those Prometheus books that I read where that were okay. Sure, and we're talking about Prometheus here, Ryan. <laughs> There's a couple of alien books that I read that were okay. There's yeah. obviously some really good ones. I'm always a fan, uh, uh, whether it's Disney or not Disney. I'm, you know how I feel. I'm always a fan of properties going to other people to get fresh perspectives and eyes. And the first thing that uh, it's not what I want to see, but it's cool to see like someone like Donnie Kate saying like, oh, people want to see Venom versus Predator versus Alien? Huh, that could possibly happen. I'm like, of course, that sounds dope. That sounds Batman and Predator fought. Why can't and Superman? And Super, yeah, fought both of them. DC has been doing that shit forever. Marvel can do Lantern fought the alien. Yeah, uh, uh, I see people shitting on this simply because it's Marvel, and I get it. I get it's Disney, but hey, just 
literally look at any Predator book or Alien book the last thirty years. Superman's been a part of it. Like, just look what's at so. It. What's so interesting uh, about this about this deal for me? Um, first off, speaking of the Superman versus Alien, go out and buy those books because soon they will be out of print forever um, and worth money. <laughs> yep. Um, the the Alien books have been floundering for a while at Dark Horse, but I am interested in some of those. They've been publishing the original scripts for uh, Alien Predator and Alien Three. Uh, mm-hmm. as comic book form, much like they did with the Star Wars. But now Marvel is transitioning to a lot more IP comics, which is different for the big two in the last couple of years. Um, Marvel Warhammer. is now... Warhammer. Marvel is publishing Warhammer. Um, uh, uh, obviously, Star Wars. Conan. Um, Conan, which Conan is also Dark Horse. Avenger now. like Yeah. Um, and the, the, the kaiju. Ultraman. Ultraman, um, yeah. That's so they have a ton of IP comics, which is interesting. Yeah. But outside of Conan, none of them have crossed over the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um, and Marvel doesn't like to play with other companies when it comes to crossovers. That's why they don't do any intercompany crossovers anymore. Um, unlike DC, who's just like, IDW, Dark Horse, IDW, Dark Horse, let's do it. They throw they throw fun to anyone who wants it. Yeah. That's the one um, thing about DC that I love. Like, they don't care. It's like, dude, you want to write a cool story about um, the Justice League and Black Hammer? Go for it. Go for yeah. it. You want to yeah. write? You want to write the J.J. Abrams Star Trek crew meeting the Green Lantern run? Go for it. Elmer Fudd and Batman, uh, a nor tale about their their uh, same lover. Hell yeah, baby, do it. And outside of Conan, Marvel hasn't even done within the company crossovers with their IP. Um, I hope that Alien and Predator is the change there. I really would like to see, obviously, outside of continuity. So like a not even what if, but like I would yeah. like to see. Alien versus the Avengers, or even Predator versus the Avengers. I, I think those would be cool. Well, we got that awesome promo image of the Predator holding an. That doesn't Iron mean anything, though. It's that, just a promo image. No, that so doesn't cool. mean anything. But I do not think the very first image they would ever release with an Iron Man helmet is going to signify that they're never going to do it. That they yeah. wouldn't do that to us. They would not put it out there. It, like, look, Predator and Iron Man. If they're never going to do it, that's that is so the, silly. The that one, is like that's bad marketing. The one that's more indicative to me is the Alien one because that's. A more subtle yeah marvel mm-hmm. crossover because it's just star lord's tape thing in the lower right corner yeah and i'm like you they you could have just you could have just released any alien image because nobody unless they're really paying attention is picking up on that yeah. so it feels like they really do want to lead into that kind of crossover turn and i 100 percent think they're going to be just exactly they're just really like to the party i think marvel is getting a little more lenient conan had a had a moon knight crossover event recently like mm-hmm. with with and it's like that's something I never thought I'd want, and and some people still don't want that, and I get it. But like, I I, I think get it cool. I get it would be difficult to cross over your IP of Star Wars. I understand that'd be difficult to, to do, but yeah. you can do it with these guys. Uh, this what this is a bummer is that IDW can no longer do the Star Trek Alien crossover that uh, J.K. Woodward has been trying to pitch for a while. Oh yeah, we saw yeah, I saw some of that. We saw stuff. some art for that. That's yeah. a bummer. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So you know, hey. Hopefully some of these books are good to get to get some good talent over there. I'd love to see Donny Cates tackle something. Yeah, and you know, like with like Conan, I got Jason Aaron. You know yeah. that at least the first run they're gonna get big names, so you buy those books. You know that. Yeah. They're Jason not Aaron play. Jason Aaron started So Jason Aaron has started Star Wars and Conan. Yeah. He he should start Alien and Predator. He I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Like they love him so much and he puts out good work. So like yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Um okay. Speaking of IDW, uh, we've talked about IDW loves to cross over tons of stuff. Uh, They're doing another crossover. Uh, they just did Transformers uh, Terminator. And now they're doing Transformers Back to the Future for Back to the Future's 35th anniversary. Right. Oh. 
uh, DeLorean Transformer. Yeah, so. so this is a new four-issue miniseries coming in October. As Ryan said, they have released a toy that was available for pre-order at Walmart. It's no longer available for pre-order because it's sold out. Damn it. Um, the, it's a DeLorean that turns into a Transformer, and his name is Gigawatt. Man, that's, that's cool. Yeah, I gotta, like, look this up. I gotta see this. Have there. you seen the Ecto One Transformer? No, no. Yeah, that's, that's a, good. a good one. That's a oh. good one. I like that one a lot. Um, that was for the Ghostbusters Transformers crossover. <laughs> yeah. Um, so from IDW uh, comes Transformers: Back to the Future, the four-part comic book comic book series. The first issue cover uh, is being revealed today, along with the story synopsis. Uh, Marty McFly has just returned to his home sweet home, Hill Valley, 1985, and everything's looking up. That is, until Marty and his friend Doc Brown's time machine attracts the attention of the Decepticons, which one, with one small mistake, Marty finds himself thrust into adventure to stop the Decepticon plot in the past, present, and future, all with the help of a new time machine, the Autobot Gigawatt. Do we got a creative team? No, uh, I couldn't figure out a creative team, even though it's out in October. I'll, uh, I'll wait and see who's right in that before I dive in. All right, so yeah. this kind of pisses me, or that doesn't piss me off, it really bugs me out. They're only making 1,985 of these toys. That's cute. <laughs> they did the same thing for the Pepsi, for uh, yep. whatever the Pepsi was called. Yeah. There's only one that, yep, because I'm looking at it on, uh, they have the article up on Nerdist, and it yeah, actually sure. looks pretty cool. For a Transformer toy, it, it looks pretty dope. I, yeah. I, would, I would really dig it. It comes with a Hulk and, like, a blaster, but even the robot form looks kind of cool. It has like the flux capacitor where the Autobot symbol would be. And it's like. also got goggles, like Doc Brown's goggles. Yeah, the, and the doors move, the butterfly doors open up too. Yeah. It's, good, it's a good figure. I, I prefer the Ecto 1, though. I think yeah. the Ecto 1 uh, Transformer looked awesome. Oh, I just saw the cover for um, IDW. Yeah. That, um, that kind of looks that's, look, that's pretty cool. I like that. You guys read those Back to the Future comics? They're pretty good. Nope. I have not. Um, maybe future book club series. Um, yeah. Commander in Crisis is another book coming from Image. Uh, this is a new book from Steve Orlando and David Tinto. Um, the synopsis reads, The last survivors of the multiverse live among us under new superheroic identities. Five survivors of doomed worlds. Taking, uh, taking a second chance to ensure our world lives on. A new twist on strange superhero comics with a bleeding edge eye on the modern moment. Commanders in Crisis follows in the footsteps of Doom Patrol and Thunderbolts as five unexpected heroes come together to solve a murder unlike any other. The victim, compassion itself. This is idea side. This sounds rad. Yeah, Steve Orlando. Uh, uh, now that he's free from DC, he's starting to put out his own material and stuff. And I'm like, this is his first book. And I'm like, oh, this sounds cool. It reminds yeah. me of, um, of uh, Squadron Supreme. It's like uh, a remnants of different multiverses. They all come together and form a team. Um, this sounds cool. Um, yeah. very, very yeah, I like, it. I like the idea of this a lot just on, on hearing it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is out October 14th. Whoop, whoop. Um, another great loss happened to this week in comics. Um, Red Hood and the Outlaws needs a new writer. Oh you know, no. Like, start. I'm going to go to the restroom. <laughs> Scott Labdell has finally stepped down from his role as the only writer. Sorry. Justin Jordan did like what? Six issues. Yeah. Like um, eight, eight years ago. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, leaving Red Hood and the Outlaws after almost 10 years of doing this book. Do you have his shitty quote by any hand? By hand? I really, I forgot to write it down. I realized okay. that when we started recording. Oh, it's okay. Uh, I'll, I'm going to try to paraphrase it. He's basically like, you know, it's been so good writing uh, the Red Hood and the Outlaws for 10 years. You know, a story about a tragic hero trying to redeem his past and whatever. 
And if you guys don't know, Scott Labdell is a alleged uh, uh, abuser, sexual offender uh, for, for over a decade at DC. He's a bad man. No one likes him. Under Eddie Garbarzio, whatever that dude's name was, uh, he was he was safe. And now Didier's gone, and we're trying to get him out. Scott Labdell, he left on his on his own terms because he got to finish his 10-year arc. That's not what should have happened. He should have been out that door years ago. It yeah. sucks that it's happening now. There, there, in the beginning, I kind of I kind of liked that book, but after a while, it's it, look, who the stop? <laughs> oh, bro, it's happening everywhere. It's, it's America. Um, screw America. Um, I'm sorry. Um, uh, yeah, so quickly, he, he he did leave the book temporarily for the DC year relaunch, um, where Justin Jordan stepped in and did a couple issues, and then all of a sudden, Scott Liddell was back on, and I thought, what the hell? Uh, when the book was renamed to Red Hood and Arsenal, he did that, yep, and now the new Red Hood, Red Hood and the Outlaws Rebirth. <laughs> I just can't believe it. Sexual harassment uh, came, claims came up because of this. Um, Tess Fowler and Alex DeCampi both came out saying that he had, he had been he had been abusing them. Uh, both great creators, so that sucks. Yeah. Um, it's 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 not just it's not just unfortunate that he that he had a position for ten years. He's been the only guy shaping this one character for ten years. Yeah, like and and, and, I don't, and I and he's basically. He's had his own little universe because he did the doomed event, which read with like, and he like he's done so much stuff, and it's like, I don't know why you guys keep throwing so much shit at him. Nobody yeah. likes him. His work, like, I haven't read it in a while, but I know it doesn't review that well. I know everyone on Twitter doesn't seem to like it. I just don't know why he's part of the old guard, and it's just like he got to leave I on like, his own. I, think, I, think I liked him when the art was by Kenneth Rockefeller. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I was reading the first few issues and not think i know i was reading the first few issues of it when it was rebirth yeah, 10 years ago yes i was also buying that book it was yeah no 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 rebirth, no, rebirth. Oh, oh shit oh. i'm saying when it was Ugh. rebirth i was reading the first few issues uh, when and it was bizarro it was, and the and artemis yes and yes and, and when it was starting i was like i'm i'm all right i'm getting and then it just it petered out my enthusiasm for it just dropped yeah. very quickly yeah well now hopefully we can get a new take on the red hood because I don't, that what character's I, been basically I, missing for ten what years. What I in my desperately, book. desperately wish is that someone at DC would have said an apology to the people who have accused him. Yeah, that they have they have defended him for so long. Like he didn't he didn't deserve to get to step down of his accord. That's why everyone's so mad. Yeah, and again, uh, his his statement of like I'm thankful that I got the right Red Hood. This guy who's a tragic man who who gets to you know uh, be forgiven of his past and all this. And I'm like. Oh, you're just like almost rubbing it in. You're like rubbing it. It's awful. I'm just glad it's over finally. Me too. Me too. Uh, I forgot to mention. Uh, I did one more. I watched one more movie this week. Uh, Batman Ninja. Yeah. Uh, I watched that. I watched that just before we started recording, which is why Marty I forgot. Be so happy. <laughs> I watched Batman Ninja. That movie rules. That's what I've heard. Yeah. yeah I, I, I was watching that movie and. I like the animation. It's got it. It switches animations a lot, so it's not always one consistent animation. Uh, that movie has such great pacing. Damian Wayne is completely out of character, but I'll forgive it because every single cliche of anime that you can think of is in that movie. And every oh, yeah. single time it was popping up, I was like, do it, do it, baby. Give it to me. <laughs> I, it just kept being more and more ridiculous. Uh, I, there, there's a mech monkey. That's all I'll say about that. A monkey, a, a live monkeys turn into a mech. I'm just going to throw that out there. Ninjas, mechs, I'm on board. Uh, Feudal Japan, mechs, great animation. I had a blast. I was his, I was laughing. I, I had a great time. I thought the movie was awesome. I forgot to mention, I got a Neon Genesis Evangelion tattoo. That's yes, what you did. Yes, you did. I forget everything I do. All right. 
How long have you had? My, I was born with it. Born with it. That's true. Um, <coughs> now back to now back to the our regulated schedule program. Um, and some streaming news: DC Universe has announced that they're doing uh, a. Uh, you can upgrade to HBO Max. Well, not really. You can get HBO Max if you have a yearly subscription of DC Universe for four ninety nine instead of the usual fourteen ninety nine. That is a deal. That is a good deal. So, because uh, DC Universe is eight, mm-hmm. so you yeah. add five, so you're two dollars less than you're usually paying for HBO Max, <laughs> and you get yeah. both. All right, I'll allow it. Which okay. is, uh, I, but it, I, however, I if you cancel if you cancel DC Universe. While you have this deal, uh, so prematurely for the year, you'll have to pay the fourteen ninety nine for HBO Max. Here's here's the other thing: um, you can't have the year purchase like I do for DC Universe. Oh, I thought, I thought it was only for the year purchase. No, you gotta do the month to month, or you can buy a year purchase now, I guess. But you sure. can't already be in the middle of a year one, because like for me, the year was like sixty when I bought it, right? Yeah. So I'm. I'd be saving money in a big way if I added HBO Max to it. Mm-hmm. I don't have that. I already have HBO Max, so it doesn't matter. But like, I wouldn't have that option anyway. Right. I looked into it, and I wouldn't. Um, you have to be doing month to month, or you maybe if you get a year right now with DC Universe, then you then you I think get that's that. what it. Is. I think that's what it is. You'll have to buy a year of DC Universe to get this deal for four ninety nine. Yeah. Um, and uh, Peacock, the upcoming NBC Universal uh, streaming service, has made a deal with CBS All Access, Viacom CBS. Um, so NBC Universal and uh, uh, Viacom CBS have come to a deal that it will sh- it, that it, uh, Peacock, HBO Max, Peacock, CBS All Access, what the hell? Um, that Peacock will be able to stream uh, some of Paramount's catalog. Uh, and a non-exclusive right, non-exclusively. So Peacock and CBS All Access and Netflix and whatever, wherever the Paramount movies are, will all be able to be in one place, uh, all, all those places at, the one, at one time. Right. Um, they also reached a deal for TV shows that the TV shows that are exclusive to CBS All Access uh, will be available exclusively on HBO Max, uh, on Peacock, Jesus, uh, at the same time. Right. They're sharing a few of their original series. Right. Yeah. I oh. think I think that there's a wisdom to it of I for for them, I think they know that one of them is gonna go yeah. eventually. <laughs> and so they just wanna try and find where the audience is gonna gravitate more and kill the one that gets less of it. I think this is the same for DC Universe and HBO Max. Oh, we know who's running that. HBO Max, yeah. yeah. Um, I was gonna say DC Universe. Was that do I know something else? Do, do you guys know something I don't? Uh, I, I, I think that they're trying to consolidate what they can out of the audiences because I don't think if I were to hedge my bets, I'd say CBS all access and DC universe are not long for the world. Yeah. Um, so Kirsten better get those Star Trek shows out quick. All seven of them, all eight of them. Well, I think, I think that whatever would be CBS all access original programming will all migrate to Peacock. In the long I term. I agree to my peacock. Um, hey <laughs> They had this to say. <laughs> um, they had this to say. 
the partnership we are announcing today is consistent with our strategy to maximize the value of our content by selectively licensing our library products to third parties while prioritizing franchise IP for our own platform. Ben, what, what, what streaming services do you have? Um, Netflix, Hulu, <clears throat> um, Disney Plus, and I'm splitting Verve with Sparks. Got it. Okay. So I have four. HBO one, of them, um, one of them I'm not paying for. The others I'm paying. Fanny and I are splitting. I'm paying for Hulu mm -hmm. myself. Netflix, my dad's paying for. Mm -hmm. And I'm splitting with uh, Sparks for a verb. Disney Plus. I'm just curious because this is like a lot now. I'm just like, mm. there is. I had CBS All Access, but I canceled that. Mm. I think I got four. A lot of services. Can't wait for more. I don't want Peacock. Don't. I'll get that over my dead body. What's the foundation on again? Apple? Apple. Foundation is Apple. Okay. Wait, is that the one with Alden Eric? No, that's Brave New World. Which okay, is that, that's, that's, Peacock. that's Peacock. She's on Peacock. Yes. Oh, no. Hey, remember when we were young and we had to figure out what show was on what network back in the day? And no, I, I always knew. Was on? TV Guide. Oh, yeah. Remember TV Guide? Remember that beautiful thing you would see at the supermarket when you're checking out at Walmart? 2001. Kind of ugly, Ben. I don't miss the old, the old way of television. Yeah, I like no, it. No. Whatever. No, I, I, I have to admit, I kind of, I really like digging to, to watch a TV show whenever the hell I want, instead of co of constantly waiting until Friday night at six p.m. Be there, be square. Like, like what we're talking about right now with the DC universe and the HBO Max is exactly the problem that I have. Where it's like, all of that should be in in one thing. It shouldn't be two separate things. Like I, I. I just wish that the companies that have control of things would consolidate more. That's mm -hmm. all. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I'll just get into it right now. Well, since we're talking about all these streaming services, the biggest pain in my ass when we were watching the entirety of the DC anime uh, film universe was like, this movie is on Amazon. This movie is on uh, DC Universe. Then this movie is on HBO. And you can't, and you keep, I kept losing track on which was where. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how many times I would boot up HBO Max and be like, okay, wait, where is it? It's not here. Frack is on Amazon. Oh, it's not Sparks on there. My, Sparks Frack, might have a list. We could have given it to you. No, no, you, you guys did. I was just trying to do it off my own memory, but still, it's like, ah, oh, Frack is not I'm there. Saying, it like it is, it's funny when, like, all the Warner Brothers movies you think would be on the Warner Brothers service, but because they're so late to the party, they have certain, they have deals with so many other companies, like Brandon said earlier, like, hey, the stuff you want will eventually be on the service it's supposed to be on, but we goofed early, so you just gotta wait. Yeah. So like no, I don't think anybody can ever win because no. the, the the damage is done from yeah. years yeah. ago. There's there's tons of other sides of what I'm about to say. I am focusing on just one. I am slightly grateful for the 21st Century Fox buyout from Disney for the fact that there is no 21st Century Fox streaming service. Thank <laughs> the Lord. Although it was yeah. funny because they'd be getting in this game too. Although it was awesome because after Fanny and I were done watching Hamilton, we got the pop up came and was like, Why don't you watch the sound of music now? I'm like, No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they also, uh, Disney Plus was going to get the X Men movie soon. That's true. Hell yeah. yeah. At least with Disney Plus, like when Disney Plus first start, first launched, and there's that ad for Last Jedi, they will tell you, it's like, Last Jedi will be here. It's just not here yet. Infinity War just got added. Yeah. And, and more to that, when Disney Plus launched, it had The Mandalorian. Yeah. When yeah, HBO Max launched, it had Love Life? Looney Tunes and Elmo. Cool. I mean, like, HBO Max benefits from having a 
a audience base that was already reasonably strong that automatically moved into it because mm-hmm. whoever had HBO now already automatically became HBO max. Right. They benefited from that and they didn't need to do a lot of work there, but now they need to do a lot of work if they want to get more people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Anyway, are you guys fans of Frosty the Snowman? Um, I guess. In so far as the song is fine and uh, I like those old like the Rudolph and the, the little figure animations. Yes. Yeah. Now think about it. Different. I don't care. Now think about that animation and put Jason Momoa's voice over it because uh, Jason Momoa has been cast as Frosty the Snowman in the CGI live action hybrid of, this, of the same name. Do you guys remember Jack Frost? Yeah, yeah. The old Michael I, Keaton where he sings yeah. Frosty the Snowman with a harmonica and a blues band behind him? Yeah, I remember that. That will not leave my brain. Yeah. Anything can be good. <laughs> I will always remember the scene where him and his son are snowboarding and he gets hit with two snowballs to make it look like he has boobs. Guys, I don't think um, that movie is good anymore. I'm just going to tell you. I didn't, was it ever? Oh, I thought you were saying it wrong. <laughs> no, no. My oh, point was you said anything, anything could be good. No, no. I'm sorry. Good. I meant like this yeah. Jason Momoa thing. Anything can be good. Okay. I was saying that was bad, but anything okay. can be good. You can try again. Yeah. Because it's like, uh, I doubt it's one. Like, it's, it's, live, it's it's animated, right? Not not live action. It's it, he is, he, he is, is an animated, animated character in a live action film. Live action. I don't care anymore. Well, I gotta tell. Hey, honey, guess what? Jason Momoa is gonna be Frosty the Snowman. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. You guys and, heard that, right? So this is written by this oh, is written, honey. Yes. This is written by David Buren uh, Burenbaum, who is the co-writer of Elf with John Favreau. Co-writer of Elf. That's a good one. Just relaying it to Fanny. Oh yeah, because I she loves Jason Momoa. Ben, she tell loves... her to Google it. We're doing a show. Babe, Google it. <laughs> um, this is going to be produced uh, by John Berg, Greg Silverman, and Jeff Johns. Huh? Great. What? Yeah. If I may, me if I may use my one nanny for this, um, nanny. I thought Jeff Johns wasn't being a producer anymore. I anything thought, can be good. Yeah. But probably won't be, but anything can be. What random ass comic book are they digging out of the of the DC archives to adapt this that requires Jeff Can I tell you what I want it to be so bad? I want it to be that Jason Momoa is playing Frosty the Snowman but because the plot because the plot is that Frosty the Snowman wants to save the climate. <laughs> you know what they're probably gonna do that. I really want to make that. it a Lorax the yeah. movie. I I global warming. Listen, if it okay, if it's Jason Momoa fighting global warming in the disguise of Frosty, I'm on board. But I need proof first. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, if that's what it is, yeah. I might be sold. Yeah, I got him. Um, Let's see. All right. Also, if there's no six pack on that snowman, I know Fanny is out. It's true. I was just thinking, so I'm going through Adventure Time. I'm just thinking, whenever Finn is inside Jake as this body armor, and Jake has the buff body, I'm just picturing that, but snow. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. All right. My reindeer. <laughs> uh, Ryan, this one's for you. Uh, the Fallout video game series is being adapted into a TV series at Amazon uh, with Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy uh, as producers. Uh, they are the creators of Westworld. Yes. Um, we recently went through some Westworlds. Um, and having them both be on board... Uh, gives me uh, great, great excitement because they they are a great duo. They work they they work well with each other. Um, yeah, and like they it, Fallout's post apocalyptic, but like it's still nineteen fifties attire, right? That's that's the thing. Um, 
I love I love the Fallout universe and the aesthetic and all the on just how post-apocalyptic and weird it is and how it is still trapped in the fifties aesthetic. So you know you got you got like Minutemen and you got like nineteen fifties robot killers and it's it's so much fun and I'm just wondering what the tone is because Fallout's generally very tongue in cheek, um, where it is everything's bad but like look at this robot uh, uh, making jokes. So like I'm really curious what type of show it's gonna be because they got a very serious group of people to make this yeah. um so i'm very very curious the fact that it, they released a teaser that's just saying it's coming but they released a teaser being like yo it's real this is actually happening yeah um so like do you think uh, yeah. do you think this means westworld's next season is probably its last either it's last or it's just a far away off a long a long hiatus between yeah like two like two years yeah mm-hmm. um which is unfortunate but like i if, if i get a sweet fallout show in between my other sweet apocalypse show cool cool baby hell yeah yeah Therefore, um, and then another video game adaptation is coming in my friend Pedro. I played it. My friend Pedro um, is being done is being written by Derek Kolstad, who wrote the first two John Wick films and was the co-writer of the third one. Um, uh, David Leach will also produce it, the the co-director of the first film. Um, uh, Derek Kolstad is going to write the series as well as executive produce. Um, so Ryan, you played it. Do you yep. either? Do you guys know what it's about? Uh, yeah, I know it's about. Sparks are bad. About? No, I'm not familiar. So my friend Pedro I've, is a side-scrolling shoot. Ben, I've, have you played it? I just know I have all the murderous banana. Yes. So yes. it's a side-scrolling twin-stick shooter where you're a dude who, like, you know when you use the twin sticks in your gun, your arms move like this. It's a side-scroller like that, but also you have a talking banana because you're a homicidal maniac. So mm-hmm. it's, um, think of, like, Happy, like the, the comic or TV show Happy, where you have, like, a, a talking uh, imaginary friend, but it's a banana. Um, yeah, this totally makes sense. Like, it, it has John Wick style action. You're going in slow mo and like doing gun shit. So, like, so Derek uh, Holstead, Derek Holt said this is a dream come true because he based uh, my, my friend Pedro uh, off of the action of the John Wick films. 100% makes sense. Um, that game's super fun and like really cool. Like, it's a type of thing where like you, you'll throw a, a pan, like a, a cooking pan across the room, shoot it, and it'll ricochet and kill a guy across the side of the room. Like, it's that kind of like uh, puzzle shooter. Um, mm-hmm. Ben, you would actually really like it. It's your. I think it's part of your exact type of game. Um, All right. Yeah, it's it's like it's tough. It's tough too. Um. Yeah, I never. This is a really small indie game. So like the fact that it's getting this big big upgrade, it's like wow. Like it's cool that it's getting attention because it, yeah. it's one of those games that deserves it. That's good. Um, yeah. Were either of us? I've never seen it. But have you guys seen Clone High, the uh, Lord Miller TV series? I know. I never watched it, but I know what it is. Yeah. I've never um, watched. So Clone High is the is uh, I guess one of their very first things. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a thirteen episode animated series, uh, but MTV Studios is reviving the series from Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Um, it, so, but it, they're calling it like a reimagining, so it might not be a sequel. It might not be like a second season. It might be just a completely new concept. Yeah. Um, Lord and Miller is going to write the series with the showrunner Erica Rivonia. Uh, they're going to write the first episode with her. Erica was a staff writer on the first iteration of Clone High. Oh, cool! And then she's getting she's getting to take over for the new one. That's dope. Yeah, uh, and Phil Lord and Chris Miller will obviously be producers. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, Clone High guys. Um, just look up, just type in Clone High and look up a screenshot. It's a bunch of famous. It's famous people uh, who are all clones. Like Abraham Lincoln's a teenager there. Like like Einstein. Like it's 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 a bunch of famous people and like historical people as teenagers living together in a high school. That's for clones. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I watched it, but if you guys know, it's um it's always sunny. Um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. It's that type of comedy. Yeah. I know enough about it to know like it's 
these guys are coming back and they're if you follow them on twitter they're very excited because this was their one thing that got them into hollywood you know like yeah. their first big break right. so um it's cool it's weird that it's mtv but they seem to have faith in it so yeah. i'll have faith in it mtv yeah, really, like hits it hits a show out of the park every once in a while and does things like that they like did they scream did the... and teen wolf right yes that's so it's it's so weird. Yeah. Didn't he also have a Spider-Man show at one point in time? Yeah, in the early 2000s. Yeah, Neil Patrick right. Harris. Was them, right? Sorry, Neil Patrick Harris, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Unlimited, I, remember... Unlimited, I think? No. No, no, no. no. Just Spider-Man? Yeah, the Unlimited series was when was he was in the, the Batman Beyond series, when it was on Counter-Earth. Was oh, yeah, yeah. He had, like, that weird spider cape. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. What did nice. you say, Sparks? I said it was banking off of the movie stuff hard. Yeah. Um, wasn't that Spectacular Spider-Man also? What? The banking off the movie stuff? No, no. Spectacular Spider-Man's very much oh, steeped man. in Ultimate Spider-Man inspiration. Oh, that's the right. best part of that show. Hands down. Yeah, I really like that show. Um, okay, so trailers. Uh, next week we're going to talk, be talking about it, but The Old Guard had another had another trailer a week before release on Netflix. I thought this trailer looked awesome. It yeah, I almost didn't want to watch it because it's coming out next week. But uh, it it's it's cements so like yeah, um, this looks like a good one. I yes. hope this is good. Uh, Net- <clears throat> it's kind of smart that Netflix drops a trailer the week of to remind and then, people, and yeah. then has the movie out. But I almost wish that this had been the the one trailer, the the because it's three minutes out. long. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a yeah. full yeah. trailer. You get everything yeah. you need to know. Um, looking think- forward to watching that. I think this explained it better for like people like my dad will watch this trailer and now know what it's about. Yeah. I don't think he would have watched the first trailer and gotten it. based off the Greg Ruck comic. Mm-hmm. Talk about next week. Um, speaking of Netflix, Cursed had a proper trailer. Last time was a teaser. This is a trailer. Proper, proper trailer. Um, we get a bit more about what the series is about, and do we see Arthur and Merlin? I think. Uh, two what do we think Westworld, this one? two Westworld actors in this one. That makes me yeah. excited. Yeah. 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 yeah this is co co co-written by Frank Miller. Was the comic? Uh he drew the comic. He did not he drew write the comic. Yeah, um, I think he's a producer on the series. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this looks pretty good. I definitely want to check it out. I guess it doesn't really explain it very well in the movie in the trailer, but it's Nimue, the Lady of the Lake, is with us has a caliber and she's trying to save the world or yeah. something. Um, I thought that like visually there's some cool stuff happening, but nothing narratively has grabbed me to make me want to watch the show. Right. Other than like a familiarity with the King Arthur stuff, like there's nothing that makes me go, ooh, I gotta jump on that. Not like other shows where I'm like, man, I gotta I gotta it's, watch that. I will say after watching The Witcher and seeing like Netflix's like what they can do with fantasy, <clears throat> this gave me more of like an ABC, NBC quality vibes than yeah. than premiere tele not the Netflix premiere, but you know what I mean. Like higher yeah. quality HBO shit. Um Prestige. Uh, Prestige, yeah, like, uh, like I, I like King Arthur shit, like, like, and I, I'm a big fan of swords and sandals and dragons and all that magic, but like, it didn't grab me the way I wanted it to. I'll mm-hmm. say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, I, I, I mean, it ticked all my boxes. It's got swords, magic, uh, per, people trying to persecute for using magic. I'm like, all right, cool, this looks fun, but at the same time, it's like, it's, it's like, I, I might give this a watch. I, I, I'll probably watch this when I, when I have time. But it's not like The Witcher, where it's like, oh my god, I have to watch The Witcher. Now it's like I'll probably give this a watch if I got nothing else better to do and I want to try something new. I really like The Witcher. I love The Witcher. Um, toss a coin to your Witcher. Oh, Valley of Okay. Plenty. Sparks, how did you get very far in The Witcher? Did you even start it? I've started it. Okay. Did you I, get um... to toss a coin to your Witcher? Nope. Okay. 
He's not as Sorry. enthused as we are about The Witcher. That's no. not it. I was, <laughs> I've been watching it with Megan, and so she hasn't always wanted to watch it. Um, I feel you. All right. Happy Halloween, Scooby-Doo. The, I guess, first ever Scooby-Doo you movie? buried the lead on this one for me, Brandon, because you watched Scooby-Doo Return to Zombie Island and did not tell me that Elvira was in that one, too. Oh, yeah. She was very brief. Very brief. Yeah, I, I'm aware. I'm aware. But I found that out, and I'm like, oh, wild. Um I'm I'm kind of excited. This is uh, Scooby Doo. Uh, the original cast, well, the current cast, coming back to do another one. Uh, they meet up with Elvira, Bill Nye, the Scarecrow. Yes, Batman's the Scarecrow, um, and that's it, right? Oh, yes. That we know. That we know. Is uh, it true what they say in the trailer? Oh, Sparks. Is it true what they say in the trailer? This is the first Scooby Doo movie that actually takes place during Halloween. No, it's the first like Halloween movie, Halloween Scooby Doo movie. The first one that's like about Halloween. Um, I had the same thought, Ben, because I was like, "This show's been on forever, and they all they do is do spooky stuff." If I recall correctly, Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost takes place around All Hallows Eve. Yes, it does. But it, but it's not a Halloween. Okay. They're like dressing up and doing them dressing up, them doing all the Halloween kind of shit. Yes, this is the first Scooby Doo movie to do that. Because uh, I feel like that should have been done like ages ago. Yeah. Uh, and, I really oh, want to be clear. I and really the, want to be clear. And the Goblin King. Mag says, and the Goblin King. I, I really want to be clear. First movie, not show. Right. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Show stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this looks all right. Uh, hopefully it's better than Return to Zombie Island because I was not not impressed with that one. Um, yeah, um, the thing is that like with these, they can be hit or miss. Usually the trailers aren't very indicative of ha- of what is best in the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is a very good trailer. I'll be honest. Like I don't a lot of the humor for it doesn't land for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, I felt the same way about other recent Scooby Doo DVD releases, uh, where I felt that way, and then I ended up watching it and I liked it. So yeah. Um, okay. Uh, let's go to the tax collector next. This is, uh, Ryan, you brought this to our attention. This is the new Shia LaBeouf, um, George Lopez joint. <laughs> I don't, I don't think George Lopez has second credit in that movie, but he is in the movie. Yes. Um, uh, he's first credited in the trailer. That's awful. That's so <laughs> weird. It's just, I don't ever want to be like, yo, you know the no George Lopez movie? Like, that's not why I'm here for that. Um, this is the new David Ayer joint, director of Suicide Squad and, mm-hmm. and uh, Bright. But spoiler alert, uh, every other movie he's made besides that is fantastic. So, like, I'm giving him a pass because he's going back to his roots. Going back to his roots of Cat's Not There is apparently a fantastic version of Suicide Squad out there. Yeah, whatever you say, David. Um, but like, he's made a lot of really, like, truly excellent crime movies, and it looks like he's just going back to make one of those. And uh, it's about the tax collector Shia LaBeouf. He's the dude who goes to all the criminal organizations that does their taxes, and that's such a dope idea. And he seems truly like in it, like truly like he's in this role. And like, he actually got a chest tattoo for this role because Shia's a, a crazy method actor. Don't do that, Shia. <laughs> uh, to me, I was saying to Ryan, I'm like, oh, it shades the movie from Luke Cage. From yeah. Luke Cage. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually think it looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love Shia LaBeouf. Like that dude, that dude gives 110% every role. And uh, I think he just gets better and better as an actor. What is it? Honey Boy that we watched? Uh, yeah. Honey, Honey Boy. Boy. Like th- that dude is is so talented. And like, I want to support him uh, because like, I understand like everyone has their bad phases and like he went through a rough phase and now he's back also, trying to be a good actor. Also in a different way. And certainly not to the same degree. Hollywood messed with him too. Yes, like it did Megan Fox that yeah. we recently talked yeah. about. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, um, I'm glad that it's still getting getting roles. Like this looks this mm -hmm. looks good. I like it. Yeah. And then finally, the American Pickle. Sorry, an American Pickle. The new Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen joint. I really want to see this one. Actually, I thought this looked really sincere and interesting. It yeah. Does. I mean, normally when you see Seth Rogen and there's like a crazy concept of uh, the pickle brine preserved your great great grandfather for a hundred years. And he's years. playing both roles. And he's I playing both roles. Normally you're like, oh wow, this is gonna just sound stupid. But the fact that, like the scene where he's talking is like, oh my family's gone. You're the only one I have left. Let's do something. Let's make a pickle company. Let's kick ass. It's like, that's that's actually really no. It, and it honestly looks like a sincere movie. Obviously, it's gonna be funny. It's gonna be funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to an extent, but it looks like as sincere as at least fifty fifty. Yeah. And he even says in the trailer from the makers of Fifty Fifty. Yeah, Fifty Fifty. I was like, I'm, su I was surprised because I'm thinking like, okay, Pickles, uh, Seth Rogen's playing two characters. It's comedy. It's gotta be. But no, I thought this looked really interesting. Yeah, I love how, one of my favorite parts is when he's when um like the grandpa when the grandfather is in the room. He's like, "Is this your father?" And he's like, "No, that that's David Bowie." Is this your mother? No, that's that's David Bowie. It's it's all David the Bowie. The whole poster. The whole poster is David Bowie. Uh, and he doesn't know who David. Bowie. He's like, "What is this person called, David Bowie?" I'm very impressed with the filmmaking of it. Like, there's a lot of shots where they're side by side, and I'm like, "That looks really, really good." Yeah, man. Yeah. We, uh, we got technology now. We do have technology. There's one shot that really impressed me because I'm like, just the just the semantics of making it uh, where they're both like shoving a tree branch. Yeah. And you can clearly see both of them. And I'm like, that's really hard to get right. Mm -hmm. That's impressive. Mag, have a family in what movie? Tax Collector or Amer an American Pickle? I think he's talking about American Pickle. Maybe as like a family member who's like in the movie? Interesting. You got an extra... Yeah, I, I I think that looks really good. I'm I'm stuck for it. Yeah, um, Seth Rogen, like his career, like post just being the <laughs> guy, is is super interesting because yeah. like he's so deeply invested in all of these great comic book properties that he's writing and directing and producing. Um, but he still like he still makes his silly comedies. He does his romantic comedies like Long Long Shot. He gets to make his really personal uh, Jewish stories like An American Pickle. Like that dude's uh, he's so fascinating to me. Oh, I have a oh right. very cool, cool dude. Um, uh, I've only grown to be a big fan of Seth Rogen. Yeah, I still think that I think he should be our next Ben Grimm. Hell yeah, dude! There wasn't a whole lot in the in the news about it, so I didn't put it in. But he is doing the next Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah, he he and Evan Goldberg, who they're they're the duo who they produce yeah. everything together, an animated movie, um, which is a great great step. Um, yeah. That makes me super excited. Did anyone watch the last animated movie? Did TMNT. We, yeah, in two thousand seven. No, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I, I did. I did as well. That's one of the only ones that has some. Awesome, I really, really, really like. awesome action in it. One of the big things of Wink is on my copy of um of Console War, my the novel about the war between Nintendo and Sega is that there's a uh, a foreword by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg talking about their relationship between like when they were growing up as kids and says like, hey, they're gonna make a documentary and a movie about this. So I'm still waiting for that. I'm waiting for my Console War movie, dude. Yeah, that's been in development for so long. It's probably not going to happen, but I mean, you don't say you guys, it. Just, you, it just takes time. Documentaries right. take a long time to make. You guys know me. That's why my that's my favorite era in all of video gaming. So to give me more stuff about that. You yeah. are nostalgia's bitch. Yes, you are nostalgia's bitch. <sighs> you're not wrong. You're you're bastard, okay. but you're not wrong. Okay, we've made it, guys. Sorry, I'm doing the Captain Janeway hands. I've been watching a lot of Star Trek Voyager, so I've been doing I've been doing uh, Captain Janeway hands. Um, so. Uh, Michael, that was for you. Um, we have finally made it. We have finally made it to the end 
of our journey, the DCAMU, the the Detective Comics animated movie universe. Dakamu? The Dakamu. So, um, before we get into the three, Brandon and I both watched Constantine City of Demons. We did the extra credit. Yes. Uh, go ahead. I, I, You know what? I, I did it because I was interested. I knew the universe was coming to an end, so I was like, I want to... I'm going to miss it. I want to watch more in it. I'm, I'm not quite ready for it to end, so I watched it. Um, Matt Ryan's just great as Constantine. So good. He was so much better in it than he was in Justice League Dark because he clearly like figured out how to do the voice acting much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really engaging, fun story. I did too. I think it does fit in this universe personally. Just you slide it before Justice League Dark. It is a story that takes place before that. It's it fully functions as a good Constantine story. It does feel of a of a tone with the rest of the films we've watched. Yeah. Uh, it, it, Just a it, bit darker. I, I thought the I thought the plot was really good. Uh, I thought the character realizations was really good. I fully enjoyed watching it. I thought the action, also some of the magic uh, yeah. effects, were really good. To be honest, there were moments where I think that had better animation than any of these movies. There, there's sometimes where I was like, "This was cheaper than the other." Why? It felt like they were throwing more creative animation into it than, than yeah. any of these to be honest uh, and i was surprised um the realization of a lot of the foes he comes up against is really cool Taz, um, yes Taz is great uh, uh it's it's 100 worth the watch um yeah, I and I, I won't i won't go into it too far uh for anyone who does want to watch it but like the the uh collective conscious uh yes. you know what i'm talking about that was yes. a really cool addition to the story as well yes. Uh, I thought that involvement like really threw a whole nice little loophole into it. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. And the, so, and, the, and the ending was super emotional. Super yeah. emotional. I was very yeah. impressed. I was very, I was, I was very surprised at how emotional the ending of that, of that movie got. Um, Me too. I didn't it's just so, it it's so pure Constantine of just that, you know, you know, you know, that kind of like, he can't get everything. He Dude. just can't, he can't win. Two steps forward, one step back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Constance City of Demons. Uh, I agree with Sparks. It does fit in this universe. If you want to add it and make it a 16-film universe instead of a 15-film universe. No. Um, we have finally made it to the last three movies of Man. the Detective Comics animated movie universe. We did um, it. Batman Hush, Wonder Woman Bloodlines, and Justice League Dark, Apocalypse War. When was the first movie released? Like 2011? 2013? I don't remember anymore. 2012, I so think. Say seven to nine years. Uh, they put out 15 movies. <clears throat> that's, that's, that's like that's two a year? Yeah, okay. More, um, yeah, two a year. More than that if you count the uh, spinoff films that they would normally do, the one-offs. Yeah. Um, okay, so we are going to start with Batman Hush, the final Batman movie in this franchise. Uh, let's go around the horn. Ben, what did you think? I liked it. I, I enjoyed it. One I was, my favorite part about it was Batman Selena because it's taking a bunch of the stuff from uh, the Tom King run, or I got Tom King vibes like with their relationship in it. Taking it from Hush, my man. Yeah, it's it's I, definitely just taking. It's it from just Hush. Hush. Bat, he, Tom King is taking from Hush, is what he's okay. doing. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's it's just one hundred percent Hush. Yeah, I understand what you're saying because of the the Bruce and Selena thing, but that is one hundred percent from Hush. Okay, it's been a while since I read Hush. I should probably should have read it before I watched that's fair, it. That's right, man. I'm, I've never read it. Everything I know about Hush is from uh, Grant Morrison's run. Oh, I gotcha. I, we'll get into it, but all in all, I liked it. I thought it was fine. 
I actually, I think this is my so, favorite Batman one, to be honest. What'd, what'd you say, Sparks? It was so good, the book. It's uh, so yeah. good. I, it's it's on my list. It's on my I list. I now don't want to say things. No, no, things. Hey, that's through osmosis of working in a comic book store. I'm sorry I know how the entire book goes. All right. All right. Um, this is the this is the first appearance of Catwoman in this franchise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sparks, what 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 would you think of it? Uh, coming from the book, uh, I found it middling. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm trying to remove the book from it and just think of it as a film. I found it all right, not the best in this universe. Um, for me, a lot of it is that the villain doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um, I think that they butchered what was a good story in the book yeah. in order to do this different version. And the different version just, I didn't like it, um, ultimately. I, I like the and it core, doesn't compare. I like the core idea of it, but like once it's revealed, it, it's it's utterly meaningless to me. Uh, I I, um, I know the sort of behind-the-scenes stuff. Like the reason why Hush was Tommy Elliott in the, uh, in the book is because they figured out it was supposed to be Jason Todd and they changed it to be Thomas Elliott. Um, and then, so it's interesting to me that we had that change of what the Hush story was supposed to be to make it to Thomas Elliott. And now we've had it like changed again to make it the Riddler in this movie. Spoilers. Yeah, I, I, got, I got to tell you, like the books, the way the book meanders you around about who Hush is, is really well done. Really well done. And the film's version is not interesting. Not at all, considering the whole reason people know Hush is because of Thomas Elliott. And they just throw him away. Oh like, yeah, I was pissed. And I'm just like, what was even the point of of? I, well, of course, of all the the, the Superman poison and all this stuff, but like the, the, the hush. It's been a while since I read it, but Thomas Elliot is such an important part of that book. He is hush. When you take away that part of the book, it feels like it's taking away part of the heart of the entire story. So when you just make it Riddler, it's just like, wow, this beefed up Riddler is now the bad guy. Like this is not. I've lost interest. In like I do I remember, it, I thought it was. I think everything besides the villain rocks. I love the Catwoman stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everything between them is exactly what I want from that comic and and just in Batman and Catwoman. But everything with the villain, I was pretty much disappointed with. Right. Like uh, Sparks, you've read it recently, right? Yeah, I read it this week. And Brandon, you don't care if I spoil this part to you for you, right? No, I'm sure I know All right. it. All right. One of the parts that really screwed me up when I read the book, and I'm pretty sure this is is it's revealed that Tommy is the reason why his parents died. That happened in the comic book, right? Tommy killed his own parents so he could be just like Bruce Wayne. No, you're thinking about you're thinking about Court of Owls. Wait, wait, Court of Owls. Oh, hold on, hold on. Tommy wanted his parents to die. He set them up to be in a car accident. Uh Bruce's father saved his mother, and he hated that. That's what. Okay, that's what I'm remembering. That's what I'm remembering. Yeah. Yeah, but going back to what I was talking about, the fact that when we finally see Tommy Elliot, I'm like, oh, there he is. There's Hush. This we're gonna get some like great psychological warfare between uh, Tommy and Bruce, and with the big reveals, gonna be great. And then once like I'm, it's the Riddler. It's like, what? Yeah. What? Honestly, honestly, in a different story, the Riddler thing could have worked for me, but trying to wrap it in a better story pissed me off. You know what it reminds me of. Uh, not to this, not, I don't think it's as, as bad, but the Arkham Knight situation where it's an originally a whole character and then it's just Jason Todd. I'm like, okay, so that's not interesting at all. You know what? This is, this is, this is exactly the example of when we talk about why the Marvel cinematic films shouldn't name themselves after comic books because people go expecting that comic book story. Oh, yeah, like then we discussed yeah. this. If this had not been called Batman Hush and just took a few cues, 
but didn't try to say I'm Batman hush, yeah. I wouldn't hold it so strongly against it. But because it's saying I'm that story, I'm like, no, you're a much worse watered down version of that story. I mean, here here's a good further one that you they could adapt from. Yeah. yeah. I mean like because because again, like had they done something original. Like when they did Justice League versus Teen Titans, that's one of my favorites in this whole thing. That that's not based off anything in particular. That takes cues, but it's just very good. If this had been that case and had the Riddler be this thing where he did the Lazarus Pit and all that, I could have gotten behind it. But the way that it is, uh, the villain really takes a lot of the wind out of it for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, real quickly, I I found out this week that uh, a character, an actor named Bruce Thomas, plays Commissioner Gordon. Uh, I like it's Bruce Wayne, Thomas Wayne, Bruce Thomas. Yeah. Uh, Gordon was one of was weird in this movie for me. I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't crazy about that voice acting. Yeah, yeah. That was just. He's whatever. Yeah, he's yeah, fine. he's fine. Yeah. Um. So there's a so there's a moment in this movie when I realized that uh, where is Batwoman and Batwing, and why is Batgirl in it but doesn't need to be? Because she's fulfilling the Huntress role. That's uh-huh. what. I mean. They, yeah, they, but we, they, we we saw bat we saw Batgirl in the last Batman movie. She flies off the thing with them, and now we'd find out that she's been working with them for years, and she knows Alfred and and Bruce. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then she just like see a movie. Yeah, that that was her. Yeah, post- she just. Her yeah, both her Batwing and Batwoman. They had, well, at least Batwing and Batwoman uh, specifically. They had their one film, and they just pieced out. We never see them again. If well, I no, have... that's not true. We see oh, them yeah. again. Yeah. Okay, it, they don't have a major presence than they did in the first one. Yes. Uh, if I had a slight against the whole universe, it's there how cavalier they are about bringing in side characters and discarding them very quickly. Uh, it's it's very it's very like you know don't don't even have them I guess you know mm-hmm. uh, unless you're planning to actually tell a story with them and I and I can kind of agree with the Batgirl one where um, but the thing is I, I bet that they just didn't know how to get around the fall without having someone come to his aid. Because in the comic, uh, Barbara's Oracle Oracle at the time, and right. she sent Huntress to get right. Bruce. Um, but like I, at the same time, I'm like, it could have just been Dick, like, or yeah, just yeah. say Damien's around, even though he's with the Titans. I don't give a shit. Yeah, use what you already have established. But they did a post credits tease for Barbara, so I think they felt obligated <laughs> to include her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, going back to, um, I, I still really like the dynamic between between Catwoman and Batman. It's, 100%. It's, it's that, like, he, he wants to save her, but she doesn't want to be saved, but she really likes him, and she's like, oh, I'm just playing hard to get, but I really do like you. And, like, that whole thing has always been fun between them because, like, she's she's ostensibly a criminal, and he is against criminals, but he is so into her. So, like, what yeah. do you do? And, like, her trying to become a better person, and it falters, and her going back, and, like, all that stuff, I think, works super well. I think that's, I think that's, I don't know if it's exactly the same in the book, but I think it translates very well to this movie. Yeah. Um and that's 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 the stuff that I got out of it. Is, is I actually true. I actually really like Superman's little bit in the in the movie. Yep. I think I think his inclusion is really well done. I know it's in the book. Um, I think it's adapted pretty pretty well. I also really like the moment when Bruce Wayne realizes that he couldn't that uh, he's not going to go out and save Lois uh, when he's mind controlled, and he's just like look like Clark save Lois. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that the whole Superman poison Ivy stuff is almost one for one yeah, from the yeah, book. Yeah. And it's frankly the best part of the movie, in my opinion, um, outside of the Batman I, and Catwoman. I, I love poison Ivy in this. Yeah. 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 She's, um, she's, she's good. <clears throat> they made a, they made a really interesting choice to swap out killer croc for Bane 
in the opening. Oh yeah. But yeah. you know, that's fine. Action, opening action scene. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but Poison but, uh, Ivy almost drops a few F bombs. Yeah, she does. There's a couple oh. times where it's like, mother. Yeah, I think I think everything about um everything about the Superman Poison Ivy stuff is is pretty much my top favorite yeah. part. I, I agree with that one. I yeah. I, I want to I want to mention that this is a problem with the entire universe as a whole, especially now that towards towards the end of this, I started kind of feeling this way more and more. Um, I have a note that when Lex Luthor shows up in this in the sequence uh, in this movie, um, he mentions that he's part of the Justice League, and I'm like, well, shit, we're never going to get a Justice League movie where Lex Luthor is part of it. Like, I I think that I think I would like they're not gonna. But it would be really great if there was a there was a sense that we see Lex Luthor working with the Justice League. Like we get a little hint of what that would be like. Isn't that what happens in the last movie? I mean, I guess. But no, in the post credits, he's like, "Hi, I'm part of the no, Justice League." Yeah, but, but like, if yeah. we but we can't go off any of these post credits because half of them don't mean shit. No, yeah. but in this movie, he says, "I'm a I'm a member of the Justice yeah. League." I get I get what I you're get saying. you, but also it's Batman Hush. Like he's he's in the Justice League movie. He's in the movie you want him to be in. He's there. No, I'm yeah. talking about a dedicated movie. A no, Justice, another Justice League movie. I know what you're saying. No, I know. We're talking about movies that, that this universe has been dead before we even started it. Like I know. I'm just I think it is about I think it is a valid criticism for me to say something that I wish this movie, this franchise would do if we were addressing it as a franchise. Right. Not not this movie, but this franchise, yes. Sure. Uh yeah. I, I mean I agree with you that like there are beats in between where like, I, I think uh, the most criminal thing, and I'll say this about uh, Superman and Wonder Woman's relationship. I'll say this about Lex Luthor being in the Justice League. I'll say this about Damien and Raven, uh, even though Justice League Dark Apocalypse War tries to fix some of it. I'll say this about Constantine and Zatanna. It introduces interesting concepts that are not explored much in the comics and then decides to drop them the next time they're, they're shown. Yes. And that is probably the most damning thing against this universe is that it is creating things I am genuinely interested to see because I can't see them anywhere else and then decides not to explore them. Yeah, yes. and exactly. That, exactly my problem. And that is the worst part about this franchise is that they're, they just didn't have the balls, especially now that we know how it all ends. And yes. it, that they didn't have the balls to just say, what if it's just this? Yes. What if we just explore this? I will say, and, uh, and this is not be ganging up on you, Brandon, the Lex Luthor thing being in the Justice League, you have an entire years of Justice League that that does happen. So like, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's there. Uh, Oh, you mean like in the comics? In the comics, yeah. Oh, for sure. So like your argument saying things that you don't see in the comics. For sure. Lex being a Justice League member has been the last five years of the Justice but League. It, but the Lex being a Justice League member is just one in the many in many examples. Yeah. And and I'll t I'll talk about the, the, the Damian Raven, Raven thing later on because it's in a, in Apocalypse War. Um, but you're absolutely right. It does introduce concepts that just drops between movies. Yeah, yeah that's that's true, yeah. Um, um, I mean, like we could go through a long. Ha but list I'll tell you of, what, like, half things. of them don't bother me. Sure, because mm -hmm. I, I, I read comics. I know how things are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but the ones, but the ones that do, like, really, like we we talked about it when they decide to throw Superman and Diana out. You and I were both like, well, "Why? Why can't this just be the one universe where they are together and we just be done?" Like they, they're doing whatever. Their dad Superman. She's yeah, yeah, exactly, them. exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's like you didn't, but you didn't have to. You could have. You could have just been creative. Yeah. You could have just. Did Which it. is what that last movie is, I'd argue. <laughs> they yes, do it I, at the very end. I'd agree. I'd oh, agree. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, so talking about the Luther thing, uh, I can tell where that's them trying to work around luther's involvement which isn't a lot in the book because he actually has Talia working for him because he's president. 
and <clears throat> Bruce goes and talks to Talia, who's dead in these movies, so that's impossible, which is why Lady Shiva shows up. Um, it's because, <laughs> just like AT&T phone calls, it just drops. Hello, <laughs> Wookiee. Um, you got it. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, I, I think that's just them trying to work around that single moment. Um, but it, you know... Uh, I'm trying to find a note I actually want to talk about. Um, I feel like you're doing the same. So right off the bat, I really didn't like Hush even before I knew the Riddler stuff because Hush had such a more direct presence with boring villain dialogue mm -hmm. rather than the book where he's like teased cryptically over the shoulder or just a glimpse or and he's quoting things. He's very, you can't get a read on him, but you get a read on Hush very quickly right out of the gate the first time you see him in this movie it's like right. you're blah blah bad guy um so i have a, I have a, I have a note that says batgirl mm -hmm. and poison ivy are both played by two different actresses named peyton list well that's weird huh um uh, the one who's playing poison ivy actually played poison ivy and gordon and gotham mm -hmm. gordon yeah oh okay gotcha that's yeah cool. yeah so uh two different actors named peyton list both play batgirl and poison ivy huh so, <laughs> I think this is funny. I took a note where I said, wow, they're really laying it on thick with Elliot, which is a part where he leaves Bruce and he's like smiling e evilly yes. and everything. And then I'm like, wait, no, they're not. That doesn't even make sense now. <laughs> um, that fake out, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, there's a couple of moments. There's just a couple of moments I really like. I like the montage that shows Batgirl and uh, Batgirl, Jesus, Catwoman and Batman fighting together. Yeah. A little dance together. I like Batman's new suit, by the way. So yeah. um I also like Nightwing's Nightwing's in the Blue. That was nice. Yeah, that's, that's rebirth. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. Keep Nightwing in the Blue. Keep on the and, Blue. Uh, and there's a moment when when it's revealed that Clayface is in Arkham. Uh, Joker is heckling Gordon, and I really like that. I thought that was some good yeah. fun dialogue. Yeah. Um, that's all I got though. It's a fine movie. Yeah, it's fine. I like the nod to Bruce owning the Daily Planet because he did in the yeah. book. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah it's again just like i don't i think the catwoman and ivy fight is really good for the yeah. moment oh yeah happens. all of poison ivy's fights are super super dope like very yeah. swamping as we're using the roots and the vines and like yeah. it's very cool these movies these movies always look great they keep looking they oh, keep looking better i really like damien's cameo oh which is, is just him calling in the car and he's like i mean thief's a thief father you just need to wear protection it was almost like a nicer a slightly nicer version of because I just watched it the Spider-Man moment with Willem Dafoe where he says, "Do what you need to with her and broom her fast." Oh my <laughs> god! Yeah, the nicer son to dad version of that. Um, Finish it. It's my favorite line, Spider-Man. Even though I don't <laughs> like seeing Hush like this, I did like Harley Quinn getting recruited. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, even though I don't like seeing that much of Hush, um, I just—it's so weird to me that they. The, they go the Riddler route because like, I don't, I don't find that super interesting when like, if you just did hush, that book is dope. Thomas Elliott's cool. I don't, I understand did why they, they, did they, but they did a worse version. Did they, did, did uh, Riddler ask for the question mark scar? Probably did. That's a, again, that's a comic thing, but they're just like doing it just to do it. it like, why would, why would Thomas Elliott make a question mark? <laughs> yeah, it's, Weird choices. All, yeah. all of these movies, good or bad, just weird choices. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I was I, I was taking notes throughout, assuming that Thomas El- Thomas Elliot was still hush. Yeah. So I have notes like Elliot without the flashbacks means very little. Yep. Like the the whole thing is meaningless. Um, and then I, I have a note and like, oh dang, they even included the Riddler. Ah, believing Hush put Riddler up to it is a change. Oh wait. Oh. Uh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, because I like so much better in the book that it's the Riddler who figures out Bruce's identity and he aids Hush and kind of has manipulated it behind the scenes, but let Thomas Elliot just do his thing. And then Batman confronts him at the end of the book, and he's like, I know your secret, haha. And he's and he's like, yeah, but that doesn't mean anything yeah. if you tell everyone. And he's like, ah, damn it. <laughs> um, so losing all of that kind of for this sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really like Bruce's reveal to Selina. Uh, I think that's super dope. In yeah. the book, it's paralleled really well with the not-in-this-movie Harvey Dent reveal to the Joker. Um, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. No, does Harvey is in that book a lot or no? Yeah. Yeah. He's really important. Yeah. Harvey Dent's really important because he's also another thing throwing you off because you start to think, oh, it's not Thomas Elliot. It's, it's him. It's, it's Harvey Dent. Yeah. Oh, wait, it's not Harvey Dent. It's so it's Jason Todd. And this is when Oh wait, it's actually This is when Harvey Thomas has his Elliot. face fixed, right? Yes, his yeah. face is fixed. So he's just he's, he looks he's like Lex one, one face. Yeah, I really yeah. need to read that book again. One face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh they do a sexy time montage uh for Bruce and and Selena, which I thought was fun. Yeah, I had yeah. no no qualms with it. Um they had a take on Mr. Freeze and it pissed me off cuz I'm like if you're going to have such a radically different design for a villain, do something with him. Don't just a give him like, like no picture. It's like, yeah. like Mark one Iron Man. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that's wild. We'll never see it again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I really liked how, how stable Bruce and Selena felt. I like that. Again, it made me, so this is a problem. This would be a problem with adapting it from the book. This is a problem with uh, this movie itself. I don't understand why Hush is just allowing them all that time. Yeah. At a certain point, I don't like Hush's plan in the movie as the Riddler doesn't make sense with Hush's plan that they're trying to adapt from the book. It's no longer just like throwing Bruce off. Yeah. Uh, and again, also the whole fall is meaningless again, because the fall was set up to put Thomas Elliot in Bruce's life. That's again, the whole thing. It's so personal for Thomas. When you make it the Riddler, it, it loses so much of what makes that book like cool. Exactly. Like, uh, it's just like, again, why did you do, why did you do that? That's the thing is like when Bruce, when Thomas Elliot does die, they still do the funeral scene with Bruce. And I'm like, why does this matter? I don't believe you're friends with him. What's what's this, how many scenes do you guys have one together? Right. Um, like he, blows him, like, like he blows him off at the bar like Bruce blows uh, Thomas Elliot off at the bar to go with Selena to be Batman and then he get, he falls and he tells Thomas oh I want to be a better friend and then like the next scene he dies like the next time we see Thomas Elliot out of the hospital he dies he right. dies in the house it's yeah. like wow there is where was that the development of him proving that he wants to be a better friend oh I'm just going to tell, tell it to you I'll go to the opera with you and your girlfriend and then he dies so Thomas Elliot in the book runs to where the Joker is because it's part of a setup and it's Clayface. But in... Oh, bye, Brandon. Oh, bye, Brandon. Um, but That's in delicious. the movie... Dang, he's just gone. Uh, oh, in the, I was going to say that in the movie, uh, it's it, like... There he is. There he is. 
Uh, sorry, Brandon. Uh, we got thrown off for a second there. No, it's fine. What happened? I don't know. You were just gone. I internet cut out again. Um, so I was gonna say that. Uh, sorry, Ben. What was I saying? Live streams. <laughs> oh God, what were you saying? Thomas Elliot. Thank you. <laughs> Thomas Elliot is running to where the Joker is because he's Clayface and he knows it. But in the movie, he just conveniently happens to run into the alley where they placed the Joker. Like it's a, the plan is so poorly conceived. Anyway, scarecrows, <laughs> scarecrows kick ass. I like scarecrow. Uh, they had nice creepy Catwoman imagery when oh. he's having the nightmare. Uh, Dick yeah. is. Um, I don't know why they open Elliot's grave. None of that shit matters. Um, <laughs> oh, I really like. I I I I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I really like Sean Mayer as uh, Nightwing. Yeah, I I've always liked him in these movies. I know he's, I think he's been a lot of fun. Uh, I really like the the like being super extra Joker when Bruce is fighting Clayface uh, right next to him. Oh, in the jail. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's just being like a lot, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, cool. And it's it's whatever. like this is like a, like uh, whoever the voice actor was like I've never heard of this Joker before, but like mm-hmm. I really liked him. He had a completely different different take that I've ever heard where he's almost like a more like a New Jersey like yeah fuck up like yeah. kind of guy. And I'm like, all right, that's a weird Joker. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I was taking some thorough notes and then it gets to the part where it reveals it's the Riddler. And I just go, well, these are some choices made in this third act. Yeah. And then I stopped taking notes because I was no longer invested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, that's okay. that. I, I mean, like the Riddler going crazy because he went into the Lazarus pit is cool. Yeah. But it didn't, I hated it with this trying to be with this story. Okay, um, yeah. uh, I also much better like, the reason that Selena and Bruce don't work out in the book than in this movie. In the movie, I'm like, yeah, okay, I guess. You would like, the it's book, like he has his code or whatever. Right? No, in the no? in the book, it's that he's suspicious she was in on the plan too. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Because everything was set up against him, and he's suspicious of her, and she's like, "Dang, man, you can't even trust me." And no, I really he, hope you do someday. That's awesome. Because that sucks. That's because uh, that. she was there with him to the end, but he he can't trust it. Right. Oh, yeah. um, anyway, okay. that all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so the next film is... my earlier statement of saying this might be my favorite Batman one. I don't know anymore. Did you say that? I think I did. Yeah. Oh, I don't think uh, you did. You could have gotten away with it. What I don't is, think you said it. What is my favorite Batman one in this run? It's probably Batman versus Robin. It's definitely Batman versus Robin. Yeah. It's a. I'll acknowledge Batman versus Robin is the better film, but it is Batman Bad Blood. I really like that one. Mm. Um. All right, so moving on, we are now at Wonder Woman Bloodline, the penultimate movie in this franchise, the first Wonder Woman movie in this franchise, the second animated Wonder Woman movie in total. Um, uh, my first note is, uh, wait, is the animation different? Because I immediately noticed that this film is not is the first one not uh, to not have character designed by Phil Barossa, who's been designing these 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 uh, these films since Flashpoint Paradox. Um, instead, Stephen Choi and Bryce Collins uh, stepped in to do the character, the character, the lead character designs. And I noticed immediately because it's less detailed, and I quite, and I really liked it. Yeah, I, I liked it too. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's the same for the next one too, right? Because Wonder Woman looks. No, like- uh, I checked. Just Lee Dark is back to Phil Barassa. Okay, what? Okay, that's interesting. Wonder, yeah. Wonder Woman Bloodlines just looked more vibrant. In yeah, a way. it definitely yeah. did. Yeah, it did. Uh, a, lot, a lot more fluid, less less harsh lines. I, you notice it with Etta Candy, her 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 uh, chin is a lot a lot more ra- around than other yeah. characters. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I did. I did actually really like this one. Jeffrey Donovan steps in for uh, George Newburn, who's been so Steve good. Trevor in this franchise. I love him. Yeah, it's great. What What do you think, Ben? I, man, I feel bad for Wonder Woman. She should got. I feel like she should gotten a lot more movies instead of just the one. The one is good. Just but in I general. Feel, in general, she should get more movies. Yeah. But yeah. this. But the one that we did get, I really dug. I really. I had a good. Because if if I'm not mistaken, this is a kind of original one, right? Because I yes. thought they were gonna. Yeah. Because yeah, I thought they were gonna do um the first based off Brian Azarell's run from New Fifty Two. I thought it, it takes it takes its it takes its parts from the Wonder Woman movie and the Greg Rucker run that mm-hmm. happened in the beginning of Rebirth, but it is primarily completely. It's new. also it's also taking pieces from like back during I think it's George Perez's run with uh, Villains Inc. Yeah. It might even be yeah. earlier than that. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of cues from that, but it's nothing specific. It's yeah, just right. like a lot of you know oh inspirations. I yeah. will say. Um, up like seventy five to percent of the movie, I was I was liking it a lot, and then the giant Medusa showed up, and then I was one hundred percent in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That, that last action scene, uh, not that the first part was bad. The third act, but the third act is just immense. Like, oh, this movie's dope as hell. Specifically, yeah, yeah. because there's a giant Medusa. <laughs> also, and the tweet is fantastic. Yeah. You blind also, herself. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. so. Dope. Also, they brought in Silver Swan. Yeah, yeah. That's this the, the only other time I knew that Silver Swan was a DC character was when I pulled her from the Hero Clicks Unleashed booster pack that I got yeah. when that first came out back in two thousand and freaking three. I played Hero Clicks. I, I, I haven't heard Hero, Hero Clicks in a long time. I pulled a Silver Swan DC Unleashed Hero Clicks. That was the only unique. All right, all right. Humble brag. We get it. But still, that was the only time I heard of Silver Swan to see Silver Swan in a DC. I honestly, I didn't think I was ever going to see her in an animated film at all. Yeah, I really like the development of the story for her. Same uh, that that was the core of this. I thought was dope. I just yeah. honestly, Wonder Woman Bloodlines went over really well for me. Yeah, yeah, me too. I really enjoyed this one. Um, the although it was kind of weird, like. She she starts in a different costume and then we, we see her get the costume that we know her and just like worn onward. And I'm like, why did she ever change it? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just like that they at least acknowledge it. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, like I, I, okay. So just going to the beginning, I really like that Steve Trevor is dealing with parademons when he crashes in because they're just yeah. really trying to hammer in that dark side. Like why, why was he, yeah. whatever. They're just, they just want to get that idea in there. Um, cool. I, it's fine. Um, I really, really love the moment between Diana and her mom uh, when they fight, and it leads to the lasso of truth moment. She's like, "Ask me again, mom," yes. and it's like, "Oh, dang!" Yeah. There's so many good moments like that in this movie. I really, really liked it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I really enjoyed this one. Um, I have another note here that I think is funny, so I'll read it. Uh, the league spends a lot of money on buildings. We are met. We are met with the third Justice League headquarters. So we saw the sat, we saw the Hall of Justice, then we saw the sat. Nope, Star Labs. So the fourth Star Labs, uh, uh, the Hall of Justice, the satellite, and now this, whatever that was. Right. No man, they got Batman. They got they got. They got. <laughs> I'm thinking that was just a remodel. And Wonder Hall. Woman and Wonder Woman's uh, sales and Wonder Woman and toy they, sales. And they have Lex Luthor now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, they got both Batman and Luthor. So though, they are rolling in it. Yeah. Uh, Diana is written to have such a good and kind energy, especially when she's interacting with Vanessa. Mm-hmm. But um, this felt like I didn't mind it, but like, cause it's, it's for the better, but this felt like a different Diana 
than the Diana we've watched. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I am seeing, I think the one place I would, I would argue that, that, that I seen this Diana before was in reign of Superman. Yeah. uh, When she talks to Lois. Yeah. But otherwise, this is a much more personal kind Diana than we've seen. Yeah. This one is written by Marguerite Scott, who I believe has written wonder woman in the comics. Hasn't she? I don't know. Maybe. I don't remember. Um, I'll look that up later. Um, spe- the the mom's death I thought was pretty rough when um, when uh, what's her name? The silver say silver Vanessa. Silver uh, uh, yeah, Vanessa, her mom. When when she dies, that was rough. She definitely yeah. should not have gone to a warehouse full of supervillains. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Julia. Julia was her mom. <laughs> yeah, I really like you know. Let's think back on it. I really liked Jeffrey Donovan as Steve Trevor in this. Me too. Me too. I thought he was great. I also thought very specifically the handling of like her previous relationship with Superman and how that affected them was done better here yes. than it was in Death of Superman. There's that really yeah. cute line where he's like, where he's like, you know, you're always paddling around with Superman or whatever. She's you like, were, I, I never took you flying because you were always flying with Superman. Yeah. She's like, I'm um, not flying with Superman now. And then he's like, oh, <laughs> I got a chance. I got a chance. Uh, the, you, you, got, you probably got enough for it, but the invisible jet being Steve Trevor's, I think is a great idea. Because I do too. She's a Amazon. She's all about magic. There's no reason she should have an invisible technological jet when she can fly. Right. So yeah. I that's a great idea. Uh, well, I hope we, that... get, we, we get the purple healing ray in this movie for the first time. Yeah, we sure do. What is it called? Oh, purple healing ray. Yeah. Oh, what, what is it? It's a purple healing ray. Yeah. Um, I really like when we meet Ferdinand. I like that whole sequence in the maze. Uh, with Etta and Steve, yes, and Ferdinand, uh, voiced by um, Worf from Star Trek. I forgot his name, Michael Dorn. Michael Dorn, yeah, yeah. yeah. I For thought that was a tiny role. Yeah, yeah. He, he turned into Ferdinand the chef, her roommate. Yeah, and like, they're walking like, oh, but I made you something. Like, like <laughs> if I had a complaint, I would say, why didn't Ferdinand go to Themyscira too? Why was he part of the crew? Part of that? Part of the crew? Yeah. I really, I really, but I, I really like when they're running in, and it's just like. Oh my God, it's really a maze. What'd you think it was? I don't know, like yeah. a metaphorical maze? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of the jokes in this movie worked really, like like stuff like that. I was like, what'd you think it was? Uh, a metaphorical maze? Like something oh, like that? Uh- uh, also, this has this has my one of my favorite things in animation, which is a uh, sword catch. She steps on the on the sword and it flips into her hand. I'm like, yeah. yeah. The, That's the, a good one. This film in general had uh, nailed its humor more often than a lot of the others did. Yeah. Um, it was really on pitch for it. Uh, I thought that the montage of how separation grew between Vanessa and Diana was done really well. Uh Uh, Having to sum up the meaning of their relationship in this movie, it does a really nice job. Like obviously you'd want more time in a, in a longer project, but for this, I thought they did a really nice job making me care very quickly about that relationship. You can, you can absolutely believe like she, like the neglect that she feels because her mom is and the care that Diana feels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 that like her mom's hanging out with Wonder Woman and like she doesn't see that these people obviously love her. She thinks that like Wonder Woman's taking away from her mom and like yeah. her mom doesn't love her. And I'm like, oh Vanessa, that's not at all what it it's is. The second, but oh. I think I started to notice is the second Vanessa walked in and she ha- was gonna show off that she has straight A's and her mom just doesn't. Just oh walked- yeah, that was rough. That was what, that's when I knew I'm like, oh this is the slope. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Solo Wookie says Purple Healing Ray was a dumb name as unobtainium as Avatar, aka Dance with Smurfs and Ferngully. You're right. Yep. You're right. Um, I uh, so speaking of the humor, I want to bring up Etta's uh, when they're going to when they're going to um, Themyscira. Uh, Etta Candy has the line, uh, "Let's ho- hopefully fi- hopefully an Amazon who likes them thick." Yeah, and then and she, I thought that was so good. It's two because Etta's a player. Hell yeah. yeah. 
Uh-huh. Uh K K Titus once again says hello from hey. Japan. Hi Konnichiwa. Japan. Thanks for stopping by. Talk about right nerdy podcast. Hello. We're not uh, downright nerdy. They, they're around. <laughs> Hope uh, they're watching us. I really like the inclusion of all the villains in this. I like Cyber, Doctor Poison, Giganta. I love Sheeta. Uh, Doctor Poison's design. Me too. Yeah, she like her. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. She's like she's so old. They like her like like the crow's feet like around her eyes and mouth. Like yo, this lady's old as hell. She's from World War One. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, I one of the things about Doctor Cyber that I found was interesting, well, though I didn't necessarily dislike it, is at the end of the movie is when Wonder Woman. Obviously, we knew she was Doctor Cyber, but yeah. it, it, it's Wonder Woman approaches her, and that's in the that's in a mid credit sequence, not in the Again, movie. So it's like it's like a tease for something that will never happen, right, which is unfortunate right. for a lot of these movies. Yeah, uh, I thought that was a great action scene fighting Giganta. I mean, all the action scenes are great, honestly. Like all the action scenes are great, but I really like the one fighting Giganta. I was impressed. Yeah. I remember when we watched the trailer for this, yeah. and I was thoroughly unimpressed. Yeah, I felt like it looked like a rehash of the old one. Yeah, and yeah. and. I just think they make really crappy trailers that do not show some of the good stuff in these movies. I'd agree with yeah. that. Because I have never been inspired to watch these movies because none of the good moments have been in the trailers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say, again, like I talk about like how I, the movie, like I like the movie, but when Medusa showed up, I, I think it's so awesome that the idea is you have this villain, Zinc, you have this cabal of villains, they have this, this intricate plan and it all just gets wiped away because you've got a giant, like, giant monster who's just like, oh, you wanted to use me? Screw you. You're all dead. I'm the bad guy now. I'm like, yeah, yeah. whoa, what? Now we're just fighting a giant Medusa. And I'm like, this is dope. And all the action's great. And she's just turning people to stone left and right. Then Steve gets turned to stone. I'm like, uh, he's definitely not dying, right? And I'm like, oh, is he? Are they going to kill him? Of course not. Um, I thought they were. I thought they were one hundred percent going to kill Steve. Yeah. When they when she does like the scar thing on him, I'm like, oh, that's baller. Because as soon as he turns uh-huh. back, he manages to start bleeding. He starts he bleeding. Oh, that was Cheetah and Majin. Pretty yeah. pretty bad bleeding too, because he needed the purple healing ray for yeah, that. Yeah, later. Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. dumb. <laughs> Diana is like destroyed. She's blind. Steve's got a scar right here. The second yeah. Diana blinded herself, that was baller. That's like maybe the coolest moment in all these movies. If I'm I, being honest, the, the, the yeah, reveal like, that it was Medusa that it was actually Medusa the whole time, the, the whole prototype, because we see parts of the prototype throughout them. is like, we can't use the prototype yet. Oh, Silver Swan is expendable, but we got to keep the prototype safe. And then it's freaking Medusa. I'm like, oh, yeah. shit. And then it just go, And then that fight goes from just, it goes from like a 7 to a 11 in a span when she injects herself and turns into a giant. I was like, oh, oh, you're screwed. Yeah. Then Mascara's effed. Yeah. yeah, when she picks up the shield from the statue, I thought the whole sequence was awesome. She picks yeah. up the shield, the sword, and then... And you know what? You feel the tension. You, you really yeah. feel the tension of like, oh my god, a lot of Amazons, Amazonians are dying. Oh my god, is is uh, is Vanessa going to die? Oh my god, is Steve going to die? Like, you you genuinely don't know how it's going to go. Because we're at the... I mean, we, if we watched this movie in 2019 when it came out, we didn't know this at the end of the universe, but we know we have one movie left. So the stakes are there. Like, Steve could die because I don't know if he's in that next movie about the yeah. apocalypse, right? So, like, right. I felt the stakes. I mean, he's not. Out. No, he's not. But, yeah. Um, I But, yeah, I found this last action scene um, to, to be really, just really bombastic and awesome and, like, uh, not to take away from the beginning stuff, but like that's where I really was loving it. And like, I like Wonder I, Woman just kicking ass. And I like the way that Vanessa comes around and she helps. And the way she... that the way that it's done feels much more true to her character. That it's a an acknowledgement of seeing 
how she has made Diana something she's not in her mind. Yes. Rather than it being some like forced speech or something, it is a choice she makes. Mm-hmm. Um, thought that was really good. Yes. Uh, I I really really like a, a lot of the execution of that. Rosario Dawson yeah. is Wonder yeah. Woman. Yeah. Great job. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I think this is one of my one of my favorites so far. For sure. Um, I got some I got some notes I'll run through. Uh, yeah. Really not great that Julia ignored her daughter even in death. Uh, yeah, that was kind of messed up. So that was pretty up. shitty. That yeah. Vanessa was right there, like, "Mom, I'm here," and she's like, "Die!" Doesn't even look at her. <laughs> she like, basically like pushes her face away. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Yikes, that's pretty bad." That makes a super villain. Uh, yeah. Um, I think Silver Swan's design is really, really cool. Uh, solid voice acting. I have no idea in the world why you wouldn't call Cyborg once you find out it's a techno virus, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, Cheetah's evolution is dope as hell. Oh, she turns into. Super I, li- I really love the way he- she beats her too by luring her into the jet. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I love Ferdinand in an apron. Yeah. Uh, I love that she gets her classic outfit on to go to Themyscira. Yeah. Um, I really like that design, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I really uh, like Wonder Woman with a sword. Is that wrong? No. 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 I think she looks awesome with the sword. She's had a sword a lot, believe it or not. <laughs> No, I know, but in in the comics, generally speaking, her like classic appearances have always been without sword. But I'm like, no, give her Diana shield and sword. Maybe in the past, but since Azarella's run, like she's she's swording it up a lot. Yeah, yeah, I really like uh, the the way they finish the fight. The finishing move is mm-hmm. a nice way to take her down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is just really good. And then uh, and then do the thing with Kale in the mid credits, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Oh uh, man, when Medusa kills Dr. Cyber, I was like, oh shit. That's see, that's the moment where I was like, Yeah, this is great. Yeah. This is not what I expected. Right. Oh, yeah. Cheetah Cheetah has a has a has a name drop that was that was so pure Marvel. I loved it. When she's like, she set up a villainy ink. Oh, right. A regular villainy incorporated. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Bravo. Yeah, because that's Bravo. what they were going for. Yeah, that was that was cute. Um, or Ironmongers, Tony. <laughs> I really, really like the way that they find Themyscira by analyzing the fish from the vision. So oh, yeah. I thought that was really cool. What a creative way Show to do that. Show me what fish you saw and they like cross Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Her vision was dope. I really liked that moment too. Her looking yeah. at seeing that. I was like, this is far more effective than Thor's little thing in the pool. And um, I really like I really I really like how Diana saves Ferdinand. Instead of going to fight, she just destroys the the fountain. The fountain. Yes. Yeah, that was really good. Agreed, agreed. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, this was just really good. It's a shame that like Kale isn't taken to jail or anything. Yeah. Kale jail. Yeah, we're just left with uh well her she doesn't exist anymore, so whatever. Yeah. Uh, all right. Now finally, the last movie. Uh the one that made it so that none of these exist anymore. Um, Justice, Justice League, League Dark game. Sorry, what? Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Um, this is this is a. Uh, my first note is lots of new characters. Who's the Black Flash? He was in the the, the he was in the um Justice uh, Judas Contract preview. Judas no, Contract. Wasn't. Yeah, no. the, the, the like five years before. Yeah, wasn't he? No. 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 no that, that was that was that was Wally West Kid Flash. Oh, hey man, new characters. I don't know. There's a crap ton of Titans who we've never seen. Right. Ever. Like we see at Donna the end of Judas Contract. Let's Donna Troy. Yeah, we see Donna Troy for a hot, hot second. <laughs> thing. That girl thing. I'm not mad. I specifically, can't get that. specifically, I think it's funny that we see Speedy, but Speedy looks the same as he did five years ago. 
more than five years ago, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Okay. So uh, let's go. Let's go around the horn. What do we think of this one, uh, Ben? As an ending, I I, I don't know. I, the ending just kind of just unsatisfied me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it it just did. I mean, oh, we have all these move these films, and then for it to end that how it did, I'm like, and there's nothing else. There's like no. There's like just like wipe the slate clean. We're done. That's it. No more. I do. I do have a similar complaint insofar as. I feel like I was just getting to know the franchise. Yeah. And then it's... Bye-bye. Then, ooh, gone. I, I will say real quick, I really think, because this is this is a franchise that's been going on for almost a decade, and we started watching it weeks ago. I, mm-hmm. I don't think if we felt that way, you wouldn't have been feeling that I just got used to this universe if you've been watching it for a decade, if the, I'm being honest. Because I have been watching more than half of these movies since they've been coming out, and I think it's a perfectly uh, acceptable way to end your franchise in an endgame-esque way. Uh, I like this movie a lot. I think it's a lot of fun. It takes all the risks that I wanted all of these movies to take, knowing that it was the final movie. It does way too much endgame shit, which whatever, it's coincidental or not, it's, it, that's fine. But um, I thought this movie was a total blast the entire way through because it feels like an Elseworlds endgame to me. Like this, mm-hmm. If this is the end of the universe, this is a pretty dope way of you doing it. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think as an ending, I think it's really great. While I might have wanted more stuff beforehand regardless of that i think this as an ending if it's an ending is really strong now i want to be clear my uh somewhat disappointment in this film because i did enjoy it uh actually enjoyed it a lot um the only negative thing that leaves me that leaves me as ben said unsatisfied is because i would have liked this franchise i I was i like these versions of these characters i like some of these story arcs that we've seen and i'm unsatisfied because i don't feel like unlike an endgame I don't have anyone's. I don't have. I have barely anyone's character development wrapped up. It's all of a sudden we like entered. Uh, we've entered a, a a a major event comic, and then we don't come out the other end into the next into the next stories. Yeah. Now that said, I really like this movie. I no, think sure, this movie's I, a lot of fun. I enjoy this movie too because of the crazy ass risks it takes. Superman have, being powerless with injected with kryptonite so he can't use his powers. Batman on the Mobius chair. So cool. Batman on the Mobius chair, completely loyal to Darkseid. You have all these heroes dead, gone, and missing. Damien, like, all the shit. I want to say, say, MVP of the movie for me, and I hope you guys too, Etrigan. Yeah. He's pretty good. He's pretty yeah. good. I really like Etrigan in this movie. But you know what? I, I think I know where my sass, my unsatisfaction of this of this like ending comes from. It's because we don't spend time with other characters in other films. I mean, yes, we have Justice Leagues, but most of them, they're all most of them, all these films are Batman films. We only get like two solid Superman films. We, one ha- we haven't had film. we haven't had a Justice League film since Throne of Atlantis. I don't think exactly. And even then, Aquaman no, only shows like, well. Okay. Solo Wookie, the- Solo Wookie real quickly says, I hate they only bring in Demon in several of the movies and never make a movie about Etrigan. They I only mean, had one movie with Etrigan. That was Justice League Dark. You could say that about every character like that you like, yeah. to be honest. Like, yeah. I would love a Swamp Thing movie. I would love a, a Flash, like another Flash. Like, we can make that about literally every character. Like, that's... It's I'm hard surprised to... It, I'm surprised they didn't do an Aquaman, uh, an Aquaman uh, movie, if I'm honest. <laughs> that movie made a billion dollars. I would have thought they would have tried. You would think. But I mean, they were just so close to the end already, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, here's the thing for me, 
the core of this franchise, really, the relationship that that is the core, and we've talked about it before, is Batman and Damien. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much full frontal in this movie, too. Much so, like Wolverine is the core of the X-Men movies. So I feel like the what was the emotional character relationship core still stayed true up until the end. Yeah. Uh, because it was about Bruce and Damien. That those were the characters who were heavily featured. Those were the characters who had the most consistent carried over arc of a growing relationship and bond. Uh da- Damien and Bruce. So yeah. for me, I that, wish, that's what landed. I almost kind of wish Damien had stayed dead. Stayed almost. dead. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, at the end. Kind yeah. of. Kind of. I felt that way too, to be honest. Yeah. Because you're, you're, I really as the, the universe end. was going to wipe away anyway, I was like, mm-hmm. you can just leave him dead. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I like that moment that Bruce has with Damien, and Damien passes away saying, remember, Father, justice, not vengeance. And yeah, I think that's that a really beautiful moment. I 100% agree. 100%. I, I will agree on that point. I think I think it was a better narrative to have Damien stay dead. Yeah. I mean, that said, I'm a huge, thanks to these movies, I'm a huge uh, Damien Raven shipper now. Yeah. So, like, yeah, for real, right? I would love that to carry into the comics. I used to be a huge Beast Boy Raven shipper because of the classic cartoon. Now it's like, nah, Damien and Raven, they're good. Put put those together. It's only from this. And like, judging from Twitter, one, people, a lot of people don't like these movies. And two, a lot of people just haven't seen these movies um, because they heard that they're quote unquote bad. Um, I would absolutely love to see Damien and Raven get together in the comics. Like that, that is just such a, such a pair that works so well together. A couple angsty, depressed kids. Like, are you kidding me? To be honest, like so perfect together. The moment it happened, I was like, oh, well that's obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Like of course they'd connect. Like they have, they have have the same dad basically. This one's a demon. I think Tasa, Tasa's great. Now, yeah. Of course, one of my favorite characters in this film, besides like Superman being at his just like being so beaten down, is of course I John. Love the Con- eyes, yeah, I love I love the eyes. guys too. But it's also John Constantine. Yeah, Constantine, Matt Ryan throughout this whole movie, I loved. And you, so can I? Uh, I'll say, uh, coming from Constantine, City of Demons, having that in the backlog of my mind as a part of this character, because that's exactly what you're asking for is mm-hmm. more films about these characters individually. You should have City of Demons in this franchise because. Okay, yeah. That makes Constantine feel like a character who has never been allowed to win. And when this movie opens, he's been allowed to win. And then everything goes to shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I really I really like it when, when when we when we get the flashbacks to what happened on Apocalypse. Um there's okay, there's many times when I when when I was sitting there watching this movie and I go, oh boy. Oh yeah. boy. Oh yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, I told Ryan, I'm like, the flashbacks are reminding me of the opening of History of Trunks where all the heroes just get murdered in three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you see like you see you see bodies just like just like erupted and it's like organs everywhere and like you see, like you see Starfire in half with her guts on the floor. <laughs> yeah. You see uh you see Shazam's what? leg gets ripped off. Yeah, you see Mar- oh yeah, Shazam comes back for a hot second. <laughs> Man, talk about a cool idea. Sh- uh, like a re- uh, redeemed Shazam where he's got scars on his face and a lightning leg? What? Yeah. That's cool as hell. Well, of course, the scars yeah. on his face kind of remind me of back in uh, uh, Flashpoint. Flashpoint. They, yeah. they really yeah. want well, you to remember Flashpoint. Awesome. His lightning leg is badass. It's, they, it's, really, they really want you to remember Flashpoint in this movie. Yeah, they well, do. Because they reference it at the end. You got to do another Flashpoint. They reference it a lot throughout this movie, visually yeah. and uh, within dialogue. Um, because uh, Constantine said, uh, because Flash is like, if you guys remember my, my visions of Flash, of the Flashpoint timeline, blah, 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 blah. Constantine says, oh my God, everything he said was true yeah. about Flashpoint. And then at the end we see, he's like, hey, do it again. Yeah, you have to. 
Uh, Mag says not even a lot of JL solos or Shazam solo in these movies. Yeah, yeah, it's no, true. Yo, the Green Lantern, been... they get destroyed in this. Although, movie. what Dark they made a Constantine and Etrigan live action with Keanu as Constantine again, uh, they would make bank if done right. My favorite thing on the internet is that Keanu's Constantine, whether it's accurate to the comics or not, is getting like a revival in love because that movie is actually really cool. I do like that makes movie. me really happy because that movie is super stylish and super cool. Well, yeah. I need to watch it again. Hell yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I yeah, go ahead. I, I want to bring up the the action scene between um when all of the superheroes get cyber cyborg guys basically. So you got um Starfire, Dope Martian Manhunter, Mara, and they're all fighting Hawkman. Hawkman. Oh, oh yeah. so spooky. And then Wonder Woman. Cyber Mara is dope. Yeah. Um, cyber Mara is scary. But she's she, yeah, she's uh, like a snake tail. Like, dude, it's I love that. And then Wonder Woman, she like she gets the last out of truth, right? That's like that's the, the coolest cool. thing. Dude, that's constantly using it. Who are you? I'm Diana Themyscira. And then she starts beating all the shit out of these robots. When he gets the lasso and he's like, that's the old magic. That's the good stuff. Dude, (laughs) this this movie, it's, I thought this movie, in just terms of entertainment, is definitely, for me, my top five. Because this gives me all of the crazy stuff that I really wanted all these movies to do. Some of them did, and some of them didn't. But this one, it's like, we are at the end, so we can do all the crazy shit you wanted. So yeah, you got heroes dying left and right. You got heroes resurrecting. You got bad versions. You got evil Batman for the entire movie. That is so cool. And it... When, it, when it, it, it again. Go ahead. When Etrigan shows up in the League of Assassins uh, compound, he's just like, I am Etrigan the demon. Fear uh, my wrath. Uh, so with you yeah. and you and you. Swamp also Thing's you. So John's like, so there's these three um, world engine machines that are going to destroy the, the, the core or whatever. So Constantine's like, listen, we don't got enough people. I got to go have a chat with my boy Alec real quick. And he's like, Alec, they hate you. And he's like, what? And then he just beats the shit out of all of them. Dude, yeah. I love it. It's so fun. It's so fun. The, what the, paradoom, I... the paradooms. Paradooms, yeah. When yeah. I first heard it, I was like, ugh. But then after I accepted it, I'm like, oh, that's actually a really good idea. Of course, he'd want to make stronger soldiers out of, out of Doomsday. Um, yeah. I love it. One of my favorite lines is when uh, also just is like, oh, damn, so we're going that way. Because uh, I forgot that this movie was rated R. I know. I completely forgot. I see blood and guts everywhere. I, like, I was like, I called hell yeah. Yeah. Well, not only that, it's just when Raven pops up. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. I'm trying to spend it on Zethos to pop some up. Because Johnstantine's like, okay, 10 hours. Johnstantine. Yeah. Johnstantine. Did I say Johnstantine? Yes. Johnstantine. I love it. Constantine I, is like no no, no. Right. let's keep it I like it no no I'm not making you turn this into a vent game situation again Brandon Johnstantine no I don't think we can get copyrighted for that one I I love when <laughs> Constantine showed up at the end of a vent game yeah. <laughs> no then you're right about that moment that is a good moment yeah Constantine's like listen I used up everything cool I had this will take ten hours and she's like excuse me I got yeah. a demon in my head boy. Also, yeah. I love how tired Raven looks throughout the whole movie. Like, you could tell she's not sleepy, she's not eating, she's just exhausted. She's constantly fighting with Trigun the whole time. I'm like, I am. I was scared that Raven was going to die. I was scared that a whole bunch of horrible shit was going to happen to her this whole, this whole Although, movie. Although, he is asking us about the Satana movie rumor. Uh, yes, yeah. we've all heard of it. They didn't talk about it because I don't believe it. It's coming from a website called DCEU Mix, whatever that is. I don't, I don't believe any uh, DC movie announcement until there's a trailer. Yeah, 100%. At, at this point, even if they announce it at Comic-Con, yeah. I'm not believing it until there's a damn trailer out. I'm now doing the Guillermo del Toro approach because that dude can tell me he's working on 10 movies, but until I see his trailer, I don't believe you. I don't think yeah. I'll... 
Okay, no, that's a lie. I was gonna Guys, say, do you lie. remember Cyborg? Cyborg came out this week. Oh, sure. <laughs> remember? That sure was. Remember well, the Green Lantern Corps movie that was announced at Comic Con? I do. <laughs> so the bookie just says, "LOL." Uh, yeah, you mentioned Superman. Uh, Superman getting a kryptonite tattoo, so he has to walk the earth in shame. Awesome idea. Yeah, and John's totally just dope. like, "Dang, that's pretty good." Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He's like, honestly, good. Yeah. Um, I will say again, Dark Side. It's so weird because you got Tony Todd, who has a very famous scary voice. I still feel like Dark Side isn't isn't the threat that I feel like he should be. Yeah. You know, like I don't know if you guys agree, but like he still feels oh, more. I do. Thanosized in a way where he's yeah. much more of a planner manipulator than like he did this to the Green Lanterns. He straight up went to Oa and effed them up. That was dope. But that's that's always been dark. I also, I think his fight with Etrigan is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, oh my god, Etrigan Superman is awesome. Oh, Trigon. Yeah. Trigon. oh Trigon. Yeah, Trigon. Yeah. Trigon. Yes. With the horns. I forgot like the creepy oh, ass on his chest. Oh, that was like okay. And the flame cape. Yeah. That was rad. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I didn't think we would get Evil Superman Round 2, even cooler edition. Yeah, yeah. But again, like, got it. That's why this movie, it's like, man, I just wish all these movies were just balls to the wall crazy like this. You could have done it. It's funny because, okay, so if you watch Constantine City of Demons, um, he, two things that, that are callbacks for me personally, were that John talks about how he doesn't know why he ran away from Zatanna because he's always run up to any demon or oh, anything he's so faced good. before. And in City of Demons, he runs towards the demon he can't possibly beat to try and save Astra. Yeah. And you watch him do it. Uh, over and over, he does that kind of stuff. And then... Uh, he has the, uh, what happens is that whole thing, why he lost Astra is because he summoned a demon and thought he had control of it. And the demon's like, nope, don't got me. And he does the exact same thing with Trigon where he's like, Trigon, do this. And Trigon's like, I got a different plan, baby. Clark, is that you? What's up? <laughs> What's up, roommate? Um, uh, Captain Boomerang has a lot of good moments in this movie. He's like, yeah. you get a boomerang, you get a boomerang. <laughs> the, the boomerang's oh, the... It's, it's time for us to talk about something we really oh, hated. Oh, boy, I completely forgot about this. He brought up Suicide Squad. Why is Groot in this movie? Why is King Shark. King Shark in this movie? Yeah. We've seen multiple really cool adaptations, live action and animated of King Shark. Turning him into Groot is maybe the worst possible thing. I think, I think it was even worse that at the end they revealed he didn't need to be. Yes. Yeah, ex- that was even worse. You and I were just sitting there like, wow, really, really F that. It's like somebody was sitting in the room and wrote King Shark is a shark and thought that was really, really funny. Like pee your pants funny. It's, and they said he should just only say that. It's not. And it's the worst <laughs> idea I've ever I seen. couldn't understand what he was saying for the yeah, longest fair. time. Like when he first shows up, and he winks at Constantine. I'm like, oh my. Oh, that's good. That's a good that, moment. That, that's, that's good. Okay. But yeah. then when he starts saying King Shark, and da, 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 I couldn't understand John DiMaggio for the life of me. It wasn't until the very end when he was like, wait, is this every line he's saying? Because I thought he was talking to himself in the third person. Oh, no, yeah. I yeah. just couldn't understand what he is saying. But then when he starts, like, when, when the, all the Paradooms, I have one tiny animation uh, gripe is that they went from 2D to 3D for the Paradooms at the end of the movie for a few spots of that they look a little rough yeah i was like "Eh, okay but whatever but then when he was like chomping is like king shark is a shark like is that he saying the whole damn time was that the same as before that's that's dumb besides like a maybe less threatening dark side that is my real only complaint with the movie i really had a lot of fun with this movie uh dark Dark side's voice actor just still didn't work 
And it's so yeah. weird. Again, Tony Todd is Candyman. That dude is super scary. But Dark Side's just it didn't work. It's like it's like he lightened up his own scary voice in like. It's the same. It's the same complaint I had in in uh, Reign of Superman because you would think Dark Side, this imposing evil, to put to go over to lord over Hank Henshaw, the Cyber Superman, and have him do his bidding for a hot second. It, it feels more Thanos. Yeah, I will say I feel like his lines are written better than in Reign of Superman, but the performance still doesn't say yeah. dark side to me. Uh, Brandon, you were trying to say something? Well, I, I wasn't done with the Captain with the Captain Boomerang bit. Oh, sorry. Um, because I think the Captain Boomerang is all is yeah I agree with the King Shark thing, but I think Captain Boomerang is fun with King Shark. Like when King Shark's eating all the people, he's like, "Oh, that's not that's not right." Yeah. Um. Or when when he says my one of my new favorite uh one of my new favorite cursing uh things from from DC uh you know you all remember Neptune's balls. Now I got fuck knuckle. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> you have fuck knuckles. I'm into and, that. And again, I, the reason I like this movie a lot is like it. It could have just focused on the Justice League and then shown maybe this is what the Suicide Squad is doing or this is what the Teen Titans are doing. But it really was everyone was involved. Um, and, and like not everyone got as much screen time as a Superman because it's it's you can't. You can't give you can't give Swamp Thing as much time as Superman in sure. this endgame-esque movie. But I do feel like every character got a little bit here and there for fun. Even like again, like uh Mag being up the Lois Lane fight, like Lois Lane and Harley Quinn, that's dope as hell. Like I know that cool. that's so cool seeing like there's this underground fight ring mm-hmm. and Lois Lane just kicks ass. And I'm like Cool, and then they Waller all died, Waller died from her cancer. Waller died, and they yeah. just laugh at her. Oh my god, they laugh at her dying. Are you kidding me? I love how Lois is, and Superman are still together, and yeah. even their whole cut when they're together at the end of the movie, and even when Lois calls up Clark when uh, Luthor hits the button to blow up yes. Lex and I was like, oh, that was so, heartbreaking. So a lot of my issues with the fact that there are so few movies in this franchise, and why I feel dissatisfied with all these character arcs is that a lot of characters who die in this movie i would have liked to have known more much like in infinity war when we saw all those all those characters die we've we know them yeah whereas when batwoman dies and batgirl dies when batwing maybe dies murdered murdered i was i was like really you're gonna kill batgirl like that you're gonna whack batwoman and batwing off like and see, that? The other thing thing, i wish boy just because i would done i wish i cared I wish I cared. I want to care. I, I I I like it as a, in the movie, but I wanted to care when I saw a lot of these characters die because I spent more time with them. Like when Nightwing dies, I was like, "Oh shit, Nightwing!" Yeah, because I've really enjoyed that character. I've got to know that character. Right. But I don't have that for everyone else. Yeah, I would have loved to see Connor, uh, Superboy, Wonder Girl, and the rest of the Titans go off and do another thing. But then... most of the Titans die off screen. Yeah. And then to see Connor just get his neck snapped by Doomsday or by a dupe by a Paradoom was like Paradoom. I love it. I love really? It. Hold on. I, I just w- kind of want to counter it because like I cared about John Stewart dying regardless of the fact that we didn't have a movie with him because of how it happened. Yeah. So I don't think that every case needed a movie because I'll also counter that with I didn't give two shits when Aquaman died because I didn't like Throne of Atlantis. So right. having a movie for the character doesn't fix these problems, but writing the them the moments well does. And honestly, there's just so many characters. Some of them are just going to get passing deaths. And we have and to that's remember just how it's going to be. These no, these are not three hour long endgame movies. This is the longest movie at an hour and thirty minutes, which for a lot of people is the bare requirement for a real movie. Most of these movies are an hour. 
hour and 10 minutes long. We just don't have the time. I would love if all these movies were two hours long. Brandon, I 100% agree with you. I would love if I knew all these characters. But the, the fact of the matter is we have a fifth less of the time of the MCU to have the same amount of reaction. And it's just not going to happen. And I do agree it would be nice to feel something when Batgirl dies. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's no, all no, I'm asking for is to no, feel yeah. something. No, of course. I felt something because I I know that this is the end of the universe and the characters in the movie care about that character. So, like, for me, you, not every single character can have the massive funeral or whatever that, that is required. Um, when this is your last movie, some characters are going to get killed off and not have the time for it. I understand that. Um, the characters that I think that were necessary to focus on got the necessary time needed. And I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying every character needs to have a moment, needs to have a death moment, but the yeah. ones who don't, I'm only saying that it would have been nice if I had gotten to, gotten to know them more. That's fair. I mean, yeah. for example, for example, Aquaman is a great example. I have in my notes, goodbye Aquaman. We didn't know you. I'm not saying give them all a movie. I'm not saying make yeah. a Batgirl movie, make a Batwoman movie. I'm just saying that when those characters die and we don't have the time to spend on their on their deaths. I would have liked to have known who those were so I could feel something. That's all I'm saying. No, I sure. get it. I mean, like, but I also think there's an amount of like you can be supplanting like your feelings from knowing these comic characters onto them when you haven't seen them in these films. Right. Like Kilowog got killed in like a you know a that's the first second. time he's ever appeared in 15 movies and, and I, I I, I, cared I about cared because it. I was like that's Kilowog and I just know him from other things and I I didn't need to know him in this universe to care that Kilowog got killed. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know all the characters we see die on Oa are all the Green Lanterns from Justice League the animated series. Yeah. John there Stewart. Was Big head dude. I'm like, I know the that head, the, the big head dude, the gruffy guy. All the all those dude. characters were were from Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Like we see Guy Gardner and um, what's her name? The girl who starts with an, that starts with an A. Uh, Asia, Asia, I forgot. I know, but the one I used to know. I used to really yeah, like her. To, yeah, we see them already dead. But man, John Stewart's death scene was brutal. Boy, really? oh I, boy. Yeah, I I thought that was a really great ending yeah. for him and i gave a big shit about that um i'll tell you what uh really pissed me off is cheetah gets shot um and that that was stupid um this is the only this is the only one i'll agree with out of everything we because about right now. because like it bothers like paradooms killing heroes i get it that's doomsday random minion dudes with guns killing villains and heroes that can hold their own against wonder woman is stupid when you and have it yeah. pissed me off when you have cheetah who fights wonder woman on a day-to-day -day basis and keeps and ha handles it like whoa cheetah's a threat but when cheetah gets killed by security guard number seven like okay i definitely don't believe with that. like seven bullets and i'm like that was that was lame that was the that's lamest a, death in this whole movie it yeah. pissed me it's, off that's an unnecessary one where it's like why even kill her if she's just gonna die like just like that like not even right. like in a worthwhile way right yeah, I'll that one. yeah where it doesn't make sense latest uh, shiva which happened moments before didn't bother me because she was at least not looking at them she was sniped from far away i was like i can buy it but yeah. she, like that was a looking at them and she just got riddled by bullets and i'm like are it's you just it's cheetah, no. cheetah dying by bullets. You're just kind of like, so what? Nobody had this idea in all this time? Yeah. Right. It's Nobody like, just had the idea to just shoot her? It's, yeah, it's it's stupid. It, it, that was really stupid. But yeah, like the Shiva one, that was from a few hundred yards away. I probably would have gotten hit if I was in her position. That's like, okay, that makes sense. Probably. And then, but yeah, but Cheetah is just like, really? Yeah. That's how Cheetah gets knocked off? All right. For sure. Uh, even though I don't think Darkseid's voice is super great, I think the final fight with Superman and Darkseid uh, obviously is great because Superman just like beat yeah. the shit out of that dude. But, 
man, I got, I got, <laughs> I got so excited when he trans when his suit comes back. I was like, yeah, yeah. 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 Like when you There's... see the the, la- the final. Oh God, the final message from Lois is just so heartbreaking. Yeah. Oh, and oh super, my God. And then when yes. he breaks, when he breaks free of Etri- of oh, I was going to call it Etrigan. When he breaks free of Trigon's control. Speaking and, of, uh, Etrigan's death is great. It is. He finally rhymes again. I had fun. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he rhymes. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was great. He's beating the living shit out of Darkseid. It kind of reminds me, it reminded me a little bit of the end of Justice League Unlimited. What he says, what he's telling Darkseid, like, I can show, now I'm going to be able to show you how powerful I really am. That whole yeah. I live in a world of me a cardboard bit, where he's just like punching the ever-loving shit out of Darkseid. Yeah. I'm like, Fuck him up, dude. Just, just, just wreck his shit. Uh, for you, Brandon, did Superman breaking free of Trigon remind you of Constantine City of Demons, where he said that love is the the most powerful way to break free? Yeah. Yeah. See, I was like, City of Demons totally ties in. This is all. Oh yeah. No, I'm not saying it doesn't. It's right there. Um, no, no, I know. I was saying, did you have that same moment where I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, I really, I really like Constantine in this movie. I really like Superman in this movie. I really like Damien and and uh, Damien's whole character arc in this movie. Is great, uh, mm-hmm. especially his stuff with Batman and Raven. I'm a huge Raven, Damian uh, Superman. When he, when he talks about when he talks about how he put Dick in the Lazarus pit, and he's like, "He's my brother. I had to try." Yeah. Uh, and then and then when he when he makes the decision to help them because he's like, "I need to go try and save him or kill him if he can't be saved." That's what he'd want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I thought that 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 stuff worked really well. I, I I got pretty excited when her when Raven's white uniform shows up when she's freed of Etrigan. Yes, Trigon. Trigon, Jesus. And it's um, not on at the end of their names. It's easy to get mixed up. But it's not because it's not just because she's free of Trigon because it doesn't happen right when that happens. It's because of her feelings for Damien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's why I say I almost wish Damien had stayed dead. But I really like the moment after with Damien and Raven. Sure, yeah. I do too. I, I also like the moment. I also like the moment with Bruce and Damien when he's alive again. Yeah. So, where, where Bruce he, say those things I said. Yeah. Oh, I, also really like, I also really like the moment, the first moment when Damien between Damien and Raven, when he finally confesses that he likes her the whole time. Yeah. That's yeah. like, yeah, I've actually had feelings for you the whole time, and she's like, oh shit, I have feelings for you too. And they don't automatically um, kiss. They start. They let their relationship grow a little bit more. They're like, oh my god, this is new territory. What do we do? Uh, Zatanna making John run away, and oh, that that boy. was our opening of the movie was him hearing "Remember" wrong. Mm-hmm. I loved the way that played out. Yeah, because yeah, like my whole thing was like I didn't I, before we knew that Zatanna made this happen. Uh, Constantine is is not always the greatest person, so a part of me was like, did he really do this? Because like, there's a part oh, no. of me like, he, he's he's an asshole. Like, if he's really scared, like I could see him doing this, but like, no, that dude really loves that girl. And he, there's no way he would do that. And you said in that last movie, in city of demons, he literally ran towards death. So like when, when the Zatanna thing was like, no, I saved your life. And I'm like, uh, and he's and he's talking. He's like, I have no idea why I ran away. I can't yeah. figure it out. Yeah. yeah. And he and he and he talks about it like, and when he finally finds out, Batman's like, you were our backup plan in case this in case our first volley didn't work. I'm still pissed at you. I'm still you. I love. He's like, she's like, oh, I'm still mad at you. Like he's yeah, when, he, when he's just, when he's just like, hold on, let me think. I'm still pissed <laughs> at you. <laughs> oh, uh, he he does the Azeroth Metrion Zinthos with yeah. Raven. Also, I love when he wakes up after like super. Because I thought when Trigun Superman kills him, I'm like, oh, okay, there goes Constantine. We're screwed. And but so, when he woke up in heaven, I'm like, uh, did he have the card? That was and, then, 
And then you see Zatanna, she's like, I pulled a few strings. I'm like... It was it was truly interesting to watch a movie about battling Darkseid with a central focus on John Constantine and Damian Wayne. Yeah. That's why, again, that's why I really like this movie because it is it is truly a mix of everything. It is a mix of magic and technology and Batman. And it's, it's just, it's all, it is the culmination uh, again, referencing Endgame, it really is a culmination of everything. Like they didn't leave out Suicide Squad, they didn't leave in Teen, Teen Titans. Like everything that's been building up has been uh, mostly paid off. Um, I thought this was just so much fun. Uh, yeah, at least the culmination the... of teams of characters yes. coming together felt yes. like that was earned. not specific individual moments. Sure. What are uh, you doing? Techno magic. It's uh, it's like when you're going to do a test that you haven't studied for. But luckily, I cheat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I really. I really enjoy the magic effects in this film also. Uh, a lot like I did with the first Justice League Dark film. But there are moments when Constantine just disappears in smoke. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's super magic's cool. so cool. It, it really... Because that Justice League Dark show is happening on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. They it, they have to get Matt Ryan. Like, they he, have he is... He, like, it, I, I'm, I'm enough far removed from the CW mm-hmm. stuff where, like, I know he's good, but it's been, it's been a while. And having him like be in this, I'm like, dude, this dude is like so good. He clearly gets the guy. What he clearly so, gets the character. Since we're talking about Matt Ryan being Constantine, I just want to plug: if you have yet to watch his Constantine season, it's great. Watch that season. It's great. And watch the last two seasons of Legends of Tomorrow because he's fantastic on those seasons. For real, guys. Like, I, it's not even my book club. And next, the last like... and the last season of Legends of Tomorrow is a follow up to the story of Constantine's show. It is all about paying off the things that were left loose from that show. It's so good. I need to watch that. I, I'm yeah, me too. Rewatching all these movies, like obviously I read a lot of comics, but I'm a Marvel guy. Um, this this like my next book club spoilers is going to be like a DC book. Uh, like this has made me re re evaluate not reevaluate but like it's like man dc is really cool like i do like all these characters and i don't read enough of them and it, it has made me want to go back and read all these old comics uh just just reading the comics that some of these were based off of was a lot of a joy for me to do because i'd always mean to get around to batman hush i owned it but i hadn't read it and i finally did it and i'm like dang batman hush was fantastic there's been a lot of good ones in yeah, here man. yeah yeah i uh so at the end of this movie uh barry goes travels through time i really like the moment honestly when when they're talking about like we can we can do this we can work together we can stop this we're the justice league we don't give up and matt ryan's the one who says to flash you know what you have to do i really like that they set that up with when he touched barry yeah and yeah. he saw the flashpoint he's like this is all your bugger fault yeah. I, I he doesn't go back and save his mama dark yeah. side in here yeah <laughs> like, i I love how helpless it is really at the end because it's it's not like the original Flashpoint where the world is ending and you have to run back in time to stop it. It is it just shit is so bad. Everyone's like, how do we even come back from this? Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody's dead. And the only person who feasibly can do this is here and he has to do another Flashpoint. Not and only it, is everyone dead, everyone else is going to die because 35% yes. of the molten core is already gone. Yeah, so the Earth is going to be destroyed, right. That's, well, that's that's either way. So yeah. it's like, Superman, of course, is like, we got to try something. Everyone is just like... <sighs> and, and, I, Everyone's like, a Clark, shut the fuck up. Yeah. My, <laughs> see, my, my first seeing this, my initial reaction was, we got to do another Flashpoint. I'm just like, <sighs> whatever, okay. But like, Flash has used time travel for decades like that's what he does it's his thing like i shouldn't get mad at it it's not the flashpoint's not the first time he's done something like that right mm-hmm. so like the fact that like this is how they fix it and it is barry who is the one who started this and he's just like he's at the ends of his wits like he's been running on this cosmic treadmill for the universe like 
Barry, you have to save the universe again, or else this is just the end. The, that's the, that. The, I, that's so powerful. I think the I like one it. caveat I will say about like buildup of characters in this film franchise is Barry, um, because of, of the importance of Flashpoint and then ending at another Flashpoint. I don't even know that I necessarily argue Barry need to be a more important character than this movie because I like the focus where it is on others. But overall, yeah. but overall, I wish I gotten a little bit more of Barry somewhere else I so agree. that when this flashpoint moment came I'm more invested in that personal character. It feels like we almost got more reverse flash then than Barry. We kind of did. Kinda yeah. did. Yeah, which I again I love that. I love that reverse flash stuff, but um yeah, having Barry again, having Barry be the final like solution, uh, I do like in terms of like oh, it's poetry it rhymes, but I do agree he should have been more prevalent throughout this entire universe because it's the one he made. Yeah. And but I still, I still like it brought up an interesting thing when Constantine says, you know, if you don't go back and save your mom, the dark side doesn't show up. I kind of wonder, does that mean that because he went back in time to save his mom, he created a flashpoint, but because he went back in time to stop himself from saving his mom, he created a doomed timeline. Like, I kind of think that's, that's, that's interesting that the, the, the timeline had was from the beginning was always going to be doomed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is interesting to think about. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't think they thought about it for a moment. Probably not. I think that they just went. We need to end this in a in a. Do it. Flashpoint. Uh, and I, I like I like all the characters looking off at him. Like they know what's going to happen. They know what he's doing, and and it's kind of like they're it's 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 kind of like they're all saying each, goodbye to each other without saying anything. Yeah. And I I I like that moment. I do. Even uh, if the ending <laughs> itself is unsatisfying because I want to see more of these characters, but yeah, I yeah. like the moment of them all saying goodbye. It's like yeah. without it's without saying it. Just like, like yeah. Like just them like, just like watching it's. It's kind of like the scene in Rogue One where Jin and um, Jin Erso and the other the other dude, what's his name? Cassian Andor. Thank you. Cassian are waiting for the explosion to come take him out. Yeah. It it it's kind of like that where they're like, we can't do anything else. Like Superman is just there. Uh, just all the characters just watching Barry right into the sunset. You see the the white wave come to him. It's like, that's it. That's how they save everything. I do like when John's saying it to him and he's like, you know, we might make some of the same mistakes, but it's got to be better than this. Oh, it, it, it opens with a quote like, oh, what? Hold on, I'm, I'm going to look it up. It opens with a quote sure. like, accept the things you cannot change, change the things you can, and have the wisdom to know the difference. Good job, Ben. As I said, I'm paraphrasing, but it's, oh, but that, that's essentially what it is. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, And it feels like, like, like that's some like, hey, this is the end, and whatever we start new, we might make some mistakes, but it's we're doing it. Like right. yeah. that's cool. Um, right. I, I respect it. And so now we'll get the new DCAMU that supposedly he flashpointed. So maybe it is just continuing in a kind of way. Yeah. Just as much as flashpoint. Baby, baby, you need to give me more Raven, Raven Robin yeah. content. I need the more Raven Robin content in my life. Well, I gotta call this new one Rebirth. I'm gonna I'm gonna slam down through some notes that I took. Come on, let's um, slam. I never ever thought I'd see John, let alone with Zatanna, living on the watchtower. Yeah. That Again, was something. One thing that I really like. It's just like, wow, I never like John being part of the Justice League. Okay, like I can see that, but like, yo, that dude's in space. Yeah. Uh, I love that Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman all had their own individual films perfectly <laughs> to justify their new costumes. I love <laughs> I love that. That, yeah, their new costumes are in the final movie. It's like, it's me, Batman Hush, and it's me, Wonder Woman Bloodlines. I'm like, cool. Yeah. Never Wonder Woman's a cool design. Uh, yeah. Rain Wilson's Lex Luthor really, uh, like, just overall looking back on it, and certainly with this last film, he just worked for me great. Yeah. Uh, I really liked him. 
Yeah, I was, I was a little hesitant at first, but like, I definitely grew to really like him a lot. Uh, we looked it up. Flash is the same voice actor, and he sounds super weird in this movie. I thought the same thing. I thought well, it was crazy. His boss. No, you're like, not crazy. Like he boss, sounded like really weird. He used to sound kind of like a Boston guy, and then he just sounds like a normal guy. Now I'm like, why? I, th- I thought it was, I was like, wait, the last the last movie you're gonna recast Flash? And I looked it up. Same dude. No, yeah, I was. We were confused too. It's a weird. Yeah, I guess just nobody paid attention. He sounded cared. super strange. That was yeah. that was bizarre. And I want I want to say before that's before we get to kind of closer to the end of this thing, I really like a lot of these these versions of these characters. Um, and I, I'm I'm kind of sad they're I'm kind of sad they're gone. I I I was really enjoying this, and I really enjoy a lot of these characters. This version of these characters specifically. Yeah. If if the, if the DC Comics ever want to take some of these story arcs, some of these characterizations, and adapt it for the comic books, I'm there, man. Some of these are great. Yeah, some the, of them are. The fact that again, like we had, we've never seen like Trigun Superman before, so cool. and we've seen it twice here. Like, there's no, there's no doubt that that'll appear in a comic in the next ten years. Like, that is yeah. just too good of an idea not to do. Um, there's a lot of really cool ideas. Yeah, I agree. Um, that d- should make their way into the comics. Yeah. yeah. Um, running down through the notes. Oh no, cyborg! Your eyes doing the nebula thing. Yes. <laughs> no. Uh, I Man really like. <laughs> I really like Superman's watch. Me too. Me too. Two years later, oh, this is literally Endgame. <laughs> you know, they're going on a spaceship, and it's fucking. Yo. Endgame. Well, one of the things that Why? I really liked, I really liked. It kind of feels like a, a DC Universe event. Like it, it's like all of a sudden, some time has passed. Uh, not en- not enough time to tell you what happened, but enough time to make the other comics not matter. Uh, yeah. It kind of felt like okay, we're 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 we're, we're in an event. I yeah. don't know how or why, but my dyslexic ass, for some reason, when we got to the two years later part, I read it as Earth 2, comma, years later. I'm like, what the hell? We go to Earth 2. Oh my God, Ben, that would mess me up so bad. I, like, You know what? what? I, I looked at that and I was like, that 2 and colon are really close together. Yeah, I thought it was Earth 2, like the actual Earth 2. Like, hold up. Are they going in World's End? Earth 2, World's End up in this bitch yeah. all of a sudden? Now? Interesting you that? your last movie, Beth Ball or status, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh Kryptonite Kryptonite tattoo is dope. Yeah. Um half parademon, half doomsday is a recipe for Darkseid to win in any universe. Uh dude, yeah. Uh if he has that kind of army, like they're done. Like they don't win. I that's why I respect the Teen Titans for lasting as long as they did. Because, like, dude, what is Rob gonna do against a, a doomsday? Are you kidding me? Nothing. Uh, I, I love everything about the banter between Luther and Batman when Luther's working for him. Oh my yes, god. Master Batman. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Or at the or at the end, hail dark side. Uh, it's like, uh, I am sad John Bernthal didn't come back to play Trigon. Me too. Yeah. He's me too. He might be a little too famous now, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um I said that. Uh hey, we got a couple more blink and you miss a cameos from Black Manta, whom I is he, a, a I thought he was dead. <laughs> well, he died officially. He got ripped apart by a pair he's dead, oh, dead, he's yeah. dead, dead. He's dead, dead now. No uh, shark can bring him back from that. I really like when they show how Superman showed up for Raven. Oh, super When sweet. she was going to take her she life. She was going to straight up kill And he herself. shows up and he stops her and hugs her. Man. Um, I thought that was really great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure Ben loved that moment too. It's his favorite. <laughs> yeah. It's Ben's favorite moment, 100%. Um, what was my favorite moment? <laughs> when Superman showed up to save Raven, <laughs> she was gonna yeah. kill yourself. Yeah, that yeah. that was that was really cool. Uh, that, that was really dope. Uh, 
Shazam. When Constantine cuts the diamond off of her forehead. Um, I am sad that Shazam was a small was diminished after the first couple films in this. However, I really appreciate that they at least nodded to the continuing friendship between him and Cyborg, with Cyborg saving him specifically. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was really nice. Like, I, I understand you're like, like cutting corners because you can only do so much in these movies, but I'm really glad that there was a little nod to like, hey, that friendship matters. So. That, yeah. I, I like that he saves over that he he gets his arms ripped off. Oh, yeah. Cyborg's last line, awesome. Did, he says booyah, right? No, no. Well, he no. does say booyah when they're going to apocalypse, but that's when right. he's about to trap Darkseid, he goes, "Suck it, bitches." That's yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, dude, <laughs> that's, that's so good. Yeah, oh, I like that. I like that too. I like that too. Um. I, I took I took little notes as characters died, so it's by Shiva, by Cheetah. Um, <laughs> holy shit, Barbara! <laughs> she got devoured by Shazam. I really like Shazam's uh, self sacrifice. Yeah, me too. Um, John and Raven have great banter too uh, with each other. Their dialogue with each other is really good, and then, and her confiding in him. Um, Clark in a Luther suit is a dope thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude, what? Um, and I he really, always he goes after Darkseid. I love that. Just like yeah. I can't win, but he always, he's not always acting like he still has his powers. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that Constantine calls him Clarky. Yeah, I think that's really good. Clarky. Uh, by Kilowog. Um, I, <laughs> uh, I was like, go John Stewart, go. Oh, I mean, by John Stewart. <laughs> was so close. That's uh, still, that John Stewart moment is really good. That is really strong, man. Because like. I just then- you you can tell I was enjoying watching this movie because this is how my notes go. Cyborg heroes, holy shit! Go Etrigan, beat Cyborg Wonder Woman. Oh nope, bye Etrigan. <laughs> Fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was really good. The cyborg heroes, I can't get over it enough. How cool that was! I that caught me totally off guard when they showed up. I was like, oh man, what are we doing? Dude, what is happening? Martian Manhunter is part like uh, Darth Maul spider leg. Also, his arm turns into a dragon head. Oh, what? Cool. That's, that's like so cool. Also, I'm just... I love- Sorry, go ahead. No, I love because I like, you see Mara, like the parademons, like their, their hands are in her skull. I thought they were going to rip her apart. Oh, I dude. thought every single one of those, like Hawkman, his wings getting ripped off of his own back. I thought yeah. every single one of those, oh, those heroes died a horrible, gruesome death. Oh, yeah. The second they all come back, the See, second I, they I all knew, cyborgs, I'm like, oh, shit. I knew about Cyborg Wonder Woman because I had seen the screenshot. Mm, okay. Uh, so I saw the screenshot of Cyborg Wonder Woman. I'm like, what's happening here? And yeah. That's actually what got me interested in, in seeing this franchise because I want to know what, what that was. So yeah. Diana losing her arm, this movie's brutal. This movie doesn't, this movie's not scared. Uh, the, the whole idea when you think about it, of Darkseid having created Cyborg Superman, then getting his hands on Cyborg, who's been created out of his apocalyptic tech, and finding out how to perfect it and do it to the other heroes is so dark. That's so much up, and I love it. Yeah. Oh, Cyborg um, Starfire, like at the end when the way for the wave, she's yeah. like holding Dick Grayson, like and like he's all. Is- I'm like. Poor Dick Grayson. Oh yeah, my god. That's that's sad. <laughs> that dude's got a crazy uh, eye. I, I can't get over John using the lasso of truth on Wonder Woman. I thought that was great. Yeah, uh, just him cool. holding his own against Wonder Woman for as long as he did was cool. Yeah. Uh oh no Barry, because Barry was forced to run and power the generator. That was that was rough. Uh the kryptonite teeth on King Shark is so silly, but we love it. Yeah, like all the all the kryptonite <laughs> weapons are are dope. like yeah, uh, kryptonite boomerangs, oh, it's it's super silly. Uh by Bane, by Black Manta. Oh no, Cyborg! Because Cyborg's integrated into a wall, and it's sad. Yeah. Um, Calls himself the Source Wall, too. Yeah. yeah. Mm. 
uh, uh, Metron's yeah. chair was also an interesting inclusion because it's not that chair at all. I was the chair design from the New Fifty Two version, though. It's, no, from it's all versions. It's designed to be the chair, but it's not yeah. the chair. Dark side, Dark side does not own Metron or the Metron or the Moby's chair, which which is what happens in the New Fifty Two when Batman steps is, is on the Moby's chair and he becomes the knowledge, the God knowledge or whatever. Um, I I really like that they use that that part of of the Dark Side War and just give Batman the Moby's chair. And I guess if you don't know comics, it sh doesn't really matter. Yeah. But it just no, it's, it's a it weird matter to me. Exactly, it's just a weird thing for us because like we know what that thing is and like it has nothing to do with Dark Side. So yeah. like, it's it's still a really cool aspect though. Um, when Bruce. Uh, tries to hurt Damien with his words. Damn. Oh yeah. When he's when he's just like, I was drugged I, and I never even yeah. wanted you, and oh then you were God. thrust upon me as a burden. And he's like, then come alleviate yourself of your burden. Uh, yeah, like uh, slightly older, more angsty Damien. Big fan of. Big fan. Yeah. Him going to over the League of Assassins and everything. Oh, great. So good. For once, I or not for once because I really liked Damien in the T Titans films, but I really really liked Damien in this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought I thought he was awesome. Um, I really love the flashback uh, when Bruce is about to kill him, and he flashes back to him being on the ground in front of the killer. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Um, good shot with that throw, Bruce, when he takes out one of Darkseid's eyes with the, but not really, but with the sword. Yeah. Um, yeah. Damien's sacrifice is awesome. Obviously, mm -hmm. that, that ending moment between yeah. them is is very uh, very emotional. What is it? Uh, justice, not vengeance. Yeah, that's good shit. Um, I really like uh, when the way they do Trigon's freeing and all that. We talked about that. Uh, oh shit! By Constantine because his yeah. neck snaps, and I was like, super oh, damn. snapped. Uh, I was like, oh, there he goes. Uh, by Luther, by Suicide Squad. Um, let's see. Superman ad absolutely devastates Darkseid. It's awesome. It's a good fight. Oh yeah. Uh, yep. Yes, we yeah. talked about that. Um. That's it. All right. Um, so that's it, guys. We did it. Uh, now that it's over, how do we feel about it? Overall, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we did it. Uh, like I said, I'm sad it's over because uh, I was. I really, I really like these characters. I'm not sad we're not doing this anymore. But I'm, I wish there were more movies. Uh, overall, I'd say that um, I, I think there's really only like two, maybe three stinkers that I just really don't care to watch again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, overall, I find them all either like pretty good to great. So, yeah, yeah. Um, we. I think they were wildly, they're wildly misrepresented in the comic community. That most people say they're garbage. Yes, I yeah, agree. I agree. But, uh, this is not accurate. <laughs> um. So we did. So we we talked about uh, rating raking our top five. Raking them. Raking them. Raking our top five for Johnston for Johnson team Johnson team. <laughs> Um, so, uh, who wants to go first with their ranking? I'll uh, go first. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Um, so number one, uh, Justice League versus Teen Titans. Uh, number two, probably Justice League Dark. Um, number three, Wonder Woman Bloodlines. Uh, number four, Justice League War. Um, and number five, Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay. Hell yeah, baby. Wow. I'll go next. Number one, Brandon, Justice League versus Teen Titans. I like that yeah. movie a whole lot. It makes me want to read so much more Teen Titans. Spoiler, maybe a book club soon. Um, number two, uh, is it called Justice League Dark Apocalypse War? Yes. That's yeah. what it's called? Okay, that's my number two. Uh, in terms of entertainment, I think this was my most favorite in terms of entertainment, but I think these, I think the character stuff in the in 
Teen Titans Just League is my favorite it's stuff. It's so good. Yeah. Um, number three, Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay. It's a great Gail Simone book. Um, I, I don't care about Suicide Squad. This makes me care about Suicide Squad. Number four, Just League Dark. Swamp Thing, Constantine. They love him. Great. Cool. Mm -hmm. Number five, Unexpected, Death of Superman. Uh, <laughs> I... I, for the same reasons I think you like Justice League War, I, this is why I like Justice League, or excuse me, Death of Superman, because it's a Justice League, just like getting the shit kicked out of them, and it's like a, just a bunch of really great fights, and it makes me care about the actual fight itself, whereas, um, normally Doomsday is like whatever, but I actually cared about the, the actual fight itself, and Superman. Yeah. It's, it's my favorite of the Superman movies, I think, for me. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I'll go. Uh, my number one is Justice League versus Teen Titans yeah. because that movie was just so good. Ah, As so an original, it's just killer. Yeah. But I, I found that one pretty much flawless. So yep. uh, that that's a winner. Um, after that is actually Justice League War. Uh, I cannot get over how well done Cyborg and Shazam was, mm -hmm. how good all the interactions and introductions of the characters were. And the fight against Darkseid feels really, really tense. And like, they have to do a lot and they do a lot together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, after that is um, Death of Superman, because you're right. Uh, that, that movie was just, that was killer. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Um, Pun huh? Pun intended. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, Why not? After that is Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Uh, I thought that was an excellent conclusion for for being an ending for a lot of the crazy stuff it does. Uh, the Trigon Superman, like it's over the moon for me. Uh, and then my last one is Wonder Woman Bloodlines because that movie was crazy good. Yeah. That would be my number six. There's, I, a lot of these are, are pretty decent for sure. Yeah. Like I'm no, not number six. My number six was Apocalypse War. Look, I, and like I, I won't say like where the rest rank because I didn't think about it, but yeah. I will say right at the bottom is definitely Son of Batman. And just above it is Throne of Atlantis. Yeah. 100%. Like those, Ooh. Son of Batman, I, I will never watch again. Toss it out of this franchise. I don't need it. I'm not watching Aquaman. Or, or Throne of Atlantis, whatever, yeah. I watched Throne of Atlantis twice. I mean, I've seen it twice in my lifetime. I definitely I don't want to see it, it again. Now, that's it. That's it. I don't want to see it again, ever again. Like, uh, And no surprise, my first one is Death of Superman. That's my it's favorite. Good. I, I love Death of Superman. That's one of my favorite books. I know Superman's my favorite character. Why is him dying my, one of my favorite movies? It's just, for me, it's just the impossibility of him dying. And that there is this thing that actually can't beat him, and it brings about this... this or It just brings... The, and also, this movie shows the humanity of Superman. Superman's saving people constantly while fighting Doomsday. It, to me, I just love it. And also, I love um, how him and Lois are together on that one. Second is Justice League vs. Teen Titans. You're right. As original, that was great. I there should have been a whole lot more of that stuff. Uh, third is Apocalypse War. I may have okay. a gripe with the ending, but up until the ending, everything we get to the that uh, everything that happened before it, uh, I loved it. I loved all the characters. I loved it. a lot of things that uh, happened. Uh, number four is Reign of Superman. Um, I really like Reign of Superman. I really do. Just, I mean, it's just it's probably because of my love of the books, but also. The way they're able to adapt it, I thought was really good and made sense. Uh, Metropolis Kid is awesome. I love uh, John Henry Irons as Steel. Yeah. And the Eradicator is really cool. And of course, you have Hank Henshaw. And my last one is Justice League Dark. But it was my it was between Justice League Dark and Justice League War because I really like both of those. But I went with Dark because that was the one. It had a lot of the characters that I didn't really know, and I I was laughing throughout the whole time. I had a hell of a ride. Seeing John Con Matt Ryan as John Constantine, seeing all these characters show up and just like punch Constantine in the face and go, John Constantine, you mother. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sold off. Brandon, real quick, 
Is it Justice League Dark that Ram V is taking over soon? He has already taken over it. Yeah, okay. Is is that is that first issue out already? It's just it just kept going from the James Tinian run. Oh shit! He's been writing it for. Oh, I need to. I'm gonna pick it up next time I go to the comic store because I, I, I need I need I need some more JLD in my life right now. I think that I think that book is really good. Yeah, I want uh, some more. Man Bat turned into a horrible hell beast. It was great. I love it. Hell yeah! Oh, yeah. Um, I know. Looks like Dark had a uh, Dead Man. Yeah. How cool Apocalypse is that? Right in. Whoop, whoop. Oh man! And just like Dark Apocalypse War, when Orchid rams the house into the thing. Oh, so cool. Um, anyway, so that's it. We did it. Five I, part. I, I, I'm pretty sure, but like, I just want to confirm. We all agree, Son of Batman is the weakest link. It's yeah, Son of Batman or, or the Aquaman one, to be honest. Because right. like, Darth I Rome. I like Batman more than I like Aquaman. Yeah. So like, just inherently, like, I'd rather watch that than the shitty Aquaman one. Sure. I, I don't know. Son of not great. Mm. Yeah, the, those are more characters are... I care about in the Batman movie than than the Aquaman one. For and sure. I, they're both bad, though. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, we did it. 15 movies. Uh, we, have now, we have now finished the DC AMU, uh, the DC Animated Movie Universe. The Kamu, we've come to bargain and we bargained. I'm so um, glad that we did this because, uh, like I said earlier, like I read I read a lot of comics, but it's mostly Marvel. And like this just made me realize, like, man, these DC characters are great. And when you do do original stuff like Apocalypse War or Justice League Teen Titans, like I, I this makes me remember why I love those characters. So like. Yeah. I'm gonna start reading more DC comics like in the next couple weeks because like I just I now that these movies are over I'm not done with these characters so there's 70 years of, of comics I can read so yeah. thank you for DC universe thank you comic books yeah, yeah I really I really I'm really glad we did this um, Sparks before you mentioned it before you mentioned it in the group chat I was gonna mention it um, so we you and I for the Marvel movies oh. <laughs> ah! <laughs> um, MCU or the animated movies. <laughs> No, the movie's before the MCU. Ah! No. No, uh, so that'll that'll be it. Next week, we're going to be talking about the old guard. So stay tuned for that. Yes. Um, but until then, let's get into our book club. Welcome to the Fake Nerd Comic Shop. Yeah, hi. Um, do you have any books? Can you be more specific? Um, anything readable? Sparks. Hey, everyone. Uh, we have been very political and topical and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And we were doing that a lot. Yeah. And a lot of it was kind of around like race issues and things like that. And I kind of wanted to shift because we did just have Pride Month uh, and we're out of it. But um, it's a good time to talk about uh, some other things because a lot of other uh, people need representation, especially in comics. And I wanted to do one that really focused in on that. So I picked Gender Queer by uh, Maya Kobe. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it, um, especially reading it as a person who has absolutely zero concept of what it is like to be in air shoes. Uh, uh, Maya's pronouns are preferred pronouns are E M air. So I didn't know I'm, those existed. Until I'm going book. to do my best. I, I. I only recently oh, learned about them in the past, like three months. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm going to do my best to use those. If I slip up, I'm sorry. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry, but I'm trying. Um, uh, I thought, uh, Maya's, oh, uh, yeah. about the DC stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Max says end of an era, but a new chapter. Yeah. For we sure. got that, uh, that Superman, Superman movie. I'm pumped. Yeah. The, the, it looks like almost like a, like an origin Superman movie kind yes. of thing. Yes. So like, we'll see what that new universe is. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I thought this was a really great read. I really, uh, there was something really nice to be able to connect with it because, uh, Maya's only maybe off by one or two years, uh, from my age. Yeah. 
So a lot of like where the world is at uh, for the, her hair. interests and stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, was similar to mine. Um, so that was that was kind of there's a kinship in that that I was able to latch into because all the rest of it is stuff that like I can't even I can't even process and I'm trying to imagine by by vicariously living through air shoes in uh, the the novel. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I think that these are the, the more that we're able to absorb uh, material like this, the more that we can understand that perspective, because like, I never considered how difficult traversing that really, like I've thought about it, but I've never really like deep dived into how hard it is to not recognize yourself in to, the world around to not you. be comfortable in the body you were born with right uh, uh i or even how to identify that yeah yes like um, the words feel like they don't exist yes um i i i always appreciate you sparks because you always bring these books into the light uh i thought this book was incredible and it's almost and it's hard for me to criticize it because this book is really good sure. but it, it is a such a personal take of it's a, a memoir it's a memoir so it's like i don't even know how you criticize it because it's just someone's how they dealt with their life but it's told in such a fun and creative way that only can be done in comic books right um i was again as a bunch of straight white dudes like i am all about new perspectives and helping uh, mostly helping... straight hey dude i i think a a, a, hot, a hot dude's cool like hot dudes i appreciate i always that. have to so i always have to say mostly straight for myself yeah. because I uh, struggle. Yeah. Struggle a lot yeah. with my sexuality. Yeah. And I felt this book was very relatable and kind of helped me uh, not come to terms with Come on. That's going to take years of therapy, but yeah. like helped me with uh, kind of identifying some of the same issues where, where yeah. my own struggles would have aligned with hers, uh, the errors. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree a hundred percent. Um, Like not to get like too personal, but like, I don't really care. Like you guys know me. I haven't been in a relationship in six years. I, I think I think I'm discovering new stuff about myself that like I don't need sex in my life. I'm not an I'm not a sexual person. I don't think I've ever have been. I like sex, sure, but you know what? I haven't had I haven't I haven't thought about it in a long time. I haven't had it in a long time. I don't really care about it. You know what? And this book really helped me come to terms with like, oh wow, it's actually not important. Right. Being a man who's obsessed with sex is not you don't have to you don't have to do that. Just because mm -hmm. you were raised that way doesn't mean that's the that's the stereotype you should live in. And like I I I I can't identify with what what air is going through, right? Being born in a body that you don't even know if you're a man or a female, you don't know, you don't know for decades. What I, think, uh, I think just a really nice way to sum up that conflict was I want to remove, I don't want more gender identification. Uh, yes. That's why I don't want to be a boy. I don't want more gender identification, yes. but I also kind of want a dick. Yes. It's, it, it's, it's a relatively modern concept of like accepting this stuff, right? Which is shitty yeah. because people should be able to do whatever they want, whenever they want. But like, Coming to terms with the fact that if you're born a male and you want to be a girl, people don't like that. Or like scientifically, like it might be hard for people to deal with. Like it's, it's such a, a tough topic to deal with because again, regular people don't think about these things because they're not something they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. And I, again, I can't imagine being born the way I am and going, oh, I don't like anything about myself. I can't imagine living in a body that, that I'm not a fan of. Like th that is, that is such a powerful thing that like that's why i'm such an ally and that's why we're all allies i think because like we don't know what it's like to not be comfortable in your own body and like you know what i mean not we all have experienced stuff but like we're all we're all relatively street white dudes you know what i mean thank you it's it's, it's just like it's 
we're, we're all relatively along a certain cultural mold, yes, or at least have been able to yes, pass by it yes. without too much consideration. That's what I mean. Yes. And again, I am learning. I we are all learning stuff. Like this is a this is an educational process for all of us throughout the years of learning what people want to want to be known as, what they want to be identified as, and it's it's a learning process. And I really like this book because it's a, like when people are getting new pronouns and somebody messes up their pronouns, it's new to them too. Like I, I have friends who have transitioned and I still get their pronouns wrong and I'm trying, it's hard. It's just like when you're raised for 25 years a certain way, you got to learn the new way. And I think it's, that it's nice that like, they don't, they're not mad about it. They just want you to understand and like just learn about it. And I, I respect that part of this book a whole lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do too. Um, I, I definitely, uh, you know, like I have always, have always really felt like sexuality is a spectrum. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though I, I very heavily am into the straight side of it. Um, I, I'm still not on, I've never understood the level where like, I never registered the idea that like a guy can't acknowledge or recognize that another man is attractive. Yeah. Um, even if I don't want to have sex with him, uh, that, that like, I can still feel that way and acknowledge it and be like, no, that's, you know, anyway, uh, it, this is just a really nice book to like launch off from wherever I think you're at and, uh, and find a way to personally, but I, I respect Maya a lot for sharing air, uh, or story, yeah. Um, air story, and uh, and, and the, the structure of the book it, it goes into the past and the future so often. It's just like whatever is relevant to the story, it'll go back in time to like, oh, this is when I dealt with that experience. And yeah. it's, it is it is again, it's a memoir, but it's a comic book, uh, and it's it's so fascinating that like this can never be like a movie or like or like it, it's like it's something only comics can really do. And it's, I appreciate it so much. And like the, uh, again, I'm trying to get pronouns right. Like air, their air is now. They, they teach comic classes. Air teaches comic classes. Yeah. And like they, I'm sorry, it's hard. Air is, they, them, air themselves. A, you a. just say A, a I just say for a. that one. I'm yeah. sorry, it's, it's it works. No, 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 because yeah. it's a, it's A, M, Air. So depending on okay. the way you're using it in a sentence, but for what you're trying to say yeah. right now, it'd be A. Okay, so a, a. Yeah, A teaches classes about this stuff. And A doesn't even I mean, you, tell you the could, children about. That's a good point, Ben. I'm not 100% sure. It could be E, E, M, Air. That that's probably yeah. more accurate. I'm trying. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. the point is like air Chef, teaches, that's the point. We're trying. We're trying. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of kids in that class, and air doesn't want to tell them what air is. And they and air feels ashamed about it or that it's too hard for kids to understand. But like people should sh- should accept just what anyone wants them to accept. Like, <laughs> hey, this is what I like to be called. Is that, that that should be cool, right? That's just how it should be. Like and again, this book, it's it's not like a traditional book. It is, it is just, it's someone's life story mm-hmm. with, with art on it. Um, and it's, it, it comes, it, it was always so strange to me, the idea that you wouldn't be, accept someone wanting to be called something else, like a different name or something like that, or something like, or a different pronoun. Because we so easily accept nicknames. Yeah. yeah. And so like when people went, were just like, well, what if they want to be called a giraffe? Call them a giraffe. Yeah, that that's where it gets like super silly and it's like you just don't care about people then, right? Like yeah. it's just like, oh yeah, like I, I I think this book is super educational to, really to a lot of people who don't don't extend outside of the social norms. Like if you if you are a straight white person, I really recommend you read this book because you are gonna be so enlightened on things that you just don't know what don't know about. Um oh, I, I was. And again, like Sparks, like I, I really appreciate uh this book because I I want to be educated as much as I can 
because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And right. I want I want everyone to be accepted for how they are. And I'm, I'm glad comics like this can exist. Me too, me too. Uh, I'll be honest, like when I was trying to pick the book club, I knew I wanted to pick something that was written by someone who was either, um, you know, queer or trans. And I was trying to decide what would be best for that. Uh, you know, whether it was something that actually addressed those things or just was written by someone who was. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, I circled around gender queer memoir for a while. And I'm like, you know what? I feel like right now I want to be educated. I want to try to learn something uh, while, while experiencing and supporting uh, this, this writer. It's such uh, an easy, it's such an easy way to learn about this too. You're, you are, you are experiencing what uh, air is experiencing. Yeah. And, and while while it's happened, and it takes you on that journey with uh, air, M, uh, uh, with, with M, yeah, uh, with with M, and I think that helps kind of the learning process of of uh, of this kind of idea, right? Um, I I agree. I think uh, for me, what what really the <laughs> there's a lot of really good emotional moments that that uh, Maya is sharing here, but one that really got me is just the opening of it where it's about them going to get their masters for the comics. And it's that I had a, a project and I did this something personal statement that we're supposed to do in art. And I was so embarrassed that I taped over it with paper. Yeah. And then it's ripping up the paper and that's where it says gender queer memoir. And it's like, this is, this is basically what I was leading into. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really felt uh, it's so interesting because right off the bat, uh, uh, E is expressing that they, sorry, <laughs> E is expressing Air's uh, resistance to wanting to share personal things with anyone, and then has written this memoir that you're you're experiencing, and I think that's mm -hmm. really uh, unique and special, and I, I appreciate that Maya wanted to do this. Um, that uh, she, it's uh, sorry, <laughs> that E, uh, it's. Uh, Maya and her sister who does the colors and yeah. her sister is queer. Um, and uh, that's, that's also just a really nice moment is uh, relating to uh, uh, air sisters uh, wife who transitions and becomes a man uh, and uh, his experience. And they talk about like, you know, Oh, why don't you want to do these things? And um, it, it's, it's so nice. It's, it's also really nice. I'm really grateful for Maya that, um, that, uh, e was uh, surrounded in a support system yes. that, for the most part, embraced what Maya was going through. Right. Um, right. You know, like it could this could have been in a lot worse of a situation. Uh, there are many people that are, but um, they're so open-minded in surroundings. Uh, There's a couple of quotes that I want to read. Uh, my deepest relationships have always been with women. Does that mean I was a lesbian? But my sexual fantasies involved two male partners. Was I a boy trapped in a girl's body? The knowledge of a third option slept like a seed under the soil. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. just the fact that you don't think that there's another option. But like, oh, is this just how way it is? It's like, I, I'm wrong. Like that, no one should ever feel that way. And that's, yeah. and it's shitty that it's taken up until now, basically to f let people just be who they want to be. Um, another one is like, I don't want to be a girl. I don't want to be a boy. I just want to be myself. Like that's super identifiable, man. Like yeah. it, again, it sucks. Like what? When, when you're born in a body that you don't understand and you don't accept, like doing what you have to do to feel safe and feel like accepted is not cool with a lot of people. And that's just a real sh shitty part of, of the world. And uh, we're slowly getting better and better about it. Um, and just talking about it like, like, like we are now on, on these podcasts about comic books is like just a small step that we can take to help 
spread the message about it. Um, so I do want to share that, like, uh, real quick. Um, there's a webcomic called Confessions of a Demisexual written by uh, Courtney Worthit, uh, W-I-R-T-H-I-T. Um, my cousin shared that around uh, because my cousin, I believe, has started to realize um, at this point that they're they're demisexual. And that's a it's a variation on uh, a spectrum of asexuality. There's actually a lot of facets to that, um, which uh, demisexual basically absolutely requires a deep emotional connection of years before sexual interest even begins. Oh, shit. Hey, I think I'm learning stuff about myself. So okay. that's also uh, in a similar vein. That's some, something that, you know, listeners and you guys might want to check out at some point. Um, I shared it with another close friend in my life who has told me that they, they've realized in recent years that they are asexual. Um, it, you know, I think that we're, we're all kind of always learning extra new things about ourselves, but some people are learning new things about their sexuality. And there's a it's lot like of, when, it's like when, um, he was looking at the dictionary and found the her uh, heirs, uh, M's fetish. Yes, that 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 exact word, and it's like I didn't even know this word exists. It's exactly like that, and yeah. this really this this book does an excellent job of of making me feel like I'm I'm able to step into the experience just a little, so I can try to learn, so that I can try to to like I will never truly know, I will never truly yeah. understand, but I can try to empathize and I can try to uh, integrate that understanding into my own knowledge base and recognize that the difference in uh, our lifestyles and what that, and who we are and still respect it yeah. Um, yeah. for for both Maya and for anybody else. It's it's well made and well written enough where like, even if you don't, if you don't uh, acknowledge or like associate like the same things you're going through with, with air, you, you can absolutely empathize and you can see and it's well written enough for you like, oh, I understand what air's going through. 100%. Yeah, you can you can relate to it and you can feel for it because even though I don't have a vagina and I can't even imagine, I can still the way that Maya is able to describe the pap smear exam. Oh, dude, that's so gives me oh man gives me uncomfortable yeah. chills, and I'm like, I under I get that that I get the pain. Yeah. I can understand and relate to a pain that exists. Yeah, yeah. Um, even if it's not the same pain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ben, what you, you've been, you haven't gotten to say a lot. Go yeah, ahead. You guys have pretty much taken all the plucky points I was going to talk about. Like, because as being a, a cisgendered straight white male, I, th there have been times where I thought about, like, when I was taking human sexuality classes back in college, I wonder, is like the people who are asexual, not like what I've recently learned the term non binary recently. Like, in these past few years, when all this started coming to light, I was like, wait, there's an option for that? I had no idea. I had no idea, no clue. So to see Maya's journey go through that, I'm like, damn. So this is what it's like. Because I, because being the way I am, thinking about how someone be like, oh, like yes, you're asexual, they exist. Oh, they're transgender, they exist. That you do your thing. But for someone like me, who's who is comfortable in his own skin, who is comfortable with his sexuality, who has, who is attracted, and all these other things, or lucky bitch. Sorry, but for someone like me to who was who's grown up and comfortable to way he is, and just to, to I never really thought about what's like on the other side or what's like for someone who don't know what they are, someone who doesn't feel like they're both man or woman, they're just them. And for for me, it's like just reading this. I'm like, that's why okay. one. That's why the most hard hitting quote for me was the one that Ryan just read. The I don't want to be a boy. I don't want to be mm -hmm. a girl. I just want to be myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, that got me. Yeah. yeah. So reading that, it's like, 
damn, that that's that's someone who really wants to know who that person is. And I definitely fell for it. I mean, if, I mean, yeah, definitely. If I ever come across a person, because I know I've definitely misgendered someone before. Brandon's actually corrected me a few times on uh, when I misgendered someone accidentally. And I was gonna make a really bad joke. Never mind. Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, for some, like, I can understand why it's hard for to misgender someone at the very beginning. But then when you're starting to get used to using their preferred pronouns, like, if you someone introduces me, he's like, "Yeah, I would like to be preferred to at call me they or them or." E or R. I mean, just just tell me firsthand, and I will do my damnedest to make sure that's the right way. Yeah, um, I I I one hundred percent agree. I also thought that um, it's it was amazing to me how much I understood when uh, Maya is describing saying I don't want my pronouns to be they them there because those don't feel right. And then here's E-M air and those do. And it's like, that's perfect. That's exactly what I want. And I'm like, I can, I can kind of understand now. I can kind of understand that there's, there's a, there's a disassociation where like those pronouns still don't feel like they're representing you. Yeah. Uh, And, and finding those right ones, what that means. Um, Yeah. I respect that a lot. Yeah. Me too. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I really, really enjoy this. I, I, I recommend it highly to, everyone one of the other parts of this book i really enjoyed was the um the excerpt from the neuro philosopher mm-hmm. excerpt from mm-hmm. um that philosopher's book i yes. was like that's actually I, I i i thought that was really cool how not only did um did air cite the book but also drew it in a way like it, you know, it was a college lecture but just reading uh, it was like oh that kind of if, if they think about it kind of makes sense fun home gets a panel in this book yes so that was yes. cool yeah i i debated that one too that was gonna be that was almost on the on the docket for this yeah that's uh, a really famous one yes uh it is um <clears throat> uh yeah i i i pretty much agree 100 percent with what what ben's describing about it i i thought it was really good to include some some textual material like that even though it's it's a little dense like it's it's informative and it's it's well uh, incorporated into the overall narrative. Um, one, of the scenes, Go ahead. Sorry, one of the scenes I want to talk about is the scene where she's trying to shop for her underwear, or Air's underwear. Oh my God. Sorry. Right, okay, okay. Ben, it's okay. You're fine. For um, uh, uh, M's underwear. Yeah. Like, they're, walking, they're walking through the house. I'm like, okay, Haynes. Okay, Haynes Bikini Cuts. Where are you? Where are you? And you can't find him. And then he talks to his um, sister's boyfriend, and says, "Oh, just get the just get the briefs and just see." Just oh yeah, they got just, just comic books on these. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I can't just, wear these. I yeah. could never imagine someone going through that. Like, I could possibly imagine a transgender person going going from the men's section to the women's section, or vice versa. But someone who doesn't identify as either or trying to find essentially underwear that's comfortable and fits. Like he was giving all the uh, the pink and the the purple ones, the effeminate colors to to her sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, for someone who's like, "Oh, this is the stuff I like, and it's comfortable, and I can wear this, and it fits with everything." Yes, I was like, "That yeah. I never would, uh, I never would have thought to go through that." It's like because every time I go underwear shopping, I'm like, "I know exactly where to go, where the stuff I like is. I pick it up. I don't have to think about it because it's yeah. already there for me." Yeah, uh, yeah, I really also like the way uh, E describes uh, air 
uh, search for their style, mm, uh, yeah, their yeah. style. Uh, by, they, by they, incorporating go, all these things, they, they went to, to a, like a protest or, or they went to uh, Pride. Yes, and then they also, uh, yeah, the, it's Pride that triggers that. It's also uh, going to um, the cons. That's right. To Con. open things but up. Yeah, Air Notice is like, oh my god, like everyone's dressing super dope, and I dress like kind of lame. I really want to dress like them, like and, like some bland boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like some like yeah, some dude. Uh, and then Air like goes and like, oh, I'm gonna like wear like sequins and like all this cool shit and like. I respect that a lot. Yeah. Get your style. Hell yeah. Um, it was heartwarming. There, there were a lot of nice moments where it was really heartwarming. Like, uh, I'm not trying to diminish anything in Maya's story, um, but to but to say, like, it, it's very heartwarming to see the moments where E got it to embrace people who were supporting Air. Yes. Uh, like the QSA at school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, go in and everybody's just like, yeah, you're great. And it's like, oh, wow, this is incredible. I love it. Yeah, yeah like when she walks in, it's like, uh, is this for the thing? And you're like, oh my God, Maya, come in. Hell yeah, I'm so happy you're here. Like, that is like, that is so reassuring to someone who like is looking for acceptance and like they get, they get it. And like, oh, that's so great. Yeah, this was an awesome book. I, I highly recommend it to everybody. And I'll I say, everyone can learn something. Yes, from it. Uh, it, it's, it's it's a little long. That's I'm not bad. Like when I saw the length of it, I was like, this seems a little long, but it reads so fast. Yes. Oh, like, such a I read it all so fast. I'm like, wow, for a book that's 240 pages, it's I read it like that. Like that's, it's it's so fun. That's why when I was picking it out, I was I, I looked at the length and I'm like, this is long, but I was going I read like the first uh it's not it's not the first like dense. 25 pages, and I'm like, oh no, I yeah. think we can get through this. It's okay. not it's not dense with dialogue. Some pages are, but it it flows really naturally. I find yeah. I find that when people make graphic novels that tend to be like more personal stories or memoirs, they tend to be in a format that's more like this. Yeah. Um and I, I think that it translates really well because you're able to to more easily something about the format styling that Maya went with and I've seen done in others uh, is a, able to uh, allow you to jump around time without people getting lost or confused. There's something very uh, it's kind of indie film feeling 100%. about the, the comic storytelling there. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um, okay. Uh, next week we are going to skip our, our normal book club and do the old guard because the movie wow. is coming out. Um, speaking of next week, we are going to be talking about the Netflix movie, the old guard. So wow. check that out. Check that out, and uh, and that's episode one hundred and ninety nine. Wow, we're almost wow. there. So um, cool. guys, if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you so much for joining us in the chats. Thank you so much for chatting. Um, we have other things on YouTube, other shows. We got Fake Nerds Watch, which has uh, Watchmen was just free. Can I still do that? Yeah, Watchmen. Go watch Watchmen, guys. It's great. And then watch our let's watch our uh, after show of Watchmen. Watch Swamp Thing. That's great. And then watch our after show there. Uh, the, watch... boys, the boys season two is coming out soon. Might as well watch our season one recap. Yeah, Umbrella Academy season two is coming up. Might as well. Did we do one of the Umbrella Academy? We definitely did an episode on Umbrella Academy. I don't think we did a fake nerds watch recap on Umbrella. Academy. Was it no, on the not? No, we talked it... about the first volume compared to the first episode. Oh, that's what we did. That's yeah. Okay. Um, check that out. That was fun. Sure. Um, <laughs> that might not be on YouTube though. Whatever. Um, so we have a bunch of shows, a bunch of stuff up there. For fake news watch we also have basement arcade which is our video game show um where we're uh, right now the four of us is not generally the four of us but this time it's the four of us going through mortal kombat 9 we're a wrapping couple, up a couple more episodes Almost yeah, there. We're, we're wrapping that up can't wait and... for us to play mortal kombat 10 together very soon because that's definitely <laughs> definitely happening right oh yeah at least we're not racing to keep up with a movie anymore yeah oh, it's dead. <laughs> uh and we also have our newest show our freshman show fake nerd book club with a new logo designed by Mike Patola himself. 
Um, we are going through Wasted Space. We've done the first two volumes of Wasted Space. It's been really great. We're doing volume three uh, probably this coming week. Uh, and a special surprise is coming from the Fake Nerd Book Club uh, uh, YouTube series. So you're definitely going to want to like this video. You would definitely want to subscribe on this channel. Hell yeah. Bell icon. Get all the latest notifications. We got some cool shit. Um, we are also a we also have a Funko affiliate link, which is the link in the description of this video and in the audio. Uh, use promo code SHOP10 for 10% off your purchase when you click the link in the description. We also have a Patreon and a TeePublic if you want to support us there monetarily, not just the beautiful support you give us now. Um, you can. We have a Picture Book Club shirt up there. We got a Mythalania shirt. We got a Basement Arcade shirt. We got the... Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Uh, we just sold a couple of those. Um we, you can all you can find all of that in the link in the description. We also have a fake nerd podcast masks, guys. When you go outside, wear a mask for the love of God. Yeah. I want to see my friends again. I cannot see my friends ever again if you're not wearing these masks. And you know where you can get you can get some masks. You can get some fake nerd podcast masks. You support your favorite podcast. You support your favorite podcasters who want to see their their friends. Also, if you buy a mask, I, I you support accept, life. Look, look, I just want to be clear. I personally accept if we're like sixth, seventh favorite. Just please wear a mask. Just wear a mask. <laughs> and you can find these cool Fakner podcast masks at Crafted by Z. Links are in the description for their Instagram and the, her, her her website. Um, they are made I, on demand for $12, guys. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm glad we're still doing the show, but I want to do this live. I want to hug my friends. I miss you guys. Um, I miss going out dinner with you all. Yeah, all of those links are in the description below. Uh, save your podcast, save the world. Um, all right, oh, heroes. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you to everyone who's been listening and who's been watching. If you're watching this live stream, if you're watching this or listening to this after the fact, thank you so much. Um, greatly appreciate all your support. Thank you, to Jeremy Bellucci. If you're listening to the audio version of this, this is definitely out to Jeremy Bellucci. You can find him at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards. He did our theme music and our entry music and probably some new music for 200 if I can remind him in time. Will uh -oh. it happen? We'll see. Probably not. I'm going to be <laughs> nope. honest. Probably not. <laughs> I, I, I'm saying that. Sorry, I'm not trying to bash Jeremy. I know some personal stuff is happening in his life right now, so I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, you can find you can fi find his podcast, Suburban Proctologist. Nine episodes now, Suburban Proctologist. You can find that on iTunes, Facebook.com/slash Suburban Proctologist Official, and Instagram at Subproc Podcast. Thank you to Mike Matola. Mike, you're amazing. Thank you for commenting my poster. Mike, I got your poster up. Every oh. household should have a Mike Matola original. Um, you can find him at Mike Matola. He did our logos for Victor Book Club, Miscellaneous and Victor podcast hey here's another good excuse to wearing a mask uh miscellaneous will come back if you all wear masks yeah that's how it'll go yep uh subscribe to us on uh, you shouldn't put that on the american people you, <laughs> you can't trust them twitter you can find us on twitter instagram facebook all at victor podcast victor guys at gmail.com if you'd like to get in touch with us personally i'm at btb clear on instagram and twitter uh ben you can find me on instagram and twitter at ben 27 and also do you like video games? Because I like video games. I'm just all this bitch. I have to like video games. Because if you also like old school video games as much as I do, I also write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com, where I finally put up a new article this weekend, and another one is going to go up tomorrow. <laughs> I wish you told me that. I would have put it in the description below. Hooray! Right. Well, I'll text you when I, right before I... Uh, it's too late. The video's up, man. I'm talking about the new one. Oh, oh, Subscribe. <laughs> But anyways, I'm back, bitches. Sparks. 
Uh, you can find me contemplating how I'm going to rearrange my comic book collection at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Ryan. Hey guys, I'm DJ Tony Snark everywhere. I might stream this week if I don't get uh, uh, too uh, booped out from work, uh, but I want to play some more Man Eater, not Manhunter. Uh, so check me out, DJ Tony Snark. Boop, 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 boop. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it, guys. Until next time, wear your damn mask. Boop, 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 stay fake.